ancient land of China, schools and the martial arts were a way of life, but none were as lethal as the one we are about to reveal. Five deadly venoms. A secret society, each man unknown to the other, identified only by a mass, representing one of nature's deadly assassins, the centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the lizard, and the toad. Five deadly venoms, five masters in the martial arts, each man pitted against the other in savage combat, and each trained in their own vicious method of killing. They practiced a special kind of kung fu, killing by instinct, with machine-like precision, lightning speed, and ruthless power, as ferocious and deadly as the venomous creatures from which it took its name, and whose stings were always fatal. Kill or be killed. Five deadly venoms. No mercy asked, none given, in a kung fu epic as brutal as nature itself. Five deadly venoms, survival of the fittest and kung fu action at its very best in the most spectacular martial arts program of the year. Five deadly venoms, five stinging ways to die. Pick your poison, you'll be stung to your seats. Don't miss Five Deadly Venoms, a Shaw Brothers presentation. Theirs was a mission of certain death. Outnumbered and unarmed, they must get to the tyrant that enslaves their people. No weapon, no matter how lethal, can match their Kung Fu. Alexander Fusheng stars as the young martial arts expert pitted against a murderous warlord with a deadly Kung Fu skill. They live to fight and fight to live in a whirlwind of Kung Fu action. Four men sworn to battle to the death against these lawless legions of the damned. The Four Assassins.
five men of destiny await the ultimate challenge. Death and destruction were the Manchu order. They murdered their way to victory. Nothing could stop them until they met the five masters of death. Five new men of destiny. Five new deadly ministers of kung fu justice. Five new kung fu killing techniques. The whipping triple jointed stick, an avenging reaper of justice. The piercing pole, driving its way to victory. The deadly tiger stork, no one escapes. The crushing crossed fists, pounding up revenge on Manchu murderers. See the five kung fu masters of death defeat the Manchu warlords. See the five masters of death. When you're the best, you do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Even a wolf has his weaknesses. And a powerful enemy. belongs to McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid, starring Chuck Norris, David Carradine, Barbara Carrera, and Leon Isaac Kennedy. Or forgive them, because they killed his wife, they raped his daughter, and served to die. So he's doing it again, his way. Charles Bronson is the best there is at getting even. Goodbye. Death Wish 2, rated R. Now playing at the Sacramento Drive-In, Dome 24, Birdcage Walk, and the State in Woodland. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From New Line Cinema. Rated R. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnet. There's only one cop around who can crack this case. They call him Dirty Harry. In 24 hours, Harry stops a robbery, covers a stakeout, and prevents a hijacking. Clint Eastwood is back, and this time his world is dirtier than ever. 
Magnum Force, rated R. Opening Christmas Day at selected theaters around the country. theaters.
知道你还是会喜欢。Pleasure doing business. You sound like Tom Tyson. Why? This person should be very familiar. 
一朝做贼，想做好人不容易。我已经冇咗个细佬，我唔想连你呢个朋友都冇埋。阿杰，唔再叫我做阿杰，叫阿 Sir。而家大把世界，有好多旧客要靠豪哥你拉翻嚟噶。我哥系产值唔系我啊！呢度已经唔系我同你嘅世界。你一喐手，即刻转翻转头One of the ten best films of the year, a high octane mixture of outlandishly stylized camp and outrageously sensational shootouts. A 
outrageously exhilarating, guaranteed to tingle the most jaded moviegoer's palate. Film concocted with nitroglycerin, the combined energy of the Road Warrior, Robocop, and the Terminator. The killer is great cinema. A thriller comedy that will leave you breathless. Director of Top Gun and Beverly Hills Cop 2 comes a movie that will leave you breathless. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt. Christopher Walken in a Tony Scott film that critics are calling a Bonnie and Clyde for the 90s. True Romance. Rated R. Starts Friday, September 10th at a theater near you. Follow my instructions and we all walk away clean. Domino, you're with me on the side. Shepard, you cover the rear. All we want is the money. This is an inside job. Ten million in cash. Let's go home right now. I've seen you do. We're celebrity hostages. Wow. Oh, thank God. Domino, rated R. Now playing. Dogs. Before Pulp Fiction. The original Men in Black shook the world of action cinema in the original A Better Tomorrow. Proudly presents the explosive bullet-ridden sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2. Hong Kong action mavericks John Woo and Troy Hark take the heroic bloodshed genre to the next level and beyond in a violent symphony of destruction that is often imitated but never better. Chow Yun-Fat, Leslie Chung, and T. Long. A Better Tomorrow 2.
He practiced the lizard style. Chameleon. The lizard is a very agile and nimble style. It enables a man to climb like a lizard. David Rockefeller's money couldn't save him, though. Despite all of the hard work he did for safety, But he's behind the latest accusations. If you disagree, then you must be a Russian agent. <laughs> That's a bunch of gobbledygook. People peddling that has got to be spooked. There's not an angle I couldn't possibly choose. And if it's coming out of my mouth, it's got to be truth. Let's keep it all cerebral. If I run for mayor, I won't be mayor. I leave it to the people. Consider this a shot across the bow. The sheeple are awake and we gon' shake them up now. Make them well aware you are extreme liars. You create smoke, then you're like a screen fire. Like we can't see who living. It shows like a Saturday Night Live skit. Okay, I get it. None of these federal projectors ever wanna speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue in cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Not one of these federal projectors they wanna speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue in cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. When will it end? I must say, bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. Now tell me, when will it end? <laughs>
Alright, welcome to the show. I am the Hard Bastard, and uh, we're going to start, of course, with this uh, absolute desperate attempt by the Democrats to remove Trump from the ballot. Uh, Colorado's ruling kicking Trump off the ballot violates the Constitution, legal experts say. The Colorado Supreme Court's Tuesday decision to disqualify Trump from the state's Republican primary ballot is an attack on the Constitution. Uh, in a 4-3 decision, the court found Trump was ineligible under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. The decision is remarkably anti-democratic. George Washington University law professor Jonathan Turley said in a column for The Messenger that the opinion lacks any limiting principles. It places the nation on a slippery slope where red and blue states could now engage in a tit-for-tat disqualifications, according to the Colorado Supreme Court. Those decisions do not need to be based on the specific comments made by figures like Trump. Instead, it ruled courts can now include any statement made before or after a speech to establish a true threat. He also called it the most anti-democratic opinion in decades. He said what is particularly galling is that these four justices stripped away the right of millions of voters to choose their preferred candidate in the name of democracy. It's like burning down a house in the name of fire safety. Well, they are, they are commies. That's what they do. Harvard University law professor uh, Alan Der Dershowitz called the decision a purely partisan ploy that clearly violates the explicit terms of the Constitution itself. He said that the, the 14th Amendment was intended to prevent people who engage in the Civil War from running. That's what the purpose was. If you look at the whole amendment, it talks about the Civil War, it talks about slavery. It's clearly in context a one-off. It wasn't designed to replace the impeachment provisions in the Constitution, as this court absurdly ruled. Uh, University of California professor uh, and election law expert Rick Hassan wrote, in his election law blog that the decision is a serious and careful opinion that reaches a reasonable conclusion but nevertheless noted the legal odds are with Trump on appeal to the Supreme Court. In the end the legal issues are close but the political ramifications of disqualification would be enormous. Once again the Supreme Court is being thrust into the center of the election but unlike in 2000 the general political instability of the US makes the situ situation much more precarious. Tom Fitton said the brazenly partisan opinion is a full frontal attack on our constitutional republic that, if allowed to stand, could wreck our elections. Republican Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey called the decision a violation of the rule of law and the character of our nation. He says this undermines Missourians' vote for the president. We stand ready to defend the rule of law. Former U.S. Assistant Attorney General Jeff Clark agreed with one of the dissenting judges, writing that keeping Trump out of the race violates the president's due process rights. Also, as I've written, Trump was acquitted in his second impeachment. I don't think this Section 3 of the 14th Amendment even applies to Trump, the lower Colorado court rightly held. Um, so this is uh, retardation. I think Viva Fry did pretty good analysis. Uh, one of the tactics that they use... Uh, is that they uh, rely on the fact that many people are not going to actually read anything. So you've seen many times, for example, it, you know, New York Times, they'll have a headline, and then if you actually read the article buried, you know, seven, eight paragraphs down is information that completely uh, undoes the entire argument and the entire headline. 
This is similar in that a lot of this is headline shit, but the way that the um, the judges ruled this uh, or worded this is, it, he's still on the ballot, and they they're they're basically saying that uh, if Trump appeals it, uh, then he can remain on the ballot, and then it's going to be up to the Supreme Court. So a lot of the headlines that were like Trump uh, barred from running and blah, 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 is a lot of bullshit. Um, certainly they're trying to do that, but a, a lot of this is, is, is hysterical. Not that it's certainly a major uh, danger to the country that the Democrats are trying all these fucking gay ops to, to get Trump off the ballot. But there seemed to be kind of a, uh, a, uh, a premature... A celebration from AIDS commies acting as if this meant that it was over. It's not remotely over, and while I have no trust in the Supreme Court, it does seem likely that they would reverse it. I mean, what we're going to find out is, um, will the Supreme Court allow Democrats to burn down the country? That's ultimately what we're going to see, because they're, they're pretty much the only people that can stop the Democrats at this point. And uh, so we'll see what happens. I, I have no faith in them, but they, they have made some rulings that are good. Um, I, I, like a 9-0 a, a uh, ruling it would be fantastic. But, you know, I don't know if, if we're going to get that. The other thing that's interesting about this, this is one of the few times that something has happened where a lot of the people on the opposite side or at least a moderate amount of people on the opposite side are actually disagreeing with this tactic. You don't see that often. I mean, these people, like, for example, Cenk Uger at least tweeted that he thinks Trump should be on the ballot and that the voters should decide. And um, it's odd. A guy that goes along with the most horrendous shit ever, the modern-day Cantano Habimana of Rwanda Radio of our time, for some reason, this is one step too far. It's bizarre. And, and, and I, I say to people like that, your bed's already made. You might as well just go in feet first or head first, whatever the fuck it is, with your side. Because to me, it makes no difference. You know, once you um, uh, went along with the lockdowns and you coerced people into taking the most dangerous vaccine ever and you said that you wanted uh, uh, and you went along with... Uh, unvaccinated people being not only kicked out of restaurants, including children, not only kicked out of restaurants, but kicked out of hospitals and ICUs. Once that happened to me, that was it. That was game over. And so I, I don't have anything. There's nothing that can happen th that would get me to change my mind about a person like that. Uh, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is something and I just haven't come across that. Um, but it is interesting that some of these people are kind of like, well, this is a little too far. I mean, this is like you know, so if, it, if like that, the house is burned down and then someone, uh, one of the arsonists goes, you know, this, uh, I think this is a bit too far. I mean, what, what do you want from me? I, I, can't, I got nothing for you. But it'll be interesting to see uh, how this all plays out. And so um, it's totally insane. And the precedent they're trying to set is that, uh, you know, if you say things like, for example, they said that his speech wasn't protected by the First Amendment. Um, uh, the speech he gave on January 6th wasn't protected by the First Amendment. That's totally retarded. What are you talking about? It's clearly protected. It's not even close. It's not even close. And, uh, yeah, you just have, you have AIDS commie, you have illegitimate AIDS commie 
judges, it's not just judges. We have a massive infestation of AIDS commies in our country. And unless we get that infestation under control, they're going to burn the country down. Now, it's possible because I, I hear these arguments about, well, the, the institutions will hold and, and the Supreme Court will hold. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but if they don't hold, then, then, and if no one does anything, and the people in power, when I say if no one does anything, if a regular person tries to do something, they cut your head off, okay? So I would not advocate for that. You can do what you want, obviously. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But um, th they will absolutely cut your head off. People with power need to fucking do something, and they're not going to do something. I hope I'm wrong about that, but it doesn't look like they're going to do anything. But they are the ones that could uh, stop this. But, you know, people, uh, it's just uh, most people in positions of power are worse than worthless. They are just absolutely horrendously evil people, or they're just cowards and they're gutless and they won't do anything. And they will let commies mutilate children and groom children and do all this ridiculous bullshit and they'll just sit by and they won't say anything because they, they're, they're gutless. So um, it's possible that there are going to be some people that actually take a stand. Now, what about this whole idea of like uh, taking Biden off the ballot? This is how I would view it. I would say wait to see what the Supreme Court does. Wait to see what the Supreme Court does. If the Supreme Court goes along with this, then every AG or whoever the fuck worth anything should take Biden off of the ballot. And you can come up with whatever novel legal theory. You know, I, I've said this before. The commies have provided the blueprint for their own marginalization. So the concept of a novel legal theory. So use novel legal theories to marginalize commies. I don't fucking give a shit at this point. Um, but I would say wait till the Supreme Court. Because this is, from the standpoint of Trump's popularity, this is going to totally, totally backfire. Um, it just makes him more of a martyr. In fact... CNN, people on CNN are admitting that. And they're saying that this helps him. They're actually helping him. So I think if you try to take Biden off the ballot too quickly, that could backfire a little. So just wait to see what the Supreme Court does. But if the Supreme Court allows this, it would be total insanity. It wouldn't shock me. That's when anyone worth anything in a position of power should absolutely, whether it's taking Biden off the ballot or start rounding up. I'm not, I would never argue. This is the thing. This is what differentiates us between uh, human beings and animals. Uh, don't be an animal. Don't be an animal. Don't be a commie. Okay. I wouldn't argue that innocent Biden voters should be rounded up or anything. There's no reason for that. It's just, it's, it's also, even if, if you want to do that, that's not going to work optically. That's just not, I'm completely against that. However, there are so many goddamn Democrat criminals that you could simply enforce the law and you would have a ton of them in court. And so the problem is there's no political will to do any of this. AIDS commies have the political will to do all sorts of shit and they don't care. Our side, unfortunately, there's a political will among the voters. I think the voters are great. But among the people who are supposed to represent us, we just have the wrong people in those positions. Unfortunately, there's too many Republicans in office right now who want to hold our heads still while the Democrats sharpen their swords. And the best you're going to get out of them, people like Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham, is they will talk about how they disagree with this. 
I, you know, I can't believe you're going to cut this man's head off. Uh, that's outra I'm outraged. I, I am against this. But they don't actually do anything, even though they could. So, um, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to find out. We're going to find out, and it's all going to be very interesting. Now, you had Vivek come out. I liked what Vivek did. Um, and, uh, and now what's interesting is Vivek comes out and says that, uh, you know, he's going to remove himself from the ballot as a protest, and he called on Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley to do this. That, that was very smart because what it did, it, 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 it again allowed Ron DeSantis to make another unforced error. So now Ron DeSantis is saying, well, I'm not going to uh, take myself off the ballot. And, and he's basically arguing that, well, because the Democrats are going to do this to Trump, you should vote for me. So let me get this straight, Ron. Because the Democrats are going to cheat their fucking asses off, instead of doing something to try to help, you think that, first of all, Trump supporters are going to vote for you, and secondly... If you're worth anything, sir, they're going to do this shit to you. And if they don't do this shit to you, that means you are one of them. So I don't know who's given him this advice. He looks terrible. Um, you know, it, it, Nikki Haley, of course, is going to do this. By the way, they're trying to sell Nikki Haley as the replacement. Some fucking retail... Oh, it was uh, John Adiarola. He argued, this is hilarious, the gaslighting. Oh, Oh, uh, this Democrats had nothing to do with any of this in Colorado. This is from Republicans, because also it would be worse for Democrats if if uh, if uh, Trump was taken off the ballot, because Nikki Haley would definitely beat Joe Biden. A person with the political acumen of Cenk Uger, who he has the lowest political acumen of every of any commentator I've ever seen. Okay, even Cenk. I don't think would buy that the base of Trump supporters is going to vote for Nikki Haley. If Nikki Haley is the nominee, Joe Biden likely wins uh, and likely wins like legitimately. OK, now maybe I'm wrong and there's going to be plenty of Trump supporters that want to vote for her. There is not a chance in hell I would vote for her. My position is I'm not voting for anyone other than Trump. And uh, and if and if you try some some of this gay homosexual bullshit, that's kind of redundant, but that's okay. Uh, in Colorado, and that you won't even count the mail-in ballot, or, or excuse me, the write-in ballots. I'm still going to write them in. I'll probably write Donald Trump, and then uh, fuck all of you. That's probably what I will write uh, in the write-in, um, and that'll be it as far as I'm concerned, as far as my involvement in any sort of national electoral politics. Uh, local, that's a whole different story, and I think you can do a lot of good locally, so I will still vote, uh, and you know, I'm not going to be around here for much longer, but wherever the fuck I am at, I will obviously be involved, um, not like running or anything, but making sure, you know, it, whatever the fuck you got, um, whatever elections there are, making sure that, you know, you do your small part to keep the commies out. Um, and so, yeah, I think DeSantis is making a mistake, but it also doesn't matter. Like, you got, you got no shot. The only shot you have is, well, I guess it's technically he does have a shot. The only shot DeSantis has, or Nikki Haley has, is if they do a gay op on Trump and they remove him and then give it to the person that didn't get the most votes. And I think that would cause, I mean, the, the thing is, I don't believe, like, this whole thing, they're like, oh, the Trump supporters are going to get violent. I, I, I'll believe that when I see it. I'm not saying that they're not capable of violence. 
But, you know, they've been arguing all these things about Trump supporters. You know, oh, they're so racist and so violent. They're the least racist people you'll ever meet, and they are the least violent people that you'll ever meet. And they also know more than any other group, quite frankly. Well, actually, there's probably some other groups, too, like maybe activists from the 60s and 70s. Um, but as far as the modern day, I don't think there's any group that knows more about government gay ops than Trump supporters. So Trump supporters know. Now, they didn't know before January 6th. A lot of them didn't realize how fucking sick and evil it was. And even I didn't realize how fucking sick and evil it was. When Revolver revealed that the entrapment plot, you know, while I wasn't like shocked, I was kind of like, wow, this is like, they just really, this is fucked up. Now people know, so that so the next time there's going to be protests, I don't think you're going to get a ton of uh, uh, Trump supporters protesting because they know, just like when they indicted him in New York and Georgia, there was like a little bit of protesting, but there wasn't a whole lot because I think Trump supporters know that uh, there's going to be gay ops if they protest and they're going to probably arrest you. Now, the thing that's positive about that, it's a very dark situation, but what's positive about that is it puts the AIDS commies in a position where you're, you're waiting, you're doing some of this to provoke a reaction. Well, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when they don't get that reaction. Because then they're just going to look even more ridiculous. So um, hopefully no one gives them um, voluntarily the reaction they want, that would be very stupid. Now, there's also the possibility they create the reaction that they want through some sort of false flag. That's also very possible. But I'm very interested to see as they continue to demonize Trump supporters and say, oh, they're going to be violent, and then that doesn't happen, then what are you going to do? You know, How crazy are you going to get? Because now this is the first thing that I've seen where the uh, the normies are getting scared. Not no, Actually, it's not just the normies are getting a little freaked out. It's that the people on their own side are getting a little freaked out. There, there are way more people than I expected who said this is not the way to do it. And, and, and I wonder, like, why do you draw the line here? Why do you, you didn't draw the line at the vaccine coercion or like the pedophiles dressing up as women and reading books to children? That didn't, this is where you're, okay, I mean, whatever. You can have your line wherever you want. But... Um, I find that odd. Now, a lot of them are still going to go along with it. They're going to do the whole, you know, like Sitch and Adam did with uh, with uh, Coach Red Pill being imprisoned. You know, the the it's the I'm I'm a uh, uh, I'm for free speech, but type of people. Now, that's not the argument that they made, but it's the tactic. The tactic is in their instance, the argument was, oh, uh, I'm I'm against Coach Red Pill being jailed in Ukraine, but and then they go through a whole thing uh, of why that you know it's kind of okay, and that he was a bad person, and he made bad predictions, and whatever fucking bullshit they said to try to build consensus towards accepting that an American citizen has been locked up in Ukraine and possibly tortured because of his speech. So it's going to be the same thing with this. With I haven't heard them talk about it. Uh, oddly enough, they released a video uh, uh, covering a David Pakman video where they did pretty good. Uh, for them, they did pretty good. Uh, a little bit of uh, uh, faggotry, but not too much. It was, uh, it was you know, David is such a liar, they even covered him, which is like, it's good to see. So they are capable of like doing decent commentary, which sometimes they cho choose not to when it comes to certain regime talking points, but I won't get into a whole thing over that. Um, but it is going to be interesting to see who goes along with this. This is, we're in bed making season. So just monitor and bookmark who goes along with this shit. 
Uh, it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, but this is, uh, y- y- look, I, and I don't care if you like Trump. You can not like Trump. You can want to vote for DeSantis. I have no problem with that. Um, but to go along with the gay ops, like Bill Mitchell is, is to me, I think, unforgivable and unconscionable. But I'm one person, you know, if, if uh, it, you know, I, I can't do anything. There's nothing I'm going to do. Um, if enough people, though, have that opinion uh, and then Trump wins, then people like that might find themselves in a situation that they would deserve. So we'll see what happens. Okay. So let's uh, see what else we have here. Oh, by the way, I forgot to upload it. How do we? OBS. I think I could still do it. At some point, I did finish the whiteboard video. And uh, I can play it tonight. And uh, I guess I'll play it during the... Uh, video portion. I just forgot to load it in the OBS, but I think that takes like 30 seconds on it. It shouldn't be a problem. Here's it. Here, so, so like, like this is what I'm talking about. Can you tell me a time, and I'm seriously asking, whenever you've seen someone, like, like if you watch this show, you've seen this whore before, Claire McCaskill. She's terrible. She's always on MSNBC. She is an absolute regime propagandist. I don't remember the last time I have seen people like this talk about how this is a mistake that's that's a first for i think that's a first for me i really do um i i i I can't i'm trying to come up with another time i've seen this normally they go along with everything now like i said this isn't like she's doing the right thing because then she'll she'll say this and then later talk about how he's hitler and all this stuff you know what i mean but it is very odd to see this Uh, It really helps Donald Trump. Democratic Senator Claire McCaskill says the Colorado Supreme Court made a real bad decision. You better be careful. You're off narrative. Former uh, Democrat Missouri AIDS commie Senator Claire McCaskill said keeping former President Trump off the ballot in Colorado ultimately helps him in the 2024 election. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled Tuesday to bar Trump from the state ballot in the 2024 election for allegedly violating Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Oh, I forgot to add. Oh, oh did actually, do I have an art- article? I don't think so. Um, the GOP in Colorado, I, this was really pleasantly surprising. They were like, we're not going to tolerate this. And if you do this, we're going to switch to a caucus system. Uh, I don't know the ins and outs of that, but basically it would allow Trump to to get whatever delegates he would need in in Colorado. That's at least the impression I get. I would have to look into it further. But, you know, I say a lot of times Republicans never do anything. And granted, they have to follow up that speech with action. But that was an I I, I was like, okay, I like that. That's nice. That's nice to see. So, you know, we'll see. Anyway, McCaskill, who claimed in November that Trump is worse than Adolf Hitler said the court's ruling is a real bad decision politically. As someone who's a politician, quoting the whore, I think it's a real bad decision because I think it really helps Donald Trump. And I don't like anything that helps Donald Trump. I find myself in a weird position of agreeing with Bill Barr in terms of it helping him. It does help him, and so in a perfect world, if I could write the script, the Supreme Court would put him back on the ballot, and then he would be defeated soundly. That's what I want in my Christmas stocking this year. Former U.S. attorney uh, trader Bill Barr warned that the decision will cause political chaos for future elections during a CNN interview with Jake Tapper. He said the case lacked due process by lacking a jury or subpoenas witnesses to uh, present evidence of Trump allegedly inciting an insurrection against a totally made-up narrative. 
Uh, Chief Justice Brian Boatwright and two associate aides, commies, dissent. Oh, excuse me. No, no, these are the good ones. Chief Justice Boatwright and two associate justices dissented in the ruling, arguing state law was not enacted to decide whether a candidate engaged in insurrection. Um, and of course, the four AIDS commie justices who ruled in favor of the decision to burn down America have all donated to Democrat candidates in the past. Yeah, I mean, this is obvious. This is obvious. Total insanity. Um, now, this is fascinating. Biden officials fear the Colorado Supreme Court decision against Trump will damage the president's reelection message. Senior White House and Biden campaign officials are reportedly concerned that the Colorado Supreme Court's Tuesday, rule, Tuesday ruling barring former President Trump from the state's ballot will help Biden's rival while hurting the president's 2024 campaign message. So it just depends on that among normies. See, this is the kind of like I, I've said this before. They have. They can't take the mask off any more than they have. They're taking their face off now. Okay. But there's other people that don't really pay attention to politics, where if they see something like this, they're gonna go, "Wait, what? That's not how we do it in America." And so they're they're starting to lose people like that. Now I don't know how many. You know, we're gonna see. But um, it's just one of these weird things that like. I, I, there, there have been moments like this before where, um, not with Democrats saying that they disagree with a move, because that's unusual, but where like sometimes people in mass, in unison, will be outraged at something that happens all the time. And when I see the outrage, I'm happy that the outrage is happening. Like it's if it's against some sort of like homosexual propaganda thing that they aim at kids, or it could be the Bud Light, like the Bud Light boycott, you know, something like that. And I'm glad that happened, but part of me is like, I don't under like they've been doing this for years. Why suddenly now is everyone noticing? I mean, it's good, it's good, but it's like a weird thing. But uh, but anyway, it's just uh, I don't know. People are people are weird. It, it is what it is. They got shit, you know. People got shit to do. You know, they, they they can't always be paying attention to politics. It's fine. Um, a source familiar with the discussions in the Biden White House and Biden campaign told NBC News that senior officials were pissed. What is happening? After the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that Trump could be removed from the state's ballot, citing the 14th Amendment's insurrection clause, the court's decision makes it look like Colorado is attempting election interference. That's literally what they've been doing. Through non-elected Democratic appointed justices, with funding from shading left-wing donors, the source said. Okay, uh, excuse, uh, Biden regime homosexual. While I can't believe I'm going to say this, you're correct that it does. Well, it's not that they, that they, that it looks like you're interfering in the election. You are literally interfering in the election. But uh, I hate to actually. I like to break it to you. I think the phrase is or the saying is I hate to break it to you, but I, I enjoy breaking it to you that. Uh, there is plenty of other fucking shit that your side has been doing that makes it obvious that that's what you're doing. And I guess we can start with, oh, you could start with 2016 with the Russian interference narrative. That was made up. But how about the most blatant theft of an, ele of an election in the history of the country? Okay, so like, yeah, there's a lot of things that your side has been doing blatantly that have caused people to conclude that you interfere in elections. 
But, uh, you know, if this is the one thing that gets you to notice, I guess so be it. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled 4-3 that Trump is disqualified. The court's decision met with immediate backlash from Republicans, independents, and legal experts who said the ruling was an assault on due process of law and set a very dangerous precedent. Trump reacted to the decision, calling it a very sad day in America. Some Republicans and Democrats, including uh, Ron DeSantis, said the Colorado Supreme Court's ruling would bolster Trump's support heading into the 24 election. DeSantis says they're doing all this stuff to solidify support in the primary for him, get him into the general, and the whole general election is going to be all this legal stuff. Again, I don't, I just don't buy this at all. They clearly are trying to stop him from running. The idea that they want him in the general so they can beat him is, I, I just think that's delusional. I think that's delusional. Uh, and, and, and it's a narrative, and I'm calling total bullshit on it. Um, because it would require Trump's base to vote for whoever the replacement is if DeSantis gets his way. That's not happening. That, is not, that would be one of the biggest shocks I have ever seen. I would have to reassess how I analyze things if that happened. I would be, can you, can you, you're telling me if they rob Trump, I'm not talking about a situation where Donald Trump has a health problem. Let's say the relationship was good with Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump had a health problem and he gave a speech and he said, listen, we got to win this election, but I can't run. I love you all. There's nothing I can do. I can't run. You need to vote for Ron DeSantis. In that scenario, I could see a lot of Trump's base going along with that. But in a scenario where it looks like DeSantis is going along with a plan to rob Trump, that those people are going to vote for, for, for uh, DeSantis in the general? Impo- impossible. I, I, I cannot possibly see that happening. I, I, don't, uh, I don't see that happening. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe if they pull that off, it'll happen. And I'll go, I can't believe that. I just, I... <laughs> Okay, it's just, but that's what would have to happen for this whole thing to be true that, oh, they, they're afraid of DeSantis and that's why they're doing all this shit to Trump. What are you talking about? One thing is clear, said Mike Lee, this will help Donald Trump. Do these Colorado clowns in black robes not realize that? Well, they're, they're out of control. They're emotionally out of control. They are not able to control their emotions to think strategically, which is good a lot of times. Unfortunately, people like that can do a lot of damage. White House and Biden campaign officials reportedly fear the court's decision barring Trump from the ballot will also have negative consequences for Biden, who has repeatedly told Americans that Trump and his supporters are extremists who attempted to interfere in the 2020 election and threaten the country. The president told a reporter on Wednesday it's up to the courts to determine if the 14th Amendment can bar Trump from elected office, but added that Trump certainly supported an insurrection. Again, that's just totally made up. He said, it's self-evident. You saw it. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies, I'll let the court make that decision, but he clearly supported an insurrection. There's no question about it, and he seems to be doubling down on it. According to a source close to discussions among Biden's team, the White House is hoping the Colorado Supreme Court's decision is quickly overturned. We all hope Biden wakes up on Christmas morning to an A3 story in the Delaware News Journal saying the Supreme Court ruled 9-0 in favor of Trump. Yeah, but again, retards, your fucking people are going to just keep filing. And, and, and this is just one thing that they're doing that makes people go, oh, what is happening here? <laughs> what a time. What a time. Oh, by the way, 
you can just see how again I say this because these are the most predictable people on earth I have now seen multiple times you know once in a while someone will say something on one of these shows and it'll just be there it, it rarely happens but sometimes a person will just give an opinion that's not like the official opinion you, when it's the official opinion it's it, it's when it's coordinated and you see it in 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 multiple places and a lot of times they even use the same verbiage and phrase and whatever I'm starting to see a pattern with the whole, well, if the Supreme Court doesn't rule the way we want, then Joe Biden can then stay in office. And I said this, I've said this for years. There's only one, maybe there's another thing I'm not thinking of, but one thing that I know that they have not done yet, because they, they love to accuse their opponents of doing the things they themselves are doing. They, they do that all the time. They love it. They masturbate to it. They love to do that. But the one thing they've never done that I'm aware of is stay in office after losing an election. Now, they said Trump wasn't going to leave office, and he did, of course, on time completely. And now they're trying that again, saying Trump's not going to leave office. Well, now they're saying, and Ted Lieu even agreed with this, that if the Supreme Court doesn't rule the way that they want, then Joe Biden can stay in office even if he loses the election. And I, I have said this many times. These people are so rabid and so evil. I think they will find it irresistible to not try that. I, I, I just don't see how... You're telling me... Like these people, they, they, they never stop. There's nothing that I've ever seen so far where I will say, oh, you know, they didn't do that thing that we thought they were going to do. They always do the thing. Whatever the bad thing that they're going to... They always do it. Okay. So I have a hard time believing this is going to be the one area because they can't help themselves because they love to gaslight. They love to gaslight. And I think that they are setting this up where, where they're not going to be able to stop Trump if the Supreme Court keeps him on the ballot. If Trump stays on the ballot, look, I know there's going to be cheating. They are going to have to cheat at a level that, I, that they know they're not capable of because they wouldn't be doing this otherwise. So it looks like they're, they're having as their plan B Joe Biden not leave office. So we'll see. But I've seen multiple people now say that on these shows. And I saw Ted Lieu agree with a tweet where a guy was saying that. So that's starting. That's, that's a hell of a thing. That is a hell of a thing. But like I said, these are the most predictable people on earth. And so I think it, it's just irresistible for them to not do that. Now, I said this before. Do this once you find out what the Supreme Court's going to do. Don't do it before the Supreme Court. If the Supreme Court agrees with kicking Trump off the ballot, then do this. Then it's war. Now, the problem is I wish that I could feel good about saying that. But unfortunately, Republicans, they're not really on our side. Uh, they're not going to fight for us. They're going to just let the Democrats fuck us all in the ass. I hope I'm wrong about that. But, you know, like I said, my, my, I say this all the time. I started saying this when I saw them do nothing after they started rounding up Trump supporters. You know, when they started arresting the electors and there's just, because, you know, look, I don't expect them to do anything if they arrest a normal person like Douglas Mackey, okay? But when they, when they wouldn't even do anything when they're arresting people higher up on the list, it's like, okay, you're really just letting them, your, your whole job is to hold our heads still while the Democrats sharpen their swords before they cut our heads off. That's all they do. 
So I wish this was like a thing where it's like, oh, our guys, they're going to fucking, they're going to show them. <laughs> they're probably not. You're probably going to get like whoever, who's the guy from Missouri? He's probably going to do something. Maybe you'll get a guy in Florida. You know, a couple of them will do something, but most of them probably won't do anything. I hope I'm wrong. If And if I'm wrong, I'll say, hey, I can't believe the Republicans came through. I was totally wrong about that. GOP officials float kicking Biden off state ballots over the immigration crisis. At least two elected leaders of Republican-controlled states have suggested booting Joe Biden from the ballots in their states. Oh, Texas. Yeah, Texas might do it. But, you know, maybe they're just talking shit. But, you know, Texas is not bad. They got uh, Paxton. Paxton, I, I don't have a problem with Paxton. They tried to remove him. That's a good sign as far as uh, Paxton. Texas Lieutenant Gov Governor Dan Patrick and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis raised the possibility of banning Biden after the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that Trump is ineligible to hold office. While neither Patrick nor DeSantis appeared to seriously consider removing Biden from the ballot, they both said it was possible under the reasoning used by the Colorado High Court. Um, Patrick said, seeing what happened in Colorado tonight, Laura, makes me think except we believe in democracy in Texas. Maybe we should take Joe Biden off the ballot in Texas for allowing 8 million people to cross the border since he's been president, disrupting our state far more than anything anyone else has done in recent history. Um, DeSantis, who's running against Trump in the GOP primary for president, ripped the state Supreme Court's decision at a campaign stop. He said there was no trial in any of this. It's basically just said, what, you can't be on the ballot? How does that work? What's the limiting principle on that? Could we just say Biden can't be on the ballot because he let in 8 million illegals into the country and violated the Constitution? Yet he believes the Supreme Court will ultimately overturn the decision. I hope so. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, so we'll see. Here is more uh, information. Remember, and this is one of the uh, evolving tactics uh, the whiteboard video that uh, I show in, in a bit covers uh, one of the few propaganda tactics that evolves. And so it's the no evidence at all, which evolves into, well, of course, it was a good thing he had to do it. So if you recall, before they said um, Joe Biden never had any contact with any Hunter Biden business associates. And then eventually, after a while, that evolved into, well, of course he did. He's being a good father. They were just talking about the weather. So now we have Joe Biden emailed Hunter B Biden business associate 54 times in 2014. And they'll probably be like, well, he wasn't, he wasn't in office. But he was the VP. He's not a private citizen as VP. But, you know, they, they, they'll say anything. Newly released records from House Republicans have revealed that Joe Biden exchanged emails with a business associate of his son, Hunter, 54 times while he served as vice president. According to NBC News, the records describe the dates of the emails as well as who exchanged them, but don't reveal the content of the messages. The then vice president reportedly emailed Eric Sherwin five times before Biden took a trip to Ukraine on June 7th, 2014, and 27 emails was sent between the end of June to November 21st, 2014, when Biden traveled to Ukraine once again. Most of the e emails reportedly occurred leading up to and following Hunter Biden being named to Ukraine energy company Burisma's board. A White House spokesperson declined to comment on the matter to NBC, but noted statements by House Democrats that Sheeran had worked as Joe Biden's financial advisor between 2009 and 2017. According to Fox News report, Sherwin reportedly visited the White House and the vice presidential residence at least 36 times while Biden was vice president. Hunter's ex-wife, Kathleen Buell, 
Said Sherwin managed almost every aspect of our financial life. Sherwin has served as president of Rosemont Seneca Advisors, a company co-founded by Hunter Biden. In a February 2014 email, Hunter Biden said Sherwin was a close confidant and counsel to his father. Oh, no evidence at all? Add that to the no evidence at all pile. Uh, This is fucking wild. Uh, Illegal immigrants are being flown on commercial airlines and they are not subject to security screening like other passengers. This is deliberate fucking sabotage. Illegal immigrants apprehended by border agents are being transported via commercial airliners that are not subjected to the same vetting processes as other passengers. The ghost flights of unaccompanied minors facilitated by the Biden administration has been an open secret since early on in Biden's presidency, but as the problem of illegal immigration continues to mount, the attempts to keep it under wraps are showing cracks. Ashley St. Clair and James O'Keefe held a public spaces on Wednesday night during which airline industry insiders and pilots shared their concerns and information about what's going on with illegal immigration and air travel. The spaces came after St. Clair noticed the large numbers of illegal immigrants on her flight traveling from Phoenix to New York City. St. Clair noticed that illegal immigrants carrying nothing but bags provided by the processing centers, including the free cell phones courtesy of the Biden administration. She brought up her concerns to Delta during her travels, only to be followed by Delta ticket agents in what she said was an attempt at intimidation. The illegal immigrants come aboard with nothing but what they've been given by border agents. St. Clair also found uh, that many of them have no identification at all, and they're still allowed to board planes and travel domestically in the U.S. This is not possible for regular passengers. The pilots revealed that these illegal immigrants are not subjected to the same security screenings as commercial passengers. They do not undergo health screenings, and many of them are unaccompanied minors who look like they're 40 years old. The tickets are paid for by the government, but they're not vetted. And pilots have no idea who they are. Delta, American, United, and Southwest are all airlines that have been named as those who transport Biden's illegal immigrants without properly vetting these individuals. One pilot spoke under a pseudonym and did not disclose the carrier he flies. He said, one of the most concerning things that's really come out of this is the amount of unaccompanied minors that are being flown around the country with what seems to be little oversight. So for the past year, it's been increasing in intensity. It's a, it's a human uh, child trafficking operation, at least with some of them. It depends on what we're uh, talking about with minors. Some of these people claim that they're minors and they're 30 years old. As recently as a few days ago, he told the 11,000 people who had tuned in, we had, I think it was five or six unaccompanied minors that were illegal immigrants being flown across the country. I believe it was Phoenix where we pick them up. And they were going to Charlotte, North Carolina, if I remember correctly. But this migration is happening all over the country. They're not just being flown to New York. They're being flown to various cities and not just flown, but also bust around the country. He said that he speaks to numerous other pilots. We see the same thing. You see these people in the airports. It's not unusual to have, you know, several of them at least on a plane, especially when you're departing the Southwest, especially flying into different parts of the country. What's really alarming is that in large amounts of people that are coming across, the people that we're seeing are actually, you know, fighting age males. You're not seeing families. I've seen a few women and children, but largely it is. It's, you know, males in their 20s and 30s. St. Clair was interested in what information the pilots were given about the illegal immigrants who they fly across the country. We know the screening practices really aren't up to par 
with what other passengers go through. He said he spoke to another pilot who witnessed individuals being put on planes after being removed from handcuffs. Just a few minutes ago, I got off the phone with a captain in another major airline, and he's talking about the deportees that he was taking back to, I believe, was Columbia, where they actually show up to the aircraft in handcuffs. And they uncuff these folks, you know. They don't know who they are. They sit them down on regular seats. There's no escorts, you know. No one there to keep an eye on them and make sure they don't cause trouble. Just fucking insane. It's all on purpose. That's really fucking crazy, man. Um, this is at least a little bit of good news. A federal judge forbids the Biden regime from removing Texas border barriers. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton succeeded in a legal battle against Biden on Tuesday when an appellate court declared in an injunction that the Biden administration is not allowed to remove the state's wire fencing installed to dissuade the Zerg from coming in illegally. Paxton said in a press release following the decision that he will remain committed to fighting the White House's radical policies to ensure that all Texans remain safe from the historic invasion of unvetted foreign aliens into the state. I am very pleased with the appellate court that they've forbidden federal agents sent by the Biden administration from de destroying our wire fences. They're probably going to do it anyway, but at least it's good you got the ruling. Given the ongoing disaster at the southern border due to the federal government's intentional actions, more than ever is necessary to take every step that we can to hold the line. The ruling comes after Paxton sued the Biden administration in October for directing federal agents to cut the wiring, uh, the wire fencing that the state of Texas had installed uh, at the border. Uh, good. Good to see. Uh, we'll see what happens. They're probably going to appeal or they're just going to cut the wire anyway. Now, this is fucking insane. I don't know if this could happen in America. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. This is just, it's insane, but not unexpected. An AIDS commie judge in Ontario rules that calling drag queens groomers is defamatory and not protected speech. So they are legally protecting pedophiles in Canada. That's amazing. The Ontario Superior Court of Justice has ruled it defamatory to label pedophiles as groomers. They're calling them drag queens, but I'm going with the pedophiles because uh, these uh, I've had enough. There are too many pedophiles among this group, and um, it is what it is. I'm not saying every drag queen is a pedophile. Every one of these types of drag queens, the ones that uh, uh, want to uh, read books to children and perform in front of children, are absolutely predators and pedophiles. Um, so that's what we're going to go with because that's who we're talking about. Um, so they said it was defamatory to label pedophiles as groomers and using such terminology is not protected by Canada's free speech laws. According to Countersignal, the decision is part of a ruling in the case of Rainbow Alliance v. Webster with AIDS commie Judge Tracy Nickarts determining that it's reasonable to conclude that the suggestion that drag performers are groomers merely because of their sexual or performance identity is defamatory. Nick Arts was appointed to her post by former Trudeau government attorney general Dave Lametti. The judge's ruling pertaining to the case between the uh, homosexual pedophile group and Brian Webster, a blogger who called the pedophiles groomers. Taxpayer-funded Eagle Canada, an LGBTQ pedophile lobby lobbying group, joined the lawsuit against Webster. The decision could criminalize negative depictions of grooming pedophiles, pedophile groomers, and allows 
The RAD to proceed with a defamation lawsuit. Webster accused the pedophiles of sexualizing children by promoting membership in the LGBT community. They absolutely are doing that. Nick Arts rejected Webster's defense that he was critiquing a CBC story defending drag queen story hours. The AIDS commie judge, who belongs in prison, said, and I quote, the defendant's comments went well beyond that, perpetuating hurtful myths and stereotypes about vulnerable members in our society. I mean, they're fucking pedophiles. I mean, it is what it is. If you are dressing up as a woman and you're trying to do strip shows or read to children dressed up as, as, uh, as a woman, uh, you're a predator, 100%. And you want to read in front of children? Yeah, you're absolutely a predator. That's, that's it. That's it. It's ridiculous. This is a ridiculous thing. Webster's argument, according to the AIDS commie judge, that he was accusing the CBC of grooming has no merit based on the plain reading of the post. She said, Webster defamed the pedophiles by implying that their relation to children is essentially pedophilic. It is, 100%. 100%. That is exactly what it is. And the commie says, and that accusing these performers of being groomers is an attack on their reputations. Good. Yeah, they, their reputation should be attacked. They are pedophiles. Pedophiles should be ostracized from society. The judge also dismissed any suggestion that Webster's opinions could be considered fair comment. The ruling has established a legal precedent for pedophiles through Canada who are anxious to sue their detractors for defamation. So if you're a political commentator in Canada... Uh, and you have any sort of reach, you're probably going to get sued. So, yeah, just uh, crazy. Pedophiles being protected by the left-wing government. Incredible. Um, here's some more child grooming. Uh, the left just groomed and molested Netflix's Coco Melon toddler show into oblivion. Folks, we're living in evil times. Sadly, 2023 is the year of Sodom and Gomorrah, and the target of much of the depravity and perversion is directed at our nation's innocent children. The left is hell-bent on turning your child into a soldier for the LGBTQ army, and they're doing it by way of U.S. public schools, books, and entertainment. You'd be hard-pressed to find a mainstream show for kids that doesn't push trans, LGBT, or some other pansexual nonsense just look at what they've done to the number one baby and toddler show on Netflix. It's called Coco Melon Lane. And the left has gone full-blown groomers in the latest episode, featuring a toddler boy dressed up as a girl dancing for his homosexual pedophile dads. All that's missing are the dollar bills being stuffed in his tutu. But to make matters even worse, Disney is now admitting to grooming your kids, and they're paying the price with one box office flop after another and lackluster ticket sales at their parks. The left is on a mission with one clear goal to indoctrinate your children. The entire success of their radical LGBT movement hinges on this. Unfortunately, it seems to be working. Just take a look at the woke shape of millennials and Gen Z. But the concerning part is it's only going to get worse. Well, uh, well the other thing is uh, they're, going to, um, they're going to start using uh, lawfare to enforce the rights of the pedophiles to fuck the children or groom the children or whatever. So, yeah, crazy. Completely crazy. Uh, this was a good ruling by a judge. Judge blocks California's repugnant ban on carrying guns in most public places. Federal judge has blocked a far-reaching California law that would have banned carrying guns almost everywhere in public, 
including at places like churches and playgrounds. U.S. District Judge Cormac Carney ripped into the law in his decision, saying it violated the Second Amendment and openly defied the Supreme Court. The law would have heavily restricted anyone, even people with permits, from carrying in public. Carney said the law was sweeping, repugnant to the Second Amendment and openly defiant of the Supreme Court. Good. Uh, AIDS commie governor Gavin Newsom decried the decision, claiming it defied common sense. He said uh, this ruling outrageously calls California's data-backed gun safety efforts repugnant. What is repugnant is this ruling, which greenlights the proliferation of guns in our hospitals, libraries, and children's playgrounds. Spaces which should be safe for uh, pedophiles. Actually, for all. He said for all, but when he says uh, all, Gavin Newsom does include pedophiles. Anyway, apparently, speaking of pedophiles, there's another gay sex tape, allegedly, that was filmed at the Capitol. Another sex tape was allegedly filmed inside the U.S. Capitol, which comes after news broke last week about an aide for Democrat Senator Ben Cardin, who allegedly filmed a sex video involving himself and another homosexual fucking each other in the ass raw dog inside the Senate committee hearing room. CM4 reported Wednesday an investigation was launched in June 2022 into a senior aide who worked for Representative Dan Newhouse, a Republican, over reports of purported unbecoming behavior. Oh, now, I mean, there are Republican homosexuals, and these are Republicans in Congress, and you have people like Lindsey Graham running around, so this wouldn't surprise me at all. The senior aide, who the publication decided not to name, denied that he was in the videos and said he was informed by the congressman that the investigation found no evidence of the allegation. The publication said it was clear, though, that there was, in fact, a second set of capital sex videos which circulated on Snapchat last year. The publication said it was provided with recordings from a source that showed a man masturbating inside a house office building, which was identified by standard capital house furniture and carpeting. The desk at which the videographer performed also held a branded congressional mouse pad. A screenshot of a second video obtained by Semaphore shows two men engaged in a sex act in an office. The participants' faces are not visible in any of the material. A spokesperson for Newhouse said once their office was alerted about one of their staffers being suspected of being involved in the video, they immediately uh, attacked, uh, uh, contacted the appropriate House entities to conduct an independent investigation. Well, they should be arrested just like the Democrat homosexuals, but of course nothing's going to happen to them. Actually, the Republican ones will probably get arrested and the Democrats ones, Democrat ones will not. Uh, yeah, expect way more censorship. Not surprising. Google experiments with faster and more adaptable censorship of harmful content ahead of the 2024 election in the run-up to the 2020 U.S. presidential election, big tech engaged in unprecedented levels of election censorship, most notably by censoring the New York Post's bombshell Hunter Biden laptop story a few weeks before voters went to the polls. And with the 2024 election less than a year away, both Google and its video sharing platform YouTube have confirmed they plan to censor content they deemed harmful. It is, in its announcement, Google noted it already censors content that it deems to be manipulated media, hate, and harassment, two broad subjective terms that have been used by tech giants to justify mass censorship. However, ahead of 2024, the tech giant has started using large language models to experiment 
with building faster and more adaptable censorship systems that will allow it to take action even more quickly when new threats emerge. Google will also be censoring election-related responses in uh, the AI chatbot and also the AI search results. In addition to these censorship measures, Google will continue its long-standing practice of artificially boosting content it deems to be authoritative. While this tactic doesn't result in the removal of content, it can result in disfavored narratives being suppressed and drowned out by these so-called authoritative sources, which are mostly pre-selected legacy media outlets. The video sharing platform will also boost videos from authoritative sources. I, that's redundant. Additionally, YouTube will demonetize videos that it deems to contain demonstrably false claims that could undermine trust or participation in elections. They also are labeling altered or synthetic election content. So yeah, it's going to be nonstop bullshit. No one is surprised. Uh, hopefully, if you do any sort of halfway reasonable content, you're uh, on Rumble and other websites. Here's another. I, I expect this shit to come to America. It's only a matter of time. UK police log a hate incident against conservative lawmaker who shared a post referring to a tranny as a man in a wig, which he literally is a man in a wig. This is the man in the wig. UK authorities have officially registered an official hate incident in connection with Rachel McLean, the deputy chairman of the Conservative Party, due to a social media post in which she referred to a tranny as a man in a wig. The incident came to light following a complaint launched by Melissa Poulton, a would-be AIDS commie Green Party candidate, prompting West Mercia police to include McLean's remarks in their archives. The controversial and Orwellian non-hate crime incident was declared because McLean, being a figure with significant enough, enough online following, was deemed to have potentially reached a significant number of people with her comments, according to The Telegraph. Convinced of her innocence, McLean endeavors to overturn the decision and erase her name from police records. Notwithstanding that people with NCHIs tagged against their names aren't criminalized, it's alarming that their personal information might end up preserved on police databases and could possibly be unveiled during background checks for jobs. The Conservative Party's Deputy Chairman for Women, Rachel McLean, has rebutted, saying our no local police are exceptionally good. However, they have recorded a non-hate crime incident against me, which I'm challenging. The incident in question sparked off when Mrs. McLean echoed a post on a certain platform that depict the tranny as a man who wears a wig and calls himself a proud lesbian. While the Greens don't know what a woman is, my neighbors, uh, the people of Bromsgrove, certainly do. Accused of transphobia, McLean was reported to her local police. Initial police statements received revealed no plans for criminal inquiry. However, she was later notified that the non-hate crime incident was filed against her. The move flies in the face of recent Home Office guidelines, which discourages classifying incidents as NCHI simply because someone perceives them with hostility or prejudice. So complete insanity, but not unexpected. This is what they do. Uh, what happened? Let me uh, go back. Let's, uh, I forget which one that was. That was, it should be the last one here. Yeah, here we go. Similar, similar. UK Vicar faces an investigation for calling a tranny a bloke. So this is, we're getting closer and closer to mandatory cock here. In the UK, investigations are underway into Reverend Brett Murphy, a former uh, Vicar who voiced strong criticism in a video 
post about the Church of England's choice of a tranny as an archdeacon. The incident centers around Murphy's comment that the appointed archdeacon, Reverend Rachel Mann, is biologically a bloke. That's pretty funny, man. And revolves around the alleged placement of an activist in high-ranking position. Murphy has stepped down from his role earlier in the year. The post of the video is, uh, is now under investigation. And he could face official censure due to his remarks. Murphy speculates in the video where, whether Reverend Mann's placement was strategic, su suggesting a possible preparation for the Reverend to become the first trainee bishop of the church. In response to the prospective punishments, which include a lifelong annotation on his clerical record and perpetual exclusion from working in the Church of England, Murphy rebuts the church's actions as, and decisions as validating and reinforcing the very concerns he raised in his vlog. Murphy insists his actions were part of his commitment to spreading the gospel and stands unapologetic. Uh, good, good, don't apologize. That's very important. Never apologize to commies. It's a huge fucking mistake. So uh, that's very good to see. So hopefully this guy somehow ends up winning, but, you know, this is a tough battle because the trannies have a lot of power and they are infecting and infiltrating a lot of different places, including churches of all places. Who ever thought they would see such a thing? All right, so before we get into the video, uh, let's look at this uh, whiteboard video. This is kind of a test video. So this is kind of like the first whiteboard test video. It, 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 I isolate, I'm going to be isolating each individual propaganda technique that the corporate media uses. And uh, so just give me a moment. It's about 15 minutes. And I'll also upload this uh, after the stream to all the different uh, places. But uh, just give me like 30 seconds to... Uh, set this up so it would be a media source right okay let me have a look here it should be about 30 seconds it should take all right and uh okay so all right here we go This is the first whiteboard video, kind of a test to see, you know, how to do things. The camera angle, right now we're doing like a top-down thing because I'm a tall motherfucker and uh, I guess I could prop this thing up on some shit to have the uh, straight-ahead view, but uh, I, I don't know, we'll, we'll do it like this for now. Lighting seems okay, not optimal. If people <clears throat> would like better lighting, uh, we can do that at hardnewsnetwork at gmail.com with any suggestions. But for the first kind of test video, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to talk about propaganda techniques that the corporate media uses. We're going to go one by one whiteboard style. So the, uh, or wiped board style, as uh, some have suggested. So uh, what's the first one that we're going to cover? The first one that we're going to cover is one of the uh, tactics that actually evolves. So this is the no evidence at all tactic, which then evolves into, of course, there's evidence. It's a good thing. So let's go with some examples of this. So the first example that I'm going to give is right out of the Jehovah's Witnesses. So if you're a, an ex-JW, or maybe you're a current JW and you're doing something naughty by watching this type of material, 
<clears throat> the Tuesday night meeting. So in the Jehovah's Witnesses, you had, at least where I was, Tuesday meetings, Thursday meetings, and Sunday meetings. Um, so, you know, if you were in another part of the country, maybe you had Monday, Wednesday, Sunday, whatever. It, it is what it is. Okay. So, the Tuesday meeting was the narrative surrounding the Tuesday meeting is that it was the most crucial, most important meeting when it comes to surviving Armageddon. So, the deal with the Tuesday meeting, it was shorter than the other ones, and it wasn't at the Kingdom Hall. The Tuesday meeting, the Tuesday book study was actually at someone's house, and it had maybe like 10 people there. Uh, it was much more of an intimate setting, okay? So, we, so the narrative of the whole time. Now, of course, all of the meetings were crucial to your survival of Armageddon. And by the way, if you're not familiar, the Jehovah's Witnesses is a cult that I was in for much of my life that I got out of in 2007. And what's interesting is the Jehovah's Witnesses use the same type of propaganda techniques as the corporate media, which is fascinating. So they have used this uh, before. So this tactic actually uh, uh, came from a, uh, a conversation that I was having with a guy I was trying to get out of the JWs at the time. So I was looking on internet forums, and, uh, and you're not supposed to do that. And there were people who were elders who leaked ahead of time the fact that the leaders of the Watchtower Society, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they were going to cancel the Tuesday meeting. And I think, I forget how they did it, because this was, this was um, yeah, they rolled it into Thursday. I forget exactly how they did it. But they didn't like the fact that people were getting together in more intimate settings, because some people, some Jehovah's Witnesses, started to um, uh, study the Bible without the propaganda material and the leaders of the cult didn't like that. So anyway, so I used this as an opportunity to see if I could, you know, uh, uh, get this guy to realize I did have some success getting uh, some of my friends and family out of the cult, but this guy I was not able to get out of the cult. So what was interesting about this is I remember talking about, I brought up the Tuesday meeting in a conversation, and he, and he, he gave the whole spiel of, oh, it's the most important meeting and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, what if the, what if the Tuesday night meeting, what if they canceled the Tuesday night meeting? And he's like, oh, there's no evidence of that. That would never happen. There's no evidence of that. And I said, okay. So we waited. I forget how long it was, a few weeks or whatever. And then the Watchtower announced that they were canceling the Tuesday meeting. And so then I, I brought it up to this guy and I said, hey, you know, they canceled the Tuesday meeting. Isn't it the most crucial, most important meeting when it comes to surviving Armageddon? And he said, oh, it totally makes sense. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It totally makes sense. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay, that's amazing. That's amazing. So that's just like a, a small anecdote of how I saw it in the Jehovah's Witnesses. Now let's get into corporate media propaganda narratives that this tactic has been used with. And uh, uh, thank you to the people when I uh, uh, asked on Twitter for people to post their favorites. Uh, I appreciate if you submitted yours. So which one are we going to talk about first? Actually, it's not going to be from the corporate media. It's going to be from the Chappelle Show. Rick James from the Chappelle show when he's talking about digging his boots into Charlie Murphy's couch. Now, this is the quickest evolution that I've ever seen uh, when it comes to evolving it from no evidence at all to, uh, of course I did, it's a good thing. Okay, so as you know, if you've seen the sketch on the Chappelle show, Rick James said that he did not in any way 
dig his boots into Charlie Murphy's couch. He says, what do I look like a guy that's going to dig my boots into Charlie Murphy's couch? I have more sense than that. And then he immediately says, yeah, I dug my boots into Charlie Murphy's couch. I never just did things just to do them. Come on, I mean, what am I going to do? Just all of a sudden just jump up and grind my feet on somebody's couch like it's like it's, you know, something to do. Come on, I got a little more sense than that. Yeah, I remember grinding my feet in Eddie's couch, you know. See, I never just did things just to do them. Come on, I mean, what am I going to do? Just all of a sudden just jump up and grind my feet on somebody's couch like it's like it's, you know, something to do. Come on, I got a little more sense than that. Yeah, I remember grinding my feet in Eddie's couch, you know? Cocaine is a hell of a drug. So, Rick James is the uh, first one uh, to to do it. Uh, that he has the all-time record for how quick a motherfucker has been to go from there's no evidence at all to of course there is. It's a good thing. Now let's get into corporate media ones. So. We have uh, Ukraine, the Ukraine coup in 2014. The, uh, so that went from there's no evidence at all to it's a good thing the U.S. had to do it. They are a flourishing democracy. Okay, now the next one. How about the Pfizer gain of function research? If you recall, James O'Keefe. James O'Keefe had some undercover video uh, of uh, a homosexual uh, who was on a homosexual date and uh, he was talking about how Pfizer was doing gain of function but they called it something like uh, controlled evolution or they, they changed the name uh, of it. This is what commies do, they change the name, they change the definition of things. And so, um, and then also, if you recall, if you are a viewer of the channel, I had made a video where, while certainly Rick James has the all-time record, Sam Cedar and barely attractive Emma have a close second because they did something that's unusual. They evolved within a video. So it wasn't an instant evolution, but it was within a video that by the beginning of it they were saying it's not happening and at the end of it they said of course it's happening it's a good thing i actually made a video out of that and it was the one where i played the uh curb your enthusiasm music at the end of it uh i, I will post that at some point uh, if you haven't seen that it's not even clear that it's happening at uh pfizer too much yeah um, but a few moments later pause it now now let's be clear here this is exactly what you want them to do. <laughs> but that was one of the quicker evolutions. Now, a lot of these are not as quick of an evolution. Let's talk about the great replacement theory, okay? So, this went from no evidence at all. If you say anything about it, you're a white supremacist conspiracy theorist. And then that went into, of course, Demographic replacement is a good thing, and it shows that our country is diverse. Um, you even have uh, Bill Crystal, you have Jennifer Rubin, you have Michelle Goldberg. They all wrote articles about how uh, this was good and that this is how you can replace Republican voters. So that's a very fascinating uh, one. Now, how about the no evidence that Joe Biden had contact with Hunter Biden business associates? So that one. And it, it usually, sometimes it can take years. We're going to get into um, uh, ones that have not evolved yet, but they inevitably evolve. And so this one was going around for a while, the Hunter Biden 
uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden had absolutely no contact with any uh, Joe Biden business associates, or excuse me, Hunter Biden. Joe Biden had no contact with any Hunter Biden business associates. And then that evolved into, of course he had contact with them. He was being a good dad and they were talking about the weather. So that's absolutely phenomenal. Now, let's talk about CRT. Critical race theory. Critical race theory, how did that go? No evidence that it's being taught uh, in, the, in the public schools. And that went to, of course, it's being taught in the public schools. It's being a good thing. It's a good thing. It being taught is a good thing. Now, let me uh, give you an example of uh, another quick evolution when it comes to CRT or CRT-related bullshit. So one time, Tim Pool had uh, human gonorrhea Matt Bender on his show, and uh, he was talking to him about uh, racial segregation, and I think they call them affinity groups. So Tim Pool asks human gonorrhea Matt Bender, he says, uh, Matt, um, what do you think of racial segregation? And Matt said, uh, excuse me, human gonorrhea Matt Bender said that he disagreed with uh, racial segregation. And so then Tim Pool brings up evidence of racial se segregation. I believe it was out of Minnesota. It was a school in Minnesota that was separating the black kids and the white kids. And then immediately in response to that, human gonorrhea Matt Bender says, oh no, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that this is uh, happening and you know they're teaching them about race and it's totally fine. So that was an example I thought, uh, you know, I've been critical of Tim Pool, particularly about his election coverage and his vaccine coverage, but that was an instance where I thought he did a pretty good job. He's done a pretty good job whenever he's had uh, leftists from the full-blown AIDS panel from the Sam Cedar and barely attractive Emma show. So credit to him for that. Okay, what's the next one here? How about chopping the breasts off of minor girls is not happening at all. That's a conspiracy theory. That Matt Walsh, he's just causing bomb threats to happen at these hospitals. But then that turned into, well, of course uh, it's, it's happening. Every medical association agrees with it, and they say that it's gender-affirming. Oh, gender-affirming. Now, I tell you this, this is a very interesting tactic that the AIDS commies use, and, and this will be in a different video. We're going to go one by one. I don't know how many whiteboard videos there's going to be. I might redo this one if it turns out the quality. Uh, this is kind of like a test one. Uh, for now, but uh, and if you have any, like I said, if you have any suggestions on how to make the quality better, anything that uh, I can pick up off Amazon or something, hardnewsnetwork at gmail.com. And and again, shout out to Raul and everyone that has helped made uh, make this channel uh, uh, possible and has made it survive for. I mean, we're I think past seven years. I think next October will be eight years. That's uh, that's incredible, especially with all of the censorship happening. It is. Uh, it's uh, absolutely incredible. So again, shout out to all the people that uh, support the channel. Now, so what we have uh, for the next one is uh, we're gonna just, I'm gonna just comment on a tactic that's similar to Jehovah's Witnesses that we will talk about in a different video. And so the Jehovah's Witnesses have a, uh, it's a top-down situation where you have the leaders of the cult. And what they do is they, 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 um, they, what would you call it? They don't like, well, they rule over the, the sheep, they rule over the members. So, so what they have, they have the propaganda magazines, the Watchtower and Awake uh, magazines, and then they also have uh, different books of propaganda that they write. Okay. 
So what they do is when they want to come up with some sort of uh, thing to support their belief, if they want the JWs to go along with a new belief, they will print it in the watchtower. And then once it's printed in the watchtower, truth it becomes. Now, AIDS commies do something very similarly. What they do is they have AIDS commies infest academia, infect and infest academia. And so what the AIDS commie academics will do, now some academics I have no problem with. For example, the ones that tell the truth, I have no problem with that. But the ones that lie, the ones that say crazy things, for example, AIDS commies, speaking of the chopping the breasts off of minor girls is a good thing, um, they will have um, AIDS commie academics come out with studies indicating that it's okay to chop the breasts off of a 13-year-old, it's somehow a good thing. They've even come out with studies saying that the men who are feeding babies, this is horrible, feeding babies, the discharge from male breasts after they pump themselves full of estrogen, they, they have even said in a study that uh, the health of the baby is not as important as the affirming of the lunatic tranny. That's a hell of a thing right there. So that is a way that they will kind of do the same thing the Watchtower Society does, the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses, the leaders of Jehovah's Witnesses. It's like they, they uh, get some corrupt academic to come out with a bullshit study and then they truth has been created and then they say all the major medical associations agree all of academia agrees it's a very interesting tactic that they use okay now how about this one how about this one no evidence that the government or FBI contacted the social media companies to censor American citizens. No evidence at all. Now, another time that this happened in a video um, was when uh, regime propagandist Destiny was talking to two journalists that were involved in the uh, Twitter files, and it, it, he eventually evolved into... Um, well, what else do you expect the FBI to do? They have to do it. They have to. They have to be on the lookout for threats, and it's completely fine. What do you do? You not want them to do it? So, so it, it can happen quickly. Most of the time, though, it takes time for it to happen. Okay, how about this one? There's no evidence that there's any Nazis in Ukraine. What are you, a right-wing conspiracy theorist? Which then went to. Oh, yes, but they're different Nazis. These Nazis are bravely helping to fight Putin and, well, they like LGBT. They're okay with the LGBT. So that became a, a hell of a narrative. So you might say, why the hell is a goddamn Pokemon card on the fucking board? Well, the reason for that is because just like a Pokemon, this is one of the few propaganda tactics that evolves. It actually evolves like a Pokemon. Let's talk about a couple that have not yet evolved. So, first one, the vaccine deaths and injury. Now, it might, some of them evolve uh, um, in a way, like for example, the weapons of mass destruction narrative. That evolved in a little bit of a different way. So, what happened with that one? is for years, if you said there was no weapons of mass destruction, you were called a conspiracy theorist and a terrorist. And then when it evolved, it became people who supported the Iraq war pretended that they no longer, or pretended that they didn't support it at all. So um, the people that were calling you a terrorist we're now saying, oh yeah, no, I, I didn't, I didn't. You know, it's very similar to when like Russiagate blew up. 
in David Pakman's face, and he was like, oh, I didn't even cover it that much. Um, when uh, when Chank uh, uh, Uger, you might recall when he was talking about masks, he was like, oh, we didn't really tell. We told people from the beginning that masks didn't work. That's a total lie. That's a total lie. The Internet's forever. Their archive is available. So it's possible because the vaccine deaths are so fucked up. That's so fucked up that people are dying, people are getting injured, and it's easily uh, uh, researchable public information, uh, or easily, easily researched, however you want to put it, um, it's possible that this becomes, oh, well, we didn't tell people to take the vaccine. You were free to decide for yourself, bigot. That probably will happen with that one. Now, this one, this one, you could argue, has already evolved a little bit. The 2020 election fraud narrative. Now, still a lot of the whores in the media uh, are claiming there's no evidence of ballot fraud, there's no evidence of any sort of fuckery with the election. Now, sometimes they have evolved where they'll go, well, there wasn't evidence of enough widespread fraud to change the outcome of the election. Um, so that's one way that it's kind of evolved. You could argue that the Time Magazine article um, kind of gives you a preview of what they'll do when they finally admit that yes, the 2020 election was rigged by not only uh, fuckery, but also uh, uh, fake ballots, illegal ballots, however you want to describe them. So what am I talking about with the fuckery? Well, they admitted to the fuckery. The Time Magazine wrote an article lauding how um, saviors of democracy did fucked up shit like bypassing state legislatures when it comes to changing election law, which is unconstitutional. None of the ballots counted under that scenario should be counted. Uh, for example, in Pennsylvania, anything past the deadline uh, should not have been counted. Um, that would give the Trump that would give Trump the win immediately. And that's not even counting all the wheeling in of fake ballots that they clearly did. That still people. Uh, in the media to this day pretend didn't happen. And it's funny because they blame Fox News. They're like, I can't believe all these people think that the election was stolen. It's because of Fox News. No, asshole. It's because we watched on election night how in an unprecedented way a bunch of swing states simultaneously stopped counting ballots and then there's actual footage of them wheeling in ballots, the majority of which went to Joe Biden at a statistically impossible rate. Okay? People have uh, attested to, they've signed affidavits. It's funny, affidavits, it's, uh, it's a hell of a thing. So if I, uh, if I had 15 affidavits, sign affidavits that you killed someone, the cops would probably be around in about 15 minutes. But when it comes to Donald Trump, affidavits are, are no longer evidence. Uh, affidavits don't count. So you have tens of thousands of affidavits of, of, of election workers saying, yeah, we saw impossible things happen. Like, for example, mail-in ballots coming back in sequential order. That's fucking impossible. That's fucking impossible. But anyway, it is what it is. They're going to, what they're probably going to do is say, this will probably evolve into, well, of course we had to, to rig the election because we were saving democracy. And if they are able to successfully rig it in 2024, there's probably going to be a lot of uh, gloating because they're going to have to figure it. They rigged 24. You're going to have now back to back riggings that are so obvious that they're going to have to come up with something else other than no evidence at all. And usually, nine times out of ten, they go to, well, of course we had to, it's a good thing. 
So that's probably what I would expect to happen here. So anyway, this is the uh, test whiteboard video. If you have any suggestions, hardnewsnetwork at gmail.com, and I will be working on the next tactic uh, um, to cover on a whiteboard video, and that will probably be released in January. So thank you very much, everyone, for watching. If you want to support the channel, you can go to Subscribestar, subscribestar.com slash hard-bastard, and we'll see you... Uh, on the live streams, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash hard news network, and I'll see you there. All right, that was uh, wiped board breakdown number one, the no evidence at all tactic from the corporate media. And uh, I will uh, be releasing those periodically. The next one will uh, come out in January. So be on the lookout for that one. All right, let's get to some videos here. Um, I'm going to start off with... Uh, you have bald Joy Reid here complaining that Republicans are upset with Democrats in Colorado taking Trump off the ballot with calls of let the people decide ringing from the rafters. Just make up your minds, people. The readout continues after this. I do not believe Donald Trump should be prevented from being president of the United States by any court. I think he should be prevented from being president of the United States by the voters in this country. If the United States of America is built on one principle, it's that we the people select the leaders of this country select the president of the United States. We don't need to have judges making these decisions. We need voters to have to make these decisions. So I want to see this in the hands of the voters. In response to the Colorado Supreme Court decision kicking Trump off the 2024 ballot, Republicans are lashing out, with several arguing. That lashing out. So when they fuck you in the ass and you say, hey, they're like, oh, what, are you lashing out, bigot? Oh, look at this guy, he's lashing out. You're a reactionary. The decision shouldn't be made by the courts. It should be made by the people. But wait a second. Isn't this the same party that just three years ago when voters chose the other candidate screamed that the election was rigged and stolen and used the courts to try to overturn the votes of the people? Uh, yes, but in that instance, they had evidence that it, it happened. But the majority of the judges, not all, but a majority of the judges uh, uh, stopped those cases on standing, although there were almost 30 that uh, were won on the merits. I think there was a total of almost 92 or something like that, but anyway. When that didn't work, Trump supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol in a violent insurrection. Uh, that's totally made up. Because they didn't get their way. I guess leaving it to the people only matters when it is their people making the decisions. Joining me now, Tara Setmeyer, former Total projection. Republican Communications Director and Senior Advisor to the Lincoln Project, and Mara Gay, New York Times Editorial this bitch will fucking chop you up and boil your rabbit. What movie was that? Basic? No. There was a movie where, where it was with uh, Michael Douglas and the blonde chick uh, boiled his, his pet or something like that. Whatever the fucking... Fatal Attraction. That's, uh, this is like next level Fatal Attraction. Look at those crazy eyes.
editorial board member and MSNBC political analyst, uh, Tara, my friend and sister. Since when do they want to leave it to the people? Let me go back and give you an, uh, a, a, a non-exhaustive list. Donald Trump is a birther. He said, Don, he said that uh, Barack Obama shouldn't even be allowed to be on the ballot because he's like, I need to see his long-term birth certificate, right? They said, that would be genius. High IQ genius. I believe that would be the long form birth certificate. Now, maybe am I wrong? Is there a long term birth certificate? This was like when uh, 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 um, who, Waldorf. What's the Jeff? When Jeff with the perfect amount of chromosomes today, they were talking about mags, magnometers. Uh, he was like. And they, the Trump supporters had magazines, and they told them, get rid of the magazines. <laughs> oh, amazing. Who wouldn't want to be a leftist after this? That the 2020 election wasn't real. So therefore, um, they should just throw the elections out and have Congress decide who the president was. I could go on and on and on. Since when do they want the people to decide elections? Well based on Trump's latest rhetoric, it's only white people that they care ah. about what they vote. When did Trump say anything like that? What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, who they say. So they're By the way, you look like you're wearing a skunk on your head. I feel like I'm in Red Dead hunt, hunting skunks for, uh, for the uncle because he had some sort of scratching itch problem. I don't know what the hell's going on there. Was that a remedy back in the day? Something with skunks and a bunch of other stuff you had to get? I don't know. It's just whatever. Okay. Um, it's, you know, what this is about here is, is they're, they're cafeteria constitutionalists. They pick and choose when they feel like they decide they, you know, when they want to Again, projection or support democracy or when they want to support the Constitution, when, when it fits their needs and their political expediency. It's so transparent that it's almost laughable, but it's not. This is deadly serious stuff here. And the idea now that they're going to be sanctimonious and lecture about, oh, we have to respect the vote of the people and how dare the courts is just it. it the level of hypocrisy is just hard to quantify. But I think we need to continue to call it out. There is so much evidence of them taking both sides of this. They're so duplicitous that we have to continue to point it out and force these Republicans into a corner to say and decide, okay, so you're not okay with democracy when, you know, when you, you, you know, Trump claims there was election fraud, but you're okay with democracy. But again, stupid whore, there was election fraud. There was a bukkake of election fraud when you know the court is looking at the the facts and says yeah the guy he engaged in insurrection and he's disqualified from the ballot in our legal opinion we can't let them get away with being with the, with the double speak because that's what yeah. they do they try to flood the zone with this double speak bs and confuse people and then people go oh yeah of course let the voters decide right. yeah but what about all the what about all the other stuff that you guys did where you didn't give a damn what the voters thought Exactly. I mean, they, Donald Trump wanted. Oh, you mean the all the made-up stuff? Yeah. Oh, I can't believe they did that. It Cruz thrown off the ballot. He said, "Throw him off the ballot." I mean, he literally went to court like sixty times to try to overturn the results mm -hmm. of the people's and vote. All right, <laughs> and laws. And he went to court to try to overturn the votes of the people. Let me play um, some re um, Republican reactions, some additional reactions to Colorado. Seeing what happened in Colorado tonight, Laura, it makes me think. Except we believe in democracy in Texas. Maybe we should take Joe Biden off the ballot in Texas for allowing 8 million people to cross the border since he's been president. I just think the Democrats wake up every morning, Emily, and they look at the calendar. The iPhone says January 6, 2021. The date never changes. And then they get an electric vehicle. 
Kellyanne Conway is looking a lot better after she left that fat slop. Well, go get an abortion. Amara, I almost, yeah, I'm going to just let you respond. I mean, because the, the thing is, is that this is now just in the same playbook of now we're going to say retaliatory things. We'll just take Joe Biden off the ballot. It's so inconsistent and so incoherent, but somehow it works for their base. You know, How is tit for tat incoherent? You're a retard. You no, know, the thing that's most dispiriting to me about the overall... Oh, are you dispirited, whore? Oh, that's a shame. ...Republican reaction is that this should be for them a lifeline. Oh my God, again. Oh, they are going to do. They are setting this up to do something monstrous. This is again, I've heard this argument about a lifeline. What they're saying is we're giving the voters a lifeline. Now you'll obey. Now you're vote, you'll vote for Biden. And if they don't, they're going to fucking hurt people. I hope I'm wrong about that. But it just seems like what they're setting up is if the Supreme Court doesn't give us what we want and Trump wins, Joe Biden's going to stay in office and we're going to fucking hurt people. I hope I'm wrong about that. But that is the impression that I'm getting from this. You say that you don't like Trumpism, you'd prefer something else, but you just want, you know, fewer taxes. Here's your opportunity to show some patriotism and some courage. Kami, you don't know anything about patriotism. Take that lifeline and coalesce around democracy. And instead, their cowardice runs so deep, in fact, that uh, they can't even do that. They can't even call out uh, the idea of having somebody who incited an insurrection. On Again, that's totally made up. That's a completely made up narrative. Because they're so afraid of Donald Trump and his, his voters. That is really disgraceful. And it really is concerning because there's been a lot of discussion about the need for Republicans to uh, really retake their party, uh, you know, moderate Republicans, anti-Trump Republicans. But when you see this unfold, you wonder if they have it in them and you wonder what it will take to defeat Trumpism and who will be able to do it. And I just I also have to say that, you know, we talk a lot about freedom in this country. Freedom is wonderful, but freedom comes with responsibility. Right. You have a responsibility to obey us. And so there are other guardrails as well. In addition to not inciting an insurrection against the government. Again, not a real thing. You also have to be a certain age to run for president. You have to be born in the United States to run for president. So this isn't just some free for all where, again, as you said, you can pick and choose the rules. You know, we live in a society of many laws. And any average citizen would be expected to follow all of them. But yet the president of the United States is not. It makes yeah. no sense. Well, no one's arguing that. You're just being a dumb bitch. Well, I mean, and the thing is, Tara, they had a chance because it's true. We Behind the scenes, half of these people despise Donald Trump, want him gone, as Mara points out. And yet when they had the chance to impeach him, they were too scared to do that. When they've had the mm -hmm. chance to pick somebody other than him in the primary, they're too scared to do that. They don't want they want some other Dale's ex match in a force to come and take him away and take him up in a spaceship because they don't want to touch him. And now this is the chance for the courts to take care of this. And they're still screaming. Tom Tills is saying, they want to defund Colorado and any state that does that takes off the ballot. Uh, you know, it, it's this. You're right, and and I tweeted this the other day. I'm like, we wouldn't even be here now if a handful more Republicans 
had the testicular fortitude to remove him in the Senate back in 2021. Oh, if only more Republicans would have gone along with our cheating to try to illegitimately remove a sitting president. Oh, man. When he was impeached for trying to overturn a free and fair election. Again, which just total made-up media narrative. Obvious to everyone that it was... It was not obvious. That's a propaganda technique. That's the we know tactic. Oh, we know. We know it's true. You know it's true. Yeah, that's, that's a tactic. That's what people say when they don't have good arguments. Did coup. But they refuse to do it. Every single lifeline, every exit ramp off the Yeah, they line. keep calling it a lifeline. They're going to... I really hope I'm wrong. Way, they have not taken it. Not only have they not taken it, they've gunned it to the floor <laughs> and kept going. Woo-hoo! You know, I mean, like, it's insanity. You look at this yeah. and go, what is wrong with these people? But... It, power is very intoxicating. I've said this before. And I think that this this power, this thirst for power and this, this desire for relevance has gotten so out of control that it is now an existential threat to the yeah. entire country. Oh, your disobedience is an existential threat to the country. Republican yeah. Party has, has abdicated their responsibility to be the beacons of of you know constitutionality and freedom and democracy like the old republicans used to be and instead they've become an, a, you know a pro illiberal populism pro nazi fetish uh, authoritarian <laughs> yeah. party that makes yeah. excuses for donald trump and disparages our democratic guardrails we cannot well, stay silent on this that's what next well, year is going to be all about yeah, well, there's one thing I will give good news for the state of Colorado. Vivek Ramaswamy has threatened to take his name off the ballot. Uh, if Donald Trump isn't going to be on there, you're welcome, Colorado. These uh, ladies are staying with me, Tarhan Bharat. Insane. All right, let's see. This was uh, Beaker and Lee. Oh, no, Chris Hayes. This right there, I like that. That's fantastic. That's a rack. That's a fucking rack right there. Publicly threatening to change how they vote for presidential nominees in light of yesterday's decision. Yeah, so this was great. The Colorado GOP is going to try to, I guess, do an end around here. That's fantastic, or at least they're threatening to. State Supreme Court in Colorado to bar Trump from the primary ballot under the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. State GOP now saying it may begin the legally fraught process of switching from a primary to a caucus in order to allow its members to still cast their votes for Trump Good. next March. As of now, that mostly just seems like posturing, to be honest. But for all of the controversy, when you go back to the relevant text used to raise the challenge, Section 3, the 14th Amendment, it really does stand out as pretty darn fitting. <clears throat> Again, total made-up bullshit. Nice well, try. No person shall hold any office under the United States who, having previously taken an oath as an officer of the United States to support the Constitution, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. You cannot hold government office if you are an insurrectionist or you supported insurrectionists. Again, made it's up. Quite clear, quite simple, especially when you consider the amendment within the historical context of its ratification. But this decision from the Colorado Supreme Court yesterday still came as a, a shock, surprise. And that's largely, I think, because of the ways in which American legal culture has grown to emphasize, even fetishize, some parts of the Constitution and its founding, while largely ignoring others. Around the 1980s, the American right embraced the judicial philosophy of originalism, thanks in large part to late conservative Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. Basically, it's the idea that we should interpret the Constitution only as 
its founders intended and as people understood it at the time. To be clear, this was always a reaction. So this is the classic commie tactic of like, you you have to allow us to fuck you in the ass because of your principles. Ridiculous. Actionary project often undertaken in transparently bad faith, used to reverse engineer the right's preferred political outcomes and discarded when it didn't fit their agenda. But originalism remains a de facto legal theory of the American conservative movement and honestly, the 6-3 Trump court. And it remains enormously effective as a rhetorical tool because it taps into our shared civic religion of reverence for our founders. With that in mind, then, I think it's worth looking at the history of the Reconstruction Amendments, which were ratified with the hope of refounding the country after the Civil War without the stain of slavery following the horrible carnage of that war. When it was over, 600,000 men had perished. But the Union held and the Constitution, like the nation, was reborn. The 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments together, but above all, the 14th Amendment, is the fruit of the Civil War. It is what all those brave men fought for and died for. It's from a PBS documentary about the war. These amendments, particularly the 14th Amendment, guaranteeing equal protection, completely and utterly transformed the structure of American government. The legal ramifications of the 14th Amendment give rise to everything we think of as the modern state and pluralistic multiracial democracy. It is impossible to overstate just how important it is to our current understanding of what America is and of constitutional law. And yet, its founding, the second founding of the country, the founding amendments after the war, the Reconstruction Amendments, is basically lost to history. Its drafters are not household names like the men who drafted the Bill of Rights. And there's a reason for that. Those men were political radicals. The people who drafted the Reconstruction Amendments were the vanguard of radicalism, in fact, who, after defeating the traitorous, insurrectionist slave power of the South, forced them at gunpoint into a participatory, multiracial democracy. Over the past 150... So, that's, so you, you want to force everyone at gunpoint to vote for Joe Biden? Probably. 50 years, there's been an effort not to reckon with that uncompromising fact. Yes, yeah, they're getting much more violent in their rhetoric. If you're gonna take an originalist perspective here, that history is pretty important. 14th Amendment was indeed a bold act of raw political power in furtherance of that project of multiracial democracy, and it should be interpreted as such. And the person most responsible for recovering that fundamental reality of our country's second founding and the constitutional provisions it created is Supreme Court Justice Katanji Brown Jackson. Time and again, she has argued we cannot ignore the radical origins or radical meaning of the 14th Amendment, nor its original intention as a protector of marginalized people in the face of state oppression. This has been especially apparent when she talks about things like affirmative action and voting rights. I understood that we looked at the history and traditions of the Constitution, at what the framers and the founders thought about. And when I drilled down to that level of analysis, it became clear to me that the framers themselves adopted uh, the Equal Protection Clause, the 14th Amendment, the 15th Amendment, in a race-conscious way. The entire point of the amendment was to secure rights of the freed former slaves. The legislator who introduced that amendment said that, quote, unless the Constitution should restrain them, those states will all, I fear, keep up this discrimination and crush to death the hated freedmen. 
that's not um, that's not a race neutral or race blind idea. No, it's sure not. And the reason that I'm going on this long preamble of history is because this all brings us back to Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. The people that wrote that amendment understood that the insurrectionist South and the people that had led it in insurrection were an existential threat to the preserved union. That those Yeah, I think now when you look at how they're, they're developing the propaganda around this, they are trying to get a civil war going. I don't think it's going to work. But I think the reason they want someone to pop off is so they can crack down harder. I forget, someone made this point the other day on Twitter. They, they're doing this because they want someone to pop off so they can crack down harder and then possibly declare an emergency or, or cancel uh, the... Oh, yeah, it was the Laura Ingram. Uh, and other people have said it, not just Laura Ingram. Uh, but, yeah, Laura Ingram said something like that on her show, that then they can kind of, like do mass mail-in balloting under the guise of an emergency or something like that. Who took up arms against their own government, who betrayed it, on behalf of slavery. Those who remain committed to that cause must be eradicated from the government forever or the union. Right. So now, he's, so now he's talking about Trump supporters have to be eradicated. And they were radicals about that. In fact, the current version of Section 3... And it, he's now promoting the idea that they were radical about eradicating their enemies. Yeah, this is, this is getting real dark. That's the compromise version. The original, more extreme version of the text would have barred all former Confederates from participating in democracy at all for a number of years. One founder of the amendment, radical Republican legend Thaddeus Stevens, said that even that would have been, quote, too lenient. So now here we are in 2023, faced with the plain meaning of the text written by these lost and forgotten founders whose vision of the country was a radical vision of multiracial equality for men. Now suddenly they're not racist anymore. And this majority in Colorado takes an originalist framework when they argue... No, they don't. That's totally made up. That Donald Trump, the ultimate modern insurrectionist... Again, that's not real. That's a totally made up smear. Had an armed mob against the it government. It was not an armed mob. That narrative's totally debunked. American government must, too, be never allowed to hold office again just like his Confederate predecessors. Particularly when it comes to defining what exactly constitutes an office of the United States, which was the exact originalist argument the plaintiffs made when they argued in front of the court that Trump should be ineligible. The Constitution tells us over and over that the presidency is an office and that the person who holds it swears an oath of office before assuming the execution of his office. And the plain meaning of an officer is just one who holds an office. So, so we think the text here is very clear that the history supports it, uh, and certainly that the core purpose of the provision supports that reading as well. And I have to say, after years of hypocrisy with so-called originalists arguing the First Amendment protects... Yep, they love to say, hey, we're, gonna, we're raping you right now, but you can't stop us because of your principles unlimited dark money in our politics. The Second Amendment gives you the right to own military-grade weapons detached from the first rather sizable clause in that amendment. There is something so satisfying about seeing originalism weaponizes a force for good for multiracial democracy and equality. The ex-president engaged in insurrection against the United States. The Constitution says he is not qualified for office as a result. That is the plain truth of the matter. Uh, and no, it isn't. That's total bullshit. 
Even people on your own side are calling bullshit, which is not something you see very often. A straightforward reading of the law. Now, watch all the conservative originalists on the Supreme Court run away from. Jamel Bowie is an opinion columnist. And they bring on this uh, retard. We don't have to stay for that. And then here, which, where is, uh, oh, let's go uh, Beaker and Leaker here. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, Donald Trump's 2024 Republican rivals are backing him against the Colorado court decision. Posting on social media, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis called the ruling tantamount to abusing judicial power and wrote SCOTUS should reverse. Here's former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. We don't need to have judges making these decisions. We need voters to have to make these decisions. So I want to see this in the hands of the voters. We're going to win this the right way. We're going to do what we need to do. But the last thing we want is judges telling us who can and can't be on the ballot. I do not believe Donald Trump should be prevented from being president of the United States by any court. I think he should be prevented from being president of the United States by the voters of this country. The only candidate for president didn't immediately condemn the ruling was former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson. Asa Hutchinson's running still? What are you kidding me? Uh, so, uh, Maura, uh, what, what, what do? I you... think his statement's actually very interesting. The Colorado he Supreme says... Court. Okay, go, go ahead. Put his, put, put Here's his statement. Here's Asa Hutchinson's statement. The factual finding that he supported insurrection will haunt his candidacy. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Margay, what do you what do you say to the um, to the Republican candidate's argument that this should be the voters should have the say and not the courts? Why are you standing with Confederates? <laughs> they're, this, they're really going hard now. They're really going hard. You're now a Confederate if you don't obey them. All right, I'm a Confederate. Get me get me a, the Dukes of Hazard flag or whatever the fuck. No problem. No problem. Whatever. Put me on the side that is the opposite of you, okay? So if it's now, now it's the Confederates. All right, then we're we're Confederates. Whatever, you guys fuck kids, okay? So I I, I don't know what to tell you. Who betrayed this country? <laughs> you now betray the country, and you're a Confederate. They won a new civil war. And this is what they're standing with: is the spirit <laughs> of those Confederates, rather than the. Americans who came together idiots. after a long and brutal fucking war idiots that was fought to keep the union together uh, and saw clearly saw a threat in ex-confederates running for office so much so that they amended the constitution to prevent those traitors from running for office that should send a message that our election system, our electoral system, can be used for nefarious purposes against the democracy right. itself. Again, uh, oh, so it, when people we don't like run, we're just going to call them uh, Confederates and not let them run. That's what this is. It's totally political. It's clear. Yeah. Uh, it's clear as day. Yeah. Uh, David, David, from, so the question is, uh, who, who is the finder of fact that Donald Trump uh, committed uh, insurrection? Um, we, we, of course, all believe it. 
I said, okay, Mika, you don't have to dart your eyes around. Look at this freak show. Look at these people. He looks like Beaker from the Muppets. She apparently has had so much facial surgery, she bleeds often. And then this motherfucker, his face is always different every time. Oh, my God. You don't have to dart your eyes around. I said on January the, the 7th, Donald Trump should be arrested and, and tried. <laughs> Great. I think you should be arrested. And, and sent to jail. But... The question is, uh, under the law, due process under the law, do judges randomly decide that he's an insurrectionist, or do people on cable news shows decide he's an insurrectionist, or does he actually have to be convicted of insurrection by, by federal prosecutors? Look, these, these Republican candidates are all willing to fight for the silver medal. They're all willing to fight each other, but they will not stand up to Donald Trump. They're too scared to fight, and therefore they are too weak to win. The reason their words matter now, I mean, I, I think probably what's going through Nikki Haley's head is she's hoping the Supreme Court will deliver for her, but she doesn't want to be the person to say so. The, the, the problem they have is the Supreme Court is looking to these candidates for signals about what Republicans expect. If uh, Nikki Haley is trying to be artfully insincere, and maybe Ron DeSantis the same, and to say, you know, please save, you know, please don't do this. I beg you not to do this while thinking, please do this, please do this, please do this. But that's too complicated. The courts need to hear from Republicans. Uh, we respect your authority. If you do this, you will be supported. And that will give the Supreme Court the permission it needs from its fellow Republicans, it's a very political court, to act in a way to save the Republican Party from itself. As I keep stressing, had this case ha come up in the summer, we would be talking about Biden as the beneficiary. But in coming up as it does at the end of 2023, the beneficiaries here are Trump's fellow and better Republicans. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, George Conway, let sure. me ask you. Uh, 14th Amendment talks about someone who's committed insurrection against the United States. Uh, a constitution. Who is the finder of fact of that? Uh, people on cable news, uh, judges in Colorado, or does it need to be a jury in Washington, D.C. Uh, that is hearing a case on whether uh, Donald Trump committed insurrection against the United States Constitution? Well, as a good uh, longtime member of the Federal Society, you have to look at the text of the, of, the, of the constitutional provision. And the constitutional provision says nothing about convictions. It, it, they could have easily, when they wrote that provision, said someone convicted of insurrection cannot be held, cannot, be, cannot hold public office. Mm -hmm. It does not say that. And so what that means is the courts are free to determine on their own, you know, based upon, you know... All right. So then if, you, if they had any balls, Republican judges would order that uh, uh, most of the Democrats are not uh, allowed to be in office because they supported Black Lives Matter riots. Valid judicial processes. Um, what is an insurrection and whether the facts meet that? And what happened here was there was a five-day trial where Donald Trump got and his lawyers a, a total sham trial got to participate and the judge made extensive findings a judge that actually kind of ruled for him on a bogus ground found that he engaged in insurrection found again that has no relevancy this by not just a preponderance of the evidence which is your lower your lower basic civil court standard but by clear and convincing evidence which Bullshit. means that it's way more than you know more likely than not it's very 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 strong evidence and you don't see the the dissents challenging those findings at all and who cares 
And in fact, there's no basis to challenge the findings. When you go to the majority opinion and you read uh, the, the 30 or 40 pages, or, or I don't know how many there are, on, on, on what happened on January 6th and what Donald Trump did before and during January 6th, there's no dispute. I mean, we saw it on television, <laughs> and we saw, we, we know what happened. He fomented, he engaged in an insurrection. So again, people that say, oh, there's no debate, and we know, and you know it's true, as are all tactics. These are all tactics that people use when they have weak arguments. He wanted this to happen. And not only that, I mean, he, you know, he gave, there's another provision in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment that talks about giving aid and comfort um, to enemies of the Constitution. Well, he did that. He was an enemy of the Constitution. So Again, totally made up. It's really, if this case, if this decision gets overturned, it's not going to be on the basis of, 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 of the factual findings. And I'll, I'll say this about a jury trial. There's no basis for demanding a jury trial here. Any first-year law student will tell you that because this is not the kind of case, it's not the kind of, like, a civil case for damages where you do get a, a Seventh Amendment right to a jury trial. This is a, you know, this is election litigation. Election litigation is always is more equitable, um, and it's always it, it's more of, a, of a, something that a court of equity does. And there's never jury trials in election cases because they have to be dissolved, resolved quickly. And and the, such as Bush yeah. v. Gore, that that's exactly the same thing. There were no juries there. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, everybody, stay with us. All right. Let's see what uh, TYT has to say about this. You know, they're trying to pivot, so this is going to be interesting a rather stunning and definitely unprecedented decision. Colorado's Supreme Court has ruled that since Donald Trump engaged in an insurrection and due to the Constitution's 14th Amendment, he will not appear on Colorado's ballot for the 2024 presidential election. Now, there are some caveats to this, and I wanna give you those caveats. So first, the court made this ruling four to three, that Trump isn't an eligible presidential candidate because of the 14th Amendment's insurrectionist ban. The ruling though will be placed on hold pending an appeal on January, until January 4th. So election officials in the state, which by the way has 10 electoral college votes, said that the decision has to be made ultimately by January 5th. And that is because January 5th is the statutory deadline to set the list of candidates for the GOP primary. So I have no doubt that the Trump team is going to attempt to appeal this decision. And I wanna be clear that this is specifically in the state of Colorado. This is the state's highest court making this decision in regard to the state of Colorado. This will not impact other states. Now Trump of course denies any wrongdoing regarding January 6th and has decried the 14th Amendment lawsuits as an abuse of legal process. And just to give you some more information about the 14th Amendment, it was ratified under the Civil War. The 14th Amendment says that officials who take an oath to support the Constitution are banned from future office if they engaged in insurrection. But the wording is vague. It doesn't explicitly mention the presidency and has only been applied twice since 1919. So this story is developing, it literally just broke. I am curious what you think about this, Cenk. Yeah, well, uh, 
First of all, I'm thrilled that people are beginning to read the 14th Amendment. Yes, you should read the whole thing. It's got amazing parts to it. So in this case, there's no question that the 14th Amendment says that if you participate in an insurrection, obviously meaning the Civil War, but beyond. It didn't just say the Civil War. They said any insurrection again. Yeah, the context was the Civil War. It's America, you cannot hold office, and that makes sense. And it is what Trump did in insurrection, yeah. Okay, so again, totally made up. That's totally made up. Definitely. You had fake electors ready to do a again, coup. Again, that first of all, they're not fake electors. It's not a coup. Just dressing up something <clears throat> with your faggot bullshit propaganda phrases doesn't just suddenly make something true. That's not how any of this works. And uh, install himself when he knew he had lost. That is an insurrection against America. Again, no it isn't, you're just making up bullshit. So, point one, the ruling is logical. Mm -hmm. You could disagree with it politically, but it is logical. They're just enforcing what the 14th mm -hmm. Amendment no, they're not. actually says. So then you can say, hey, I wanna argue on the facts, was it really an insurrection? No problem, that's what courts are for. So, so far the Colorado Supreme Court has ruled, yes, it was an insurrection. They could appeal and they could, uh, and eventually they'll almost certainly take this to, to the Supreme Court. So now the, there is one issue that I have with it, which is that if the different states start interpreting the 14th Amendment in different ways, the Supreme Court must resolve it. Because we cannot have Colorado banning Trump mm -hmm. and some other states banning some other candidates that are uh, potentially on and not on the ballots and have this hodgepodge all over the country of blue states and red states blocking different candidates. So I urge the Supreme Court to take this on, take any 14th Amendment case on and clarify what the rules are. And if I was on the Supreme Court on this one, I don't see how it's not an insurrection. <laughs> and I don't see how the 14th <laughs> Amendment wouldn't apply. It. It's literally written for exactly this type of situation. You no, know, it's interesting because he later came on Twitter and said Trump should be on the ballot. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know what happened. So yeah, I, I think the Colorado Supreme Court is right. Yeah. Look, I I don't know. I'm mixed on this, and please be understanding toward me because I'm. Dude, your bed's made. Go go with all the evil your side does. Your bed is made already just processing this decision by Colorado Supreme Court and what it means. So I totally agree with you in that logically speaking, this makes a lot of sense. Maybe I took some of the threats from the likes of Tucker Carlson to heart. And aside from the logical component of this, I am concerned about the what this means for Trump supporters. Yes, you're burning the country down, but that's okay. We'll see what happens. And how they might potentially lash out if this mm -hmm. ruling in Colorado stands. I also agree with you that the United States Supreme Court needs to adjudicate this matter. Um, I'm curious to see if they take it up. I think they might, but yeah. I, I, I'm worried. Okay, so I agree with the decision. Let me just make that clear. I am worried about what this means for the future of the country and how Trump supporters might lash out given this decision by the Supreme Court in Colorado. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. And then you guys are gonna do even worse shit to them. Well, let me bifurcate that because I'm worried that the country needs to remain united and we need to have a clear national decision. Was it an insurrection or wasn't it? Mm -hmm. I think it was, I think a lot of people think it was. Obviously, tons of people don't think it was an insurrection. 
And we should, I mean, in my ideal world, I know the Supreme Court doesn't televise these hearings. But you would do a giant hearing where you would have lawyers on both sides arguing insurrection, not insurrection, mm -hmm. and the courts would decide. Now, in this case, Trump has a gigantic advantage in the Supreme Courts. They're six to three conservative. The court has in the past made brazenly political decisions, handing George W. Bush the 2000 election, five to four along political lines. A vote that Sandra Day O'Connor hinted she regretted because of how political it was and obviously political. And Donald Trump has appointed three of the Supreme Court justices, mm -hmm. giving him a gigantic advantage. If he still loses in the Supreme Court after both sides are heard out, then yes, as a nation, we have decided that it was an insurrection and he is banned. I am not worried about Trump fan reactions. If they want to be criminals and thugs after the Supreme Court makes its decision and say we don't believe in our constitution, we don't believe in the three branches of government, we don't believe in democracy, we love the insurrection and we're going to now take up arms and cause violence. Well, that's what Fort Leavenworth was made for, Rikers Island, the maximum security prison in Colorado. It's got your name written. Hopefully you'll go to maximum security prison. That would be fantastic. And all over it. I have no I hope all regime propagandists get maximum security prison. That would be phenomenal. Hope in, in any of that, actually, to be honest with you. That, I'm, I'm, mm. Yep. <clears throat> now, like I said, I think her bed's already made. But she, there is some gravity to this. This is like insane. This is insane. And she's dealing with the gravity of how insane this is. But like I said, I think her bed's already made. I have less faith in our criminal justice system today versus where it was at even like five years ago. And what I mean by that is we're talking about a group of people who are heavily armed, okay? And we're also talking about law enforcement that is short in terms of staffing, in terms of the number of officers. There's like a giant shortage right now. So I like I don't know. I I know that there has been at least among the MAGA crowd, some portion of them, some percentage of them have been itching for a civil war and they've been very vocal about that. I'm just look, I'm just concerned about violence breaking out. That doesn't mean that the potential violent reaction should weigh into the decision made by federal judges or the United States Supreme Court. But I'm just telling you the two different thoughts I'm having. So what, what's ultimately gonna happen here, I think, is if the Supreme Court allows Democrats to burn down the entire system, I think Trump supporters will lose what little faith they had left in the system. And then they will live amongst themselves and they will keep to themselves and they will try to live their lives. Unfortunately, what will probably then happen is the Biden regime will then start persecuting them. That's probably what will happen in the scenario of the Supreme Court allowing this to stand. Um, uh, like I said, this, this whole thing is projection. Their side is the violent side. Our side is not violent. Our side wants to be left alone, and uh, and they keep fucking with us. And then uh, when we verbally make fun of them for being retards, they claim we're being violent. Having at the same time, one thought is based on logic, 
and the evidence that we've talked about on this show, the evidence Again, that was- your evidence is total made up propaganda bullshit. Presented very clearly during the January- No, no, no it was the January 6th thing was not even a legitimate committee. Hearings, the evidence that will continue to be presented very clearly in the uh, two indictments that Donald Trump is facing, one in Georgia, one uh, on a federal level in regard to election interference. So there's that side of it, but then there's also the concerns I have about this further tearing the country apart. Yeah, I know. So we look. Yeah, Chank doesn't give a fuck about that. Number one, I understand the concerns, but number one, we shouldn't negotiate with terrorists. If <laughs> Half the country are terrorists, according to Cenk Uger. And I've said this before, and I want my position to be clear. I have never once called for anything negative to happen to Normie Biden voters. I think that would be crazy. I think that's a losing strategy. I think you'll never pull anything like that off, and it's fucked up. Okay, what I'm talking about is simply for people to get what they deserve. People being held accountable. So when I talk about AIDS commies getting karma, I'm talking about regime propagandists, regime affiliated people, uh, AIDS commies. I have never once talked about the random Biden supporter down the street. But Chank is talking about innocent Trump supporters. He is calling half the country terrorists. It's, and, and I'm simply saying that a person that does that, what Cenk is doing right now, is no different than what they did with Rwanda Radio. It's the same thing. Now, the result might be different. I don't think they're going to be chopping arms. But it's the same thing. And if you look historically, whenever regimes are toppled, whenever, in, whenever situations like that are over, many times the people that engaged in the regime propaganda are put in prison. So I'm basically making an argument from the historical precedent. It's the same argument I am. I'm not the only one making this argument. I and other people are making the same argument about the people, the, the, the regime propagandists that engaged in the vaccine propaganda. And then that you can look at Nuremberg. Especially, you know, you're not supposed to experiment on people. It was one big experiment. Okay, so what I'm arguing for, there's historical precedent for. What I'm arguing for is in self-defense, uh, but I have never once argued for a random Biden voter to have anything done to them. I've never argued that because that's fucking insane. And that's what separates normal people from animals. That's what separates normal people from commies. Com this is why I say commies are not people because they're very anti-human. All they do is destroy. All they want to do is kill, destroy, fuck with in some way harm or oppress their fellow humans. I mean, if you believe they're humans. But whatever, if you think they're people, they're fellow humans. Um, so, yeah, that, uh, that I would argue is, is a distinct difference. So what he's doing here is insane. Completely insane. And he's not the only one doing it. This is what Pacman's going to do. This is what they're, they're doing. This is what that fucking bitch Myra Gay just did. Calling everyone that disagrees with her a confederate. Unbelievable. If you're a Republican and you believe there really was not an insurrection and that Donald Trump actually won the election, you're not a terrorist. There's a lot of tons and tons of Americans that believe that. I think you're massively wrong and fundamentally wrong. You've never shown one piece of evidence, but good, you get to prove it in court in Atlanta. You get to prove it in court in the federal trial that Donald Trump is up in. And now you might get to prove it at the Supreme Court in in a, in a where the judges are completely stacked in your favor. I, we need that national conversation. How I merciful.
don't want to just he have- wants the national conversation as long as he wins the government steamroll the Republicans and go, ha ha, deal with it. I don't want that at all. Well, that's what you did in 2020 with the election, faggot. But if you say, uh, after all is done, no, even though the justice system was rigged on our side in favor of us, I don't care. Even though we presented no evidence, I don't care. I just want to pick up a weapon and kill people I disagree with. No, then I don't negotiate. Oh, so the made up situation that's not going to happen is what you're talking about? Oh, okay. With terrorists. Yeah. Then the government should come and get you and put you in prison, Mm -hmm. probably for the rest of your life. And if you say, oh, I'm a political prisoner just because I wanted to murder you, yes. (laughs) No one's arguing. So now now, uh, this is a fictional conversation or a fictitious conversation that he made up in his head with a murdering Trump supporter that has not happened. No, you're not a political prisoner. You're a prisoner because you wanted to murder people. Right. Did you hear that made up Trump supporter that wanted to murder? Do you hear that uh, imaginary Trump supporter? Chenk has spoken. No, we should not negotiate with terrorists. And I don't care what kind of violence these thugs and brown shirts promise us if they don't get their way. Like they crying little babies. <laughs> no one's saying anything. Babies who are constantly like. I told you what a lot of people are going to do. They're going to check out of politics and they're going to go live their lives. Uh, And a lot of them are going to try to separate as much as they can from people like Cenk. And they're going to try to live amongst themselves and just live uh, quietly and focus on other things. And that would be fine, except the Biden regime is probably going to fuck with those people. Like, we don't need evidence. We don't need democracy. We just want power. Oh, yeah. No one, no one argued that. So now, again, made-up conversations that never happened. Otherwise, we'll kill you. Not interested in that. Not at all. No one's proposing that. All interested. That's what the military and the police are made oh, for. Oh, you're not at all interested in the totally made-up thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. And and if you go in that direction, there should be massive consequences on your head. And by the way, just to give you further context, prior to Colorado Supreme Court making this decision in November, there was a Colorado judge who issued a ruling that concluded that Trump, quote, engaged in an insurrection on that day. But the decision fell short of removing Trump from the state's 2024 ballot based on the 14th Amendment's insurrection ban. And so I guess that was appealed to the state Supreme Court and the decision that we just shared with you about that was made. And so we'll see how the appeal process works. I guess buckle up, it's gonna be a chaotic election season to say the least. Now, then she made this video and I don't think Chink's in this one. So let's see what she says here. I wanted to revisit the election related news that broke out of Colorado when we were live on air last night. For those who missed it, the state's Supreme Court ruled that former President Donald Trump will be banned from Colorado's presidential primary ballot because he engaged in an insurrection. Now the news was so shocking and unexpected that I didn't really know how to immediately react to it. But something didn't feel right and I couldn't really articulate why in that moment. So today, after thinking it through, I wanted to provide some updates on both the story and what I think about it. First, here are some more details on the matter. Trump's candidacy was challenged by invoking the 14th Amendment's disqualification clause. It states that anyone engaging in insurrection cannot hold public office. That, of course, refers to his actions on and before January 6th. So 
want to be clear about something because I see a lot of people on the right arguing that the justices in Colorado Supreme Court were citing what happened specifically with the riots on January 6th to make their argument of disqualifying Donald Trump from the state's ballot. But they're focusing on the broader picture, which involved the intricate plan of installing fake electors. More on that in just a moment. Now, Colorado's justices cited section three of the Civil War era 14th Amendment, which cites that no person shall hold any office, civil or military, under the United States, who, having previously taken an oath as an officer of the United States to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. In their four to three decision, Colorado Supreme Court argued that the sum of these parts is this. President Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president. We do not reach these conclusions lightly. We are mindful of the magnitude and weight of the questions now before us. We are likewise mindful of our solemn duty to apply the law without fear or favor. Oh, and how virtuous the judges are. Without being swayed by public reaction to the decisions that the mm -hmm. law mandates we reach. In other Special. words, they're saying, Look, we can't really consider the reaction of Trump supporters when we make this decision. We need to look at the facts and come up with the correct conclusion based on those facts. Now, NBC News reported that even if someone is found to be ineligible to serve, the amendment says Congress can overturn that decision with a two-thirds majority. That's very unlikely to happen. But what about the merit of the court's argument? Well, legal experts argue that the wording in section three of the 14th amendment is vague, as is the case with most things in our constitution. And allows for different interpretations of whether Trump's participation in the fake elector scheme would disqualify- Again, Not a real thing. So now they're saying it wasn't the insurrection, it was a fake elector scheme. By him from the ballot. This textual vagueness is why the trial judge kept Trump on the 2024 ballot. But the high court disagreed, and this was the linchpin of their decision to disqualify Trump. At question is whether the 14th Amendment specifically applies to the president. Now, believe it or not, many legal experts argue that it doesn't, including Ty Cobb, who used to be one of Trump's White House lawyers, but is currently a pretty fierce critic of the former president. We just dig into the law here just a little bit, because when you read into section three of the 14th Amendment, the language, which is what the Supreme Court, if they take this up, is going to assess, quote, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States, that part doesn't say president. And here's what Ty Cobb, former White House lawyer under Trump, and now has been very critical of Trump, here's what he said about this, listen. And to the extent that the president or the vice president are included as an officer or included within um, the admonitions of the Constitution, they are typically highlighted, like in the impeachment clause, which specifically says president, vice president. Um, so I think this case will be handled quickly. I think it could be 9-0 in the Supreme Court for Trump. Now, obviously, four out of the seven Colorado justices disagreed with Cobb's interpretation. 
They write, it seems most likely that the presidency is not specifically included because it is so evidently an office, the court said. Adding that a conclusion that the presidency is something other than an office under the United States is fundamentally at odds with the idea that all government officials, including the president, serve we the people. Now, Trump's legal team is certainly going to appeal the ruling to the Supreme Court, and the Colorado justices put their ruling on hold pending SCOTUS's decision. Keep in mind that Trump can still win the election even if he's disqualified in Colorado. Now, sure, he lost the centennial state in 2020, allowing Biden to snatch Colorado's nine electoral votes. But Trump also lost Colorado back in 2016 and went on to win the general election against Hillary Clinton. And look, I'm not a constitutional law expert and can't really credibly weigh in on the legal questions that arise from this case. I can only say that logically speaking, the decision seems to make sense. Bullshit. Look, Trump did attempt to install fake electors after losing- Again, again, they're not fake electors. It's called an alternate slate of electors. It is 100% legal. You're claiming that Trump should be disqualified because he did something completely legal. That's fucking retarded. Using the 2020 presidential election, including in states like New Mexico, where he had no pending litigation alleging voter fraud. It doesn't matter, that doesn't matter. His lawyer, Kenneth Chesabro, who was one of the architects of the fake elector scheme, stupidly circulated memos where Again, he- it, One guy saying something in a memo does not a statute make clearly referred to the electors as fake or fraudulent, basically telling on himself. And many of Trump's co-conspirators, including Chesapeake- I mean, that's like saying, you know, someone one time wrote in an email that they thought Anna had a nice nose job. Well, that doesn't mean anything. It's a terrible nose job, man. That's nothing, you just, it's self-evident. It's self-evident. It doesn't matter what some fucking guy said in an email. The bro have taken plea deals in Georgia. Now, Trump and his team wanted to go against the will of the American voters who were ready for a new leader, albeit- Like you and your baboon boss did, and you engaged in the regime propaganda in 2016, that they were trying to coerce the electors to vote for someone other than Donald Trump thwarting the will of the people. So if this is the standard you're setting, then you all need to be held accountable under that standard one that's currently deeply unpopular. But I think it's worth separating the legal question, which might definitely have merit from the political one. Now, if you have trouble with distinctions, just stop watching now because you're inevitably going to mistake my analysis as support for Trump when it's not. But the truth is, I honestly don't feel great about how Colorado's ruling could impact the country. As the New York Times' Maggie Haberman explains, if this unprecedented decision is upheld by the United States Supreme Court, the consequences would be extraordinarily grim for Trump at first. But I'm worried about the precedent it would set and how it would affect elections in the future. I don't think they want the Supreme Court to uphold the decision, right? And that is obviously within the realm of the possible, although they don't think that that's the likeliest scenario, because if that happens, I mean, to Ellie's point, you are going to see people in other states trying this anyway. And if the Supreme Court does that, it's, he'll get kicked off the ballot almost everywhere.
Now, I have no doubt that most of Trump's detractors think the possibility of SCOTUS ruling against him would be a fantastic development for 2024's Trump-Biden rematch. After all, it would come as Biden insists on running for reelection despite getting demolished in every poll. But there are political ramifications that come along with Colorado's decision. And those consequences could be further compounded if SCOTUS upholds the ruling. For one, Trump is really good at taking what would typically sink one's political career and using it to his electoral advantage. After all, we're talking about a guy who has capitalized on his mugshot to make Trump campaign merch that sells out and it sells out quickly. He successfully built a victimhood narrative around the very legal issues he brought onto himself, including four separate indictments. He claims that all allegations and all indictments he's facing are part of an anti-democratic conspiracy against him, even despite mounting evidence proving otherwise. Trump has repeatedly collapsed all those cases into what he has called a witch hunt, one aimed at stopping his candidacy as opposed to holding him accountable. He and his allies are already folding the Colorado ruling into that same narrative. Trump has perfected a playbook of victimhood, raising campaign funds off each indictment and encouraging Republican officials to defend him. Right, because you're fucking him in the ass. So that would make him the victim and many people see that. And that's why he's become popular, because you've turned him into a martyr. Now he's already put out campaign emails, fundraising Look, off of- I, I, And here's the thing. Look, Trump is, he, he's, a good, he's a good speaker, he's funny. Okay, there are definitely plenty of people that are on the Trump train because of Trump himself. But what they do is they dismiss a core contingent of Trump voters that are on board because of their behavior and how they have treated him and what they are doing to him. They are simply observing what they are doing to him and that's why they're on board. Now, I don't know what the percentages are. I don't know what's the majority as far as Trump supporters. I really don't know. But there's a, but I'm one of those people that a lot of it, especially in the beginning, was how they were treating him. And I would say most of my support for Trump is out of hatred for them. Um, I like him. He makes me laugh. But I've said before, I'm very skeptical that if he gets in the office, it's going to be, like, wonderful. I mean, it's going to be better than Biden. But, like, as far as him, like, you know... Get, getting the red eyes from the meme and just arresting everyone. I would love that, but I, I just, you know, I, I, I think it's unlikely, but not, not impossible. But most of it is out of hatred for them. And because he is the biggest fucking political middle finger ever. And that's most of it. And so they totally discount that. They totally discount that. I don't think they truly understand how much they're hated. I hope one day they'll recognize and realize how much they're hated. Um, but you know, they'll, they'll never admit it. Maybe they'll quietly admit it, but these people will never admit anything publicly. Of Colorado's decision. The ruling by Colorado's justices is, is, is no exception. Like he's making money off of it as we speak. What are you hearing from Trump insiders about their reaction to the ruling tonight? 
Uh, they generally see it, Caitlin, as a gift. I mean, you know, Trump is not happy about any of these cases, particularly cases that tie him uh, to a charge of insurrection. But they see the way that they anticipate this will play out. They feel pretty good about their chances that it will get overturned. And either way, they see this as something that they can use to argue that he is being victimized. It, it's something that's easy for voters to understand, Caitlin, uh, which is, you know, effort to throw someone off the ballot. Some of these Caitlin legal cases, the criminal cases that he's facing are more complicated. So, again, none of this in the aggregate. (laughs) This, that's amazing. Maggie Haberman, this is so insane. And look, Maggie Haberman is not, like, she's horrible. Maggot, excuse me, excuse me, Maggot Haberman. Or is it, did he call, I know he called her Maggot, did he call her Maggot Hagerman? I forget, that was fucking hilarious. Anyway, this is so crazy. And like she's she's being a passive aggressive bitch here. Make no mistake. She's acting like it's unreasonable for Trump to to claim victimhood, right? And she's being a bitch. But she's at least verbally acknowledging um that like yeah, people view this as crazy taking him off the ballot. Are you crazy? This is this is oh man. This is really wild. And it's just not working. I don't know what they thought this would do, but this is not... You're freaking out the normies. Uh, that's I, I, Look, I could be wrong. My view is when you freak out the normies... Because this is the thing. You need the normies. If you're a politician, you need the normies to either ignore you and live their lives or vote for you. Uh, um, you can't have the normies on the other side. You could have neutral normies... But you can't have the, their, your opponent have all the normies because then you're going to lose. So you need the normies either involved in their work uh, or th- for them to support you. The last thing you want to do is disrupt them. And, and Biden is disrupting them in multiple ways. First of all, the economy sucks. That's You want to wake up a normie? All you got to do is go to the grocery store. You know, before, before if like the economy's good, if the economy's good, right? How are you gonna wake up a normie? You gotta like start talking to them about political shit. A lot of them are like, I don't want to fuck. I don't fucking care about this. But when they go to the grocery store and everything's like triple price, and now the first thing they're gonna do is be like, what? What? The, why is this happening? What's wrong? And then they start turning on the news. Now, the beauty is they're gonna turn on MSNBC and they're gonna tell them that the economy is great and everything's good. That. A, Look, other than the beaten dogs, a normal person is going to go, that doesn't make sense. And then what are they going to do? They're going to go on the Internet. They're going to go on the Internet. And then they're going to find other people complaining about this. This is a disaster uh, for Joe Biden. So th- so that's one that's one way that they've already been kind of uh, uh, awakened. And when I say awakened, I don't mean like full political awakening. I- I'm just saying that they're like, well, obviously this is a problem and Joe Biden's the president. And, and it's a negative. But now they have this other thing where they're throwing one of the guys off the ballot. This is, this is the dumbest shit they've ever done. And, um, I, and, it, and it's going to get worse. It's really, it's so weird. It's like, it's scary, but also hilarious. Because, you know, these people are, I don't, uh, look, I would love nothing more than to be wrong in my assessment that they'll stop at nothing. Because, you know, I could be wrong about that. 
And it could reach the point where this gets so bad that finally enough people in their position go, you know what, this is a little too much. Okay, we're just going to we're gonna take the L. It's clear the people are not on our side. We've lost, and we're going to move on. It's possible that happens. I think it's highly unlikely based on the nature of commies. Uh, but, you know, I, I could be wrong. Um, you know, that's, that is possible, though. I, I don't want to make it seem like that's impossible. It's just not something that, you know, I, I've just never seen that. I've never seen them do that. But, you know, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? It is, is the kind of news that most people would like, but somehow every time Donald Trump gets a piece of legal news that, that in, in normal times would be problematic, it has had a rallying effect on his supporters. Now, based on the average of polls and the massive lead that Trump has on every Republican challenger in the GOP primary, it was already pretty likely that he was going to win the party's nomination. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's not just his supporters. He's gaining support. He's adding on support. News out of Colorado might just seal the deal. Officials with Trump's rival GOP campaigns privately feared that the decision would be seen as an overreach by Democrats, one that could bolster his current lead among Republicans in the Iowa caucuses on January 15th and in the primaries immediately after. But look, there are other issues, more important issues that come along with perceptions of overreach. We're already dealing with a massive problem in the country where Americans have completely lost faith in our institutions and system of government. Some, like Tim Pool, for example, are just itching for a civil war as a result. It's not, Tim Pool is not itching for a civil war. He is concerned that there's going to be a civil war. Um, he's not, he doesn't want a civil war. That's a very dishonest way to, to phrase it. In dangerous territory, and I'm not really sure. Oh my that God, by the way, look, look, look. I know, like, I'm not the person to talk to about music, okay? I, I've said it before, I acknowledge I'm the one with the problem. I don't like most music. I hate singing, for example. I hate all singing. I, I hate all singing. Even if you're singing something, well, maybe, no, I, if it's like hilarious and really profane, sometimes you get an exception, but it's it has to be quick. It has to be like 30 seconds. But like I said, I'm the one with the problem, okay? It's my issue, okay. So with that said, usually with music, I understand, because I view music as in the eye of the beholder, it's like art. So when someone likes country music, for example, no problem, like country music, like, yeah, if you're Italian, <clears throat> and you like Luciano Pavarotti, no problem. I'm not listening to that. It makes me want to kill myself. But I, I acknowledge, like, I don't have a problem with people's musical tastes. It's like with food. It's to each his own. There are, however, exceptions. Like, because I can acknowledge that, like, even though I might not like some music, I can acknowledge that it's at least quality. I can at least acknowledge the quality of some music. Right, like, you know, like, like, uh, I don't know. You pick any example of like, you know, '60s, '70s rock music, for example. I I acknowledge that was like a crazy time, and there are some songs from that era that are an exception, which is wild. But it it is the case. Like I've said before, pretty much almost not every, but almost every Led Zeppelin song, for some reason. I don't, I, they're phenomenal. I don't know what it is, because I usually listen to just basically like 
rap music, certain types of rap music, like kind of like um, either like old school 90s shit or like East Coast underground stuff, like, you know, gritty type. I think people know what I like. But, um, but that's about it. But there are some ex- exceptions. But anyway, the whole reason I'm bringing this up is to point out that, you know, sometimes people release music, whatever, I don't care. My God, Tim Pool. I, Tim, this is, I don't know what that, you know what I think's going on with Tim? He's surrounded by yes men. He, there's no one that's around him to tell him this is not a good idea. He just released this song. Now look, we've, we've covered other uh, Tim Pool songs and it's like, you know, gay AIDS, whatever. This one is like, I couldn't even get through. I was watching Revenge of the Sis cover it. Because if I'm going to watch a Tim Pool music video, it has to at least, you know, they're, they're pretty funny. I had, to turn the, I had to turn it off after like, I lasted, I think, about eight minutes. I was like, I can't watch this. I, I, like, like it, is, it is such fucking AIDS. It's such AIDS. I don't know what you do. Like, and look. Tim as a commentator is not bad. I have my uh, criticisms when it comes to his election coverage, which I thought was shitty, and his vaccine coverage, which I thought was shitty. But his coverage of, like, groomers and a lot of this other shit has been really good. You know, and he does a really good job of telling his audience that the media is lying, okay? So I think that's a fair analysis, okay? I'm not, like, a Tim Pool hater. My God, someone has got to tell this motherfucker. Like, you got to stop. This is this is beyond AIDS. This is what if they want to torture people. This is like if they wanted to torture Owen Schroyer when he was in solitary confinement. Pump that shit through the fucking speakers nonstop. Oh my God! I I just it is like it's just the worst. I mean, am I in the minority? Maybe are there is there something that I'm missing about it? Holy shit! Anyway, I don't know what the hell's going on. And you know, didn't he? Is it? Am I correct that he called it, and I know he's kind of joking, but he's like, this is the best song ever, download the best song ever. Dude, your Tim Pool's biggest weakness is his fart huffing. He huffs his own farts at a level that is just, uh, you got got to stop. You got at least take a break. Put Put the bottle that you're farting in down and like take a break. You just got to, you know, you're like one of these guys you know, ever see these fucking uh, guys that huff paint and they're huffing it so much that when they take the bag off their face, the, the paint's around their mouth. It's, it's like that. It's just, it's next level. Anyway, that's my uh, brief commentary on the Tim Pool video. And, and look, like I said, if you liked it, fine. It's, you know, it, it teaches on. <laughs> I would rather listen to Luciano Pavarotti than that shit. I think I'd rather watch Grease or a High School Musical, and I—you I, have to understand those movies. I, I just want to stick forks in my eyes. I just oh, <laughs> but uh, you know, <clears throat> or there's going to be some sort of you know. I, I have made, I have made um, uh, deals, you know, because for some reason there's like a decent amount of women that like Grease, and 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 I try to be a reasonable person, but you know. I have had to sit through Greece with girls before. With that said, there's been negotiations. 
you know, where I'm getting a lot in return. So it's, but, but it's still, and I try, you know, I try to be pleasant during it. I'm not like, a, I'm not like an asshole during it. But in my head, I'm like this, I, uh, this movie. I'm like trying to analyze. I'm like, how do you? I, I don't understand. But anyway, whatever. But but Greece is a pleasure compared <laughs> to Timpul's music. Anyway, that's enough of that. That the elites are fully aware of it. This is going to make things. This isn't going to make things any better since Trump supporters are going to feel disenfranchised by what they perceive as a politically motivated effort to kneecap Trump. I'm not the only one worried about this. Here's uh, Trump's former lawyer and critic, Ty Cobb, once again. This vindicates his insistence that this is a political conspiracy to interfere with the election and that, uh, you know, that he's the target and people shouldn't tolerate that in America. It's, it's, you know, doodah, but, <laughs> but that's his, that's the way he tries to sell this. So then there's the inevitable. And we know it's inevitable, tit for tat, that will make our already frustrating electoral process even more unbearable. Well, if you want to avoid that, don't do the tit, okay? The way you avoid that is you don't do the tit. And dysfunctional. For the most part, states are free to conduct elections how they choose, with state officials and legislatures setting the rules. If the Supreme Court upholds Colorado's decision, it could open the floodgates and allow for red states to retaliate in ways that I'm sure Democrats would not be fond of. In fact, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick has already raised the possibility of taking Biden off the ballot in the state of Texas. Seeing what happened in Colorado tonight, Laura, makes me think, except we believe in democracy in Texas, maybe we should take Joe Biden off the ballot in Texas for allowing 8 million people to cross the border since he's been president, uh, disrupting our state far more than anything anyone else has done in recent history. I want you to also consider the fact that Trump hasn't been convicted of anything yet. He hasn't been convicted in the election interference case in Georgia or the federal case brought forth by the special counsel Jack Smith. Similarly, Biden has been accused without any evidence at all that he <clears throat> has, That's a lie. has profited off of the foreign business deals that his son Hunter engaged in. Wouldn't Republicans be able to encourage activist judges in various red states to take Biden off the ballot? I'm just saying Republicans love to play tit for tat because they have no problem going low, real low, and they do hit hard. And look, I don't know if Patrick would even have the legal standing to do what he just floated in the video we watched, but I have no doubt that red states would try all sorts of stunts. And honestly, guys, I'm just, I'm tired of all of it. I'm so tired of all of it. I'm tired of the political games. I'm tired of the partisan garbage by two overwhelmingly horrible parties who care less about representing the best interests of Americans and more about their own political power and careers. As much as I personally dislike Trump, it does feel as though Democrats are putting their thumb on the scale here. <laughs> Do you understand the significance of what's happening here. This is a person, her partisan uh, nature is on display here because most of this video is propaganda. Most of this video is agreeing with that the, the Trump is an insurrectionist and all this bullshit. But yet, it's so crazy. She will say something like that, that it does seem like the Democrats are putting their finger on the scale. That I've never seen this before. 
This is the first time I've ever seen a move by the Democrats that's so crazy that a bunch of them have made similar comments like that. Usually they are locked in step no matter what it is. Child mutilation, child grooming, predators reading children's books to kids, abortion, they're lockstep. They're in lockstep. This one, there are a bunch of them that are like, yeah, this is a little over the line, or they're putting their finger on the scale. This is, this is wild. Ryan Grimm was able to articulate what I was having trouble finding words for when the story broke yesterday. Let's watch. Liberals just keep looking for a manager. Mm -hmm. Like they, they want somebody that they can call that's gonna fix this situation. That's so good. Like in 2016, after he got elected at first, it was the faithless electors. They, mm -hmm. were gonna, they were gonna find these members of the electoral college who they could persuade to just change their votes and because of Russia or because of whatever else. And they would elect Hillary Clinton that way. You know, afterwards there was, you know, Bob Mueller was the manager that they were gonna call in. And then eventually this like Elliot Ness wannabe comes in with his, with his you know, big case mm -hmm. that doesn't even bring insurrection. Right. Like bring insurrection, lock the guy up and then disqualify him. Like that's your option or you beat him at the ballot box. Like I think this middle ground where they're kind of letting him hang out for four years, roaming the streets of, mm -hmm. Coral, of Coral Gables or, or Palm Beach or wherever he is. Uh, and then with him 10 points up in the polls, saying they're gonna disqualify him, I think uh, is, is kind of ugly. I totally agree with what Grimm said there. <laughs> Beating Trump should be a layup. It's an indictment on the Democratic Party that they seem to have trouble doing so. I also feel that Colorado Supreme Court is putting the cart before the horse because, again, Trump hasn't even been convicted in the election interference cases yet. And he has not been charged with insurrection at all. The very argument that the Colorado Supreme Court is using to boot him from the primary ballot. I think a far better path forward for Democrats would be the allowance of a robust primary to ensure that Democrats have a competitive nominee to duke it out against Donald Trump in the general. Since 2016, the main message we've heard from Democrats is vote for us because the other guy is horrible or he's tied up in legal problems, he's bad, real bad, or we suck, but the other guy sucks more, vote for us. If Trump is awful, and I believe he is, Democrats should be able to beat him easily instead of resorting to legal stunts. What's happening now is only going to rip the country apart further at a time when I genuinely feel we need to heal and rebuild trust in our institutions. Something tells me we're not headed in that direction and we're headed for more chaos. Now in response to all of this, the Republican Party in the state of Colorado is now considering switching their primary election to a caucus system, which would essentially ensure that Trump supporters in the state would be able to vote for him in the GOP primary. That would have all sorts of obstacles in the way of accomplishing what they're trying to accomplish. We'll see how that plays out. But everything really hinges on how the United States Supreme Court rules on this matter. And to be quite frank, I do expect them to rule in Trump's favor, but who knows? You never know what to expect. I guess we're gonna have to wait and see. But 
Again, I am worried about the negative ramifications of this, even though I do believe that Donald Trump has engaged in election interference and attempted to overturn the results of 2020. Anyway, let me know what you all think. I'm sure everyone hates me <laughs> for saying what I just said. But again, it's not because I'm supportive of Trump. It's more because I think it would be a better path to just defeat him. Dude's like 77 years old. This is his last chance. He's not gonna run again after this. So let's just defeat him with the best possible candidate. Instead, I think resorting to these legal maneuvers is not gonna bode well for the future of the country. Wow. Thanks for watching. If you become a <laughs> they lost Anna. <laughs> this is uh, this is pretty fantastic. All right, we'll see what happens, man. All right, let's get to some breaking news here. All right, we have uh, breaking news from the internet from the Lord of the News, Gun Fox. This is. Uh, U.S. troop warns uh, U.S. U.S. troops warned of an imminent attack. That's not good. What's this in? Uh, where, where are they in the uh, San Nigger Ocean? I forget what it's called. I, I don't think that's the official name of it. It feels right though. A Houthi rebel leader has warned of retaliatory efforts against American warships if the Yemeni group is targeted by. The U.S. is part of a newly launched operation to counter attacks on commercial ship shipping in the Red Sea. Oh, the Red Sea. Yeah, I, th there it is. The Red Sea. Not the Sand Nigger Sea. The Red Sea, in case you were wondering. <clears throat> I'm not an expert. Sometimes, you know, I'll get things wrong. But it felt right. It felt right. It felt, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's what it used to be called. Maybe, can they do a change? Can they, I don't know. The warning comes a day after the uh, Houthi rebels based in Yemen attacked two commercial shipping vessels south of the Red Sea. Spokesperson for the Houthi rebels said on Monday that they had attacked two vessels that had alleged links to Israel. In response, uh, the U.S. is leading a new international force, Operation Prosperity Guardian, to ensure that the region remains safe for commercial shipping despite the Houthi rebel attacks. Houthis are Iranian militia groups, and they have launched rockets at Israel since the war in the region began following Hamas' surprise attack on the country on October 7th. The Yemeni group has also increased its attacks on commercial shipping vessels in the Red Sea and has urged ships to avoid traveling to or from Israeli ports. A number of companies have said in recent days they're halting passage through the Red Sea amid fears of Houthi attacks, which can add days or weeks to shipping times. A Houthi leader warned the Washington, oh, is that the ship, the Washington, against escalating the situation. The U.S. will conduct joint patrols in the southern Red Sea, and so will other countries. We will not stand idly by if the Americans are tempted to escalate further and commit foolishness by targeting our country or waging a war against it, said Abadil Malek al-Houthi. Any American targeting our country will be targeted by us, and we will make American battleships' interests in navigation a target for our missiles, drones, and military operations. Al-Houthi also accused the U.S. of aiding Israel in its ongoing military offensive against Hamas. Tensions have heightened in the Red Sea after a surprise attack on the country by Hamas on October 7th resulted in approximately 1,200 Israeli deaths. The AP reported 
Fighting between the two has continued since. Nearly 20,000 Palestinians have been killed since the conflict erupted. Earlier this month, the U.S. vetoed a United Nations humanitarian ceasefire resolution. Yeah, totally, totally normal. The American fought our people with humanitarian aid, even with food that was provided through the World Food Program, and yet he threatens more, Al-Houthi said. Whatever the Americans do against our people, we rely on God and confront the Americans. We prefer a direct war with the Americans and the Zionist enemy. Israel Prime Minister Netan has said his country is at war and has cut off food, excuse me, food, fuel, electricity, and medicine supplies to Gaza, home to an estimated 2.3 million people. That's totally normal. That's uh, what are you going to disagree with with our parents? How do hey, if our parents want to cut off food, fuel, electricity, and medicine to 2.3 million people, you better not d- disagree with that, or you're an anti-Semite. <laughs> Oh, it's just, it's all sane. It's all very sane. All right, very good. Let's get to some more breaking news here. All righty. This is some more breaking news from the internet from GunFox. Let's see what this one is. U.S. releases ally... Of Venezuela's President Maduro and a swap of 10 jailed Americans, the Biden administration completed a prisoner swap with Venezuela Wednesday, granting clemency to one of Maduro's close allies in exchange for the freedom of 10 Americans who'd been jailed in the country. The pedophile-in-chief Joe Biden said today 10 Americans who have been detained in Venezuela have been released and are coming home, including... All six wrongfully detained Americans. These individuals have lost so far too much time with their loved ones and their families have suffered every day in their absence. I'm grateful their ordeal is over and that these families are being made whole once more. As part of the deal, the White House said Venezuela had allowed notorious fugitive Leonard Glenn Francis, or Fat Leonard, the mastermind behind the worst corruption scheme in the history of the Navy, to be taken into U.S. custody, and it will release a high-profile member of the country's opposition party charged with treason, free another 20 political prisoners, as well as suspend arrest warrants for other opponents of Maduro. The U.S. has not revealed the identities of all the released prisoners, but a senior administration official said Evan Hernandez, Jarrell Kenamore, Joseph Crestia, and Savoy Wright were among them. Hernandez, Kenmore, and Cristela were charged with illegally crossing the border into Venezuela from Colombia in 2022. The details surrounding their arrests remain murky. Even less is known about the circumstance surrounding Wright's arrest, which occurred in late October. Venezuelan officials have not publicly spoken to the allegations against him. Wright's family said in a statement they are relieved that this ordeal has ended and forever grateful for the efforts to secure his release. Other notable Americans detained in Venezuela thought to be included in the deal include Luke Denman and Arian Barry, two former Green Berets accused by the Venezuelan government of participating in a botched mission to overthrow Maduro in May 2020 and subsequently sentenced to 20 years behind bars. Francis is coming back to the U.S. under a very different set of circumstances. In 2015, the Malaysian defense contractor pled guilty to offering lavish parties that included prostitutes, luxury hotels, cigars, gourmet meals, and more than half a million dollars in cash bribes to Navy officers so they could steer business to his company. 
Federal prosecutors say the scheme bilked at least $35 million from the Navy. Over the course of a decade after he was arrested in 2013, Leonard gave information to prosecutors helping bring a case against 34 defendants, including many naval officers. Francis was placed on house arrest during the trials, but in September 2022, he escaped to Venezuela and was arrested by the country's authorities while trying to board a plane for Russia. Maduro's ally, Alex Saab, is the only Venezuelan released by the U.S. in the exchange. Saab was arrested for money laundering in 2020 and awaiting trial. Saab's freedom is seen as a major concession to Maduro, the Biden administration's top diplomat for Latin America. Previous said releasing him would never be on the table. Well, you got to keep the uh, gas prices, uh, I'm not going to say low, but lower. So maybe that has something to do with this. I don't know. In response to the deal, the top Republicans in both the Senate and House Foreign Affairs Committee issued a statement Wednesday saying the swap strengthens, strengthens Maduro and makes Americans less, less safe around the world. Prisoner exchange is the product of years of sustained hostage diplomacy and U.S.-facilitated process to broker talks between Maduro, who the U.S. and many other nations view as an illegitimate leader who usurped power after the death of former President Hugo Chavez and the opposition. Through the negotiations, the Biden administration hopes to move both factions towards holding democratic elections in 2024 and eventually normalize diplomatic relations between the U.S. and Venezuela. On Wednesday, Biden expressed optimism for the plan. It looks good. It looks like Maduro so far is keeping his commitment on a free election. It's not done yet. We have a long way to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You should be talking about free elections. What a fucker. To encourage Maduro, the Biden administration has rolled back sanctions on Venezuelans, uh, Venezuela's oil industry, although White House officials say no financial restrictions were eased as part of the deal. Special Envoy for Hostage Affairs, Roger Carstens, has been directly engaged in efforts to free as many of the returned American detainees for years, making multiple visits to Venezuela to advocate for their release. On multiple occasions in recent years, U.S. negotiators have appeared to be on the precipice of an agreement with Venezuela only have only to have the deal fall through at the last minute. In the hours before the 10 Americans were allowed to board a plane headed for the U.S., officials were highly cautious, wary that plans might still go awry. The Biden administration has successfully secured the release of multiple Americans jailed by Venezuela in the past. In October of 2022, the U.S. exchanged two of Maduro's nephews for seven wrongfully detained Americans, including five oil executives, part of a group known as the Sitgo Six that were jailed in Venezuela for nearly half a decade. Damn. That's some shit. All right. Very good. Let's get to some more breaking news here. Some more breaking news from the internet from Gunfox. Appreciate your support, sir. Did I not type that in correctly? One second. Let's try that again. That's weird. Huh. Let's try right-click and see if that works. One moment. That will be very odd. Yeah, that's odd. Are the other ones not letting me do it? That is a very... I don't think that's ever happened before. Let's try this. Let's see what happens when I... Okay. I must have typed in... Maybe I typed in the uh, link wrong. Let me go back. One moment. Let me uh, have a look. What is at the end of this? This is... uh, Okay. 
All right. Uh, yeah, I th maybe I... Uh, one second. CL? Did I... I think I might have... Uh, let, let's, let's try L at the end. Yeah, I missed the L. There it is. Okay, very good. Kutztown School Board rescinds equity policy. Oh, good, good, good. Get, get rid of that equity shit. All equity means is white people taking it up the ass. Is this Kutztown, Pennsylvania? I remember... Remember if... Well, I don't, it was, I don't know if there's anyone around Kutztown. But I remember the Kutztown Fair when I was a kid. And uh, <laughs> I was very little. This was... I, I, I might have been... I don't know, six? So I remember... There wasn't a whole lot going on at it that, you know, because I was an arcade kid. I liked arcade. Maybe I was a little older. Older, Well, no, six years old. What is that? Kinder, first grade? Maybe it's like first, second grade. I like going to the arcade. So I liked arcades and Star Wars. Not a real arcades and Star Wars type of thing, the Kutztown Fair. Um, but I, I have distinct memories of a giant animal. I think it was a pig roasting on a pit. And it was giant. It was huge. And I was like, wow, look at that. I could never saw that before. I was a little disturbed by it, but I also, you know, it's delicious. So, you know, I was kind of, I was fascinated by that. And then they, we left before they did it. But the big thing of the day uh, was that they were going to uh, do a hanging, like a, like a mock ha hanging and, uh, and I remember my parents didn't want me to see that, which probably was a good idea, being that young. I, I don't think I should have seen a mock hanging, uh, you know. Um, and then I, I don't know. I also thought that they were going to, like, slaughter a pig, but I don't know. I, if any of you have memories of any sort of fair that was kind of, I guess Kutztown is like country kind of. There is kind of country in Pennsylvania. Would they have done a, a pig slaughter? A killing a pig? I don't know if that would... I don't know. Maybe that's not... Uh, I don't know. But anyway, that's my recollection. I don't know. Whatever that's worth. Not much. The Kutztown Area School District School Board voted Wednesday to rescind a controversial educational equity policy. Policy 809, passed in December 2021, was meant to prioritize the principle of educational equity through the fair and just allocation of resources, opportunities, and treatments of students based upon each individual student's needs. Special meeting Wednesday night to vote on the second reading to rescind the policy was scheduled after a contentious meeting Monday night, during which the board voted 6-3 to approve the first reading to rescind the policy. Several members of the community spoke Wednesday night before the vote was taken. Former school board member Jim Schroeder praised the majority of the board for moving towards rescinding the policy in an effort to said take us back to meritocracy. Tricia Libby of Maxitani Township argued that students and teachers received the support they needed before policy 809 was adopted. Policy 809 is a wolf in sheep's clothing to perpetuate an ideology that life should be viewed through victim oppressor, oppressor mentality. She claimed that supporters of the policy are using scare tactics to give the impression that students will not get the help they need unless the policy is in place as part of an effort to push their own values. Yeah, that's what commies do. That's, I'm, I'm glad you've realized the tactic. That's great. Dennis Ritter, a former school board member who lost his re-election bid in November, spoke about the merits of the equity policy. Oh, so the commie lost. That's, that's great. The AIDS commie said, Policy 809 is not simply a knockoff of Policy 832, which was a predecessor passed by the board in 2020 and repeated in 2021 because it didn't really speak for our community. He said the policy went through a vetting process that took into consideration input 
from community members and the occasional equity committee. He said individuals chose to create lies and false narratives about the policy when it was being considered, and they continue to do so now. Bullshit, Kami. Among current board members, only Laurel Ziegler spoke about the policy before the vote was taken. She says, our community has benefited from increasing diversity in recent years. Bullshit. Diversity is bullshit. The very fabric of our community is evolving, and we must ensure that our educational system adapts to these changes to provide an equitable and supportive environment for every student that walks through our doors. This is not only our moral responsibility, but our legal responsibility as a school board. What a commie. You got a commie on the school board. Ziegler said, no negative outcomes have been produced during the policy's two-year history, but rather the Educational Equity Committee has identified reasonable recommendations, including providing pre-K services, recognizing students who are gifted in ways beyond academics and communicating with district families in other languages. Ultimately, the board voted 5-2 to rescind policy 809. Hey, you got five good people and two commies. Hopefully you can get the zero commies, but that's a good job, Kutztown. Very good. All right. Based Kutztown School Board. Sounds, that's great news. That's great news. Okay. Thank you, uh, Gun Fox. Sincerely appreciate that. That was breaking news from the internet. If you have an article that you want read on stream, 10 and up, uh, details in the description. Now, so this is another tactic that they're using where they engage in lawfare against their political opponents and then their political opponents are still disobedient, so they sue them again. They've done this to Trump a bunch of times with that dumb skeletal whore that made up a story about Trump raping her straight out of an episode of Law and Order. Okay? So, like, she she wins this ridiculous verdict, and then Trump, uh, he was like, what did he say? He was like, he just repeated the fact that he, he, she's not attractive, or whatever he said. And then they were like, how dare you? We're suing you again. And the judge was like, oh, yeah, okay. So now they're doing it with Giuliani with these two fucking uh, election cheaters that he criticized and called out for their bullshit. The absurdity of the number merely underscores the absurdity of the entire proceeding or I've not been allowed to offer one single piece of evidence in defense of which I have a lot so I am quite confident when this case gets before a fair tribunal it'll be reversed so quickly it'll make your head spin and the absurd number that just came in will help that actually Rudy Giuliani might be the dumbest man in America. And I don't say no, that. No, I think you just don't have any political acumen. That's really what this is. You just, like, you believe all this fucking bullshit propaganda and it makes you look like a dummy. And I do come with receipts because on Friday, America's uh, former mayor, okay, that's how he was referred to, uh, was ordered to pay a whopping $148 million to two Georgia election workers, uh, Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss after he uh, defamed them and they successfully sued him for defamation. Now, as a reminder, the mother-daughter pair were Georgia election workers during the 2020 presidential election. They were unfortunately and viciously targeted by former President Donald Trump and his allies, including Rudy Giuliani, who baselessly accused them by name of help. Not baseless at all. Helping to steal the election. There was obviously no evidence of that. Again, it was blatant lie. You have a video. There is absolute video evidence. There are eyewitnesses who said they were sent home. There were observers that said they were sent home. 
because of a water pipe break or whatever. So you're just making up bullshit. Completely untrue, which is why Giuliani lost the defamation suit. Bullshit. The trial for their defamation lawsuit against Giuliani focused only on the issue of damages after Giuliani conceded key elements of the case and the judge issued a default judgment. Bullshit. Both women testified regarding the deluge of oh, harassment. It was so powerful. Oh, people were crying. The tax, they're both black women. Oh, and death threats they received after being falsely accused of committing election fraud, including being afraid to use their real names, having to flee their homes, and having to quit their Notice? Job. Do you notice a pattern with a lot of this shit? Democrat operatives, love to do the flee the home shit. Every single one of these fucking people. Oh, they had to move six times. They had to move six times. It is fucking hilarious. Jobs as election workers. So last week's trial determined the financial- Even, even like, well, I mean, he's a Democrat. He's an AIDS commie Democrat. But like Hunter Avalone, even when the threat's been neutralized, so Hunter Avalone is, a, is an AIDS faggot who um, used a woman as a human shield and um, was ridiculed online for this. Now, the guy was uh, trying to kill him. That part is true. Some guy was trying to kill him. And then apparently the cops rolled up and the, and the guy killed himself. So the guy's dead. Okay, the threat is dead. This motherfucker's trying to do a GoFundMe to move. Move from who? Motherfucker, if he's, if he's a ghost, wherever you move, he's going to haunt you. Now, I don't think ghosts exist, but where, why do you need to move? What do you mean? What the fuck do you mean? The guy, there's no one coming to get you now. The guy's dead. What do you think? Like I said, if you think he's going to haunt your house, he's going to haunt you wherever you go. I hope there's ghosts, and I hope he haunts you. That would be hilarious. But, you know, I don't think that exists, unfortunately. Anyway, it's just another example. He's just, like, retarded penalty that Rudy Giuliani must pay, which includes $33 million for defamation, $40 million for emotional distress, <laughs> and $75 million for punitive damages. Now, of course, Giuliani is going to play the same tactics that we see from Trump, calling the trial unfair, arguing that he's a victim of a witch hunt. I just don't think it's as successful for Rudy Giuliani as it is for Donald Trump. And he claims that this is all part of a fascist system run by the Biden regime. Pretty much. Okay. And because he can't shut up, Giuliani um, went on to Newsmax to basically whine more about how he was wronged. So let's watch that video and then we'll talk about how he's continuing to defame the very woman, women that he lost a defamation lawsuit to. You, you, you obviously believe that you're not guilty in the case. Uh, can you t tell us why? First of all, they, they, they never put in a piece of evidence that I was. She decided it based on my not turning over financial documents. Number two, I had evidence that I wanted to present both on liability and then later on damages, we wanted to present the evidence to show that I had a basis for what I said. Uh, a very detailed tape recording. Yeah. They're not uh, going to let you, just like they're not going to let Trump uh, present any evidence. Uh, another detailed tape recording, several witnesses, uh, a report done by, uh, by the Georgia Senate. Do you allege that your, 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 your allegation, your initial allegations, do you still believe them to be true? Uh, yeah, well, of course, they'll sue me again for it when I say that. But yeah, I do. But they want me to, they want me to lie. 
Good. Good. Abject rebellion. Abject rebellion, Rudy. That's fantastic. Fuck these people. Fuck these people. They sued him again. Good. Good. Fuck these people. (laughs) (sighs) But there's more because he did it a second time. One more video and then John. We'll talk about Mm -hmm. it. They're suing you again. There's a second lawsuit being filed in federal court. They're not seeking more damages. They want a gag order that prevents you from repeating what they say are false claims. Well, I, you know, that sounds kind of un-American, doesn't it? I mean, that's prior restraint. Well, they're commies. They, they want to get away with stealing an election, and they want people to not criticize them. It's, uh, are they actually going to put a gag on me uh, <laughs> when I walk around? Is that, I mean... This bears no relationship to uh, my uh, learning in in, in in law school about uh, the First Amendment, the right of free speech, right. even even the idea that um, uh, when you're a public person, these people were public officials. You have a certain range in which you can have opinion and uh, and discussion. Uh, plus, I got no chance to put in a defense. Line. They, they basically, they are suing me in order to lie to them. Yep. I'm sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> the, if, if I showed you the evidence right now, and I think you've played it on your air, people would see that what I said was absolutely true and there's support for it. God, I, it is, you hit a point in your life where you realize that all of the leaders that were touted in this country <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. are the most incompetent buffoons imaginable. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, uh, again, that's true, but Rudy is correct here, though. Um, and Rudy did do a good job cleaning up New York. I mean, you know, uh, I don't think I think he, I'd give him like a C minus on his overall election performance. Although, with that said, when the judges are are knocking everything out on standing. Almost. What are you? What are you going to do? See, this is similar, right? It's the same tactic. What these judges are doing is they're like, well, there's no evidence at all, but they don't allow you to present any, and then they're like, see, they have no evidence. It's a it's a duplicitous tactic. Yeah, this is a free speech issue. No, it's not. It's not a free speech issue. It's not a free speech issue. There's some speech. Uh, yes, it is. You're allowed to talk about two fat hogs who uh, told everyone to go home told all the observers to go home, packed up ballots, put them in whatever the fuck you want to call it, suitcase, box, whatever, put them under the table. Then when everyone was gone and the coast was clear, they pull them back out and start counting while no one's watching. You can't tell me there's any legitimacy to that. That's obviously ridiculous. You're allowed to talk about that. There's limitations to every constitutional right, including the freedom of speech and freedom of expression. You're not allowed to incite violence. That is not- He's not inciting violence. You're just making that up completely. Protected by the First Amendment. It's not inciting violence to point out that two big fat black hogs sent everyone home and counted ballots behind everyone's back. That, that's, you're allowed to talk about that. You're not allowed to defame people, which is why defamation- Yeah, again, retard, you don't understand what defamation is? Lawsuits exist. That's the guy who those, took down the mob? Those didn't exist when he went to law school. 
the concept of defamation. God, just shut up. It's not that. No, uh, we're uh, we're not shutting up. Fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. I hope no one shuts up. And the last two people on earth are going to get to shut up are Giuliani and Trump. Difficult. <laughs> just don't go on Newsmax and talk about this. Just Fuck you. He's going to. Not only is he going to go on Newsmax, he has his own show, and he's going to talk about it on his own show. Shut up, but he can't it do is, it. It is so easy to not go on Newsmax. Most people, every day. I love how commies are like, hey, stop defending. Uh, hey, stop complaining. We're fucking you in the ass. Stop, stop, uh, stop, stop moving, bigot. Hey, don't go on Newsmax. Just don't go on Newsmax. Just shut up about it. Just try, try. I hope he goes on Tucker Carlson. To rekindle some sort of relationship with your daughter. You don't have much time left. What do you care what his that's that's his business. That's not my business. I don't care about that. Do it. I mean, I wish him good. I hope he he figures it out if there's a problem, but I mean, this is I'm, you know, all business never personal. I don't I hope everyone figures their family shit out. Your life, buddy. No, guys like him live forever. He'll be we're going to be read well, stories about him when he's 120 years old. His I brain has been it. brining in hair dye for years, so I'm sure he will live quite long, but yeah, defamation is a thing. He already like this 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 last trial as they pointed out was to determine the damages. They already had a trial on the merits of no, the No bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Defamation case. That would be a great bullshit. time to show that what you were saying is true Total lie. because if it's true, it's by definition not going to be defamatory. Right. Maybe, you know, if you'd gone to law school, you would know that. You're a retard. So now they're suing again. They're not looking for damages. They just want him to shut up. Well, he's not going to do that. Defaming. He's not going to do that. He's not defaming anyone. Yes, because we would like to live our lives in peace. We did nothing wrong. You go, are, well, that's not true. But go live your life. Alleging that we did something that we did not, in fact, do. Uh, bullshit. And as a result, our lives are being threatened. And uh, bullshit. Things have become very difficult. For can you please stop. Nope. Oh, what do they want to do? They want to physically gag me? No, you pervert. They want you to just stop talking. Well, that he's not going to stop talking. You're a sick, demented commie if you think you're going to just force people to stop talking. That's funny. You think that's gonna, that the people are going to go for that in America. What an idiot. What a fucking idiot. And stop lying about them. <laughs> but he can't help. Stop lying. <laughs> Idiots. Help himself. These people are insane. Oh. And he already had financial issues prior to the 148. Yeah, that's why you're not getting any money out of him. Million dollar, uh, you know, judgment here. But he can't help himself. He's still engaging in this. So I guess have fun. Enjoy. Enjoy the ride because he just loves the drama. Can't get enough. What a moron. What does Chenk agree with Tucker Carlson about? Oh, he's trying to get on Tucker's show. This is trying to get on Tucker's show. Would you vote for Trump if he chose Nikki as VP? And would you guys vote for Trump? Well, that's the question that I asked you specifically. Well, I would not only not vote for that ticket, I would advocate against it as strongly as I could. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Now, Tucker Carlson made some pretty strong statements during a recent appearance on Tim Pool's show, and clearly he is not a fan of Nikki Haley. And it does really highlight this divide within the Republican Party, where you have the traditional conservative Republicans that are representative of the neocon ideology. Which are the minority. 
technology. And then you the have- The fringe minority that needs to be removed from the party completely. The MAGA crowd, which I would which now venture to say- Which is the clear majority. Is the majority of Republican voters at this point- Oh, well, hey, who are hey, not hey, good hawkish, for you. Who good do for not you. want to engage in various wars abroad, who are not interventionists like Nikki Haley is. And I think that's what Tucker Carlson is really alluding to here. Now, here's more of what Tucker Carlson said during this live discussion, again, hosted by Tim Pool. And it's actually at a Turning Point USA event known as America Fest. Let's watch. Well, well, that, that's, just, I, that's just poison. I mean, here's someone who's actively opposed to the interests of the country I grew up in, who endorsed the BLM riots, and who is not, only, is, is not left, but is neoliberal in the darkest, most, speaking of nihilist, nihilistic mm -hmm. way, and has no real popular support is like a, is a creature of the oligarchs. So yeah, that would be that would be reason to oppose the ticket. Even Trump, Haley is a no go. Nikki Haley, he would get assassinated immediately if that were the case. Yeah, and by the way, I just can't imagine a world where that could happen. That would be so crazy. I mean, anything could happen, of course. But picking Nikki Haley, um, who's utterly treacherous and utterly dismissive Christina. of like the interests of Americans. Yeah. It's a no-go for me. Now remember, Tucker Carlson also despises Donald Trump, which is what we learned through the messages he was sending to- What we learned, we learned. Fox News <laughs> colleagues on January 6th, on and around January 6th. He was reveling in the notion that he might not ever have to talk about Trump again. Yeah. And then you raided Mar-a-Lago and then he flipped, so. Good job, good job. Said that he hated his guts, and so you're supposed to be turning people against Trump, and now you're you're helping building his coalition with your behavior. Nikki Haley would be a convenient excuse to not support Donald Trump, should that be uh, the ticket for Republicans in the 2024 presidential election. Um, but it is true that Nikki Haley represents the the hawkishness of the neocon. A wing of the Republican Party that is not conducive to what MAGA supporters are in favor of. Yeah, uh, let me shock the world here a little bit by uh, A, agreeing with uh, Tucker Carlson a little bit, and B, um, saying that he's uh, doing a little bit of smart strategy here. So I'll break down both. Um, so, of course, Anna's right. She is a neocon war hawk for sure. No one would dispute that. And that's a disaster. And uh, for the wing of the Republican Party that is against endless wars, but they just don't agree, so that makes sense. Uh, and she is a neoliberal in the sense that, uh, you know, top-down economics, uh, the powerful make the choices, the poor have to suffer, and the middle class have to suffer. Yeah, that's definitely Nikki Haley. That's her wing of the Republican Party for sure. Okay, we have to clarify yes. this. We've done it before, but it's really important for people to understand that neoliberal does not mean liberal. They're two completely different things. Can you explain that real quick? Yeah, so, and it, that drives me, that word drives me crazy. Uh, neoliberal uh, means basically a top down model where the, the pe people at the top know what's good for you and they're gonna make these decisions. And oftentimes it is to take from the average person. It doesn't have to be just America. They did neoliberal policies against Greece and Italy and it was incredibly painful and led to revolts, etc. And the idea is austerity mm -hmm. for you guys and basically wealth redistribution to the top. They don't frame it that way. They say these are the hard things that we must do to recover. And but the hard things never include higher taxes for the rich or for corporations. It's only painful to you guys. 
And so a giant wing of the Democratic Party and a giant wing of the Republican Party are both neoliberals. That's the uniparty that people refer to. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's just weirdly labeled. So, and by the way, these days, in the old days, neoconservative made sense because conservatives always wanted a war. But these days, the true conservatives don't really want war. So now that's become kind of a a misnomer and an odd title. There's right? a weird realignment happening. I don't know where things are ultimately going to end up, especially in a post Trump America. But there is a, a strange realignment happening where you're hearing more and more Republican voters say things that were historically typical of Democratic voters, you know, yeah. anti war rhetoric, stuff like that. But the great majority of their politicians still definitely want war, like Lindsey Graham, yeah. Nikki Haley are great examples. And whenever war does break out, they do go back to their instincts. Like with Israel and Gaza, a lot of the right wing, including the voters are like, yeah, bomb them, war, yeah, right? So they've you gotta keep it real and, and actually implement what you think you stand for. And last thing on why he's right about Nikki Haley is, he said that she's a creature of the oligarchs. And that is definitely true. So she gets huge donor money, does exactly what the donors want. Corporate media loves her for that because mm -hmm. it helps corporate rule. Uh, the, and she's gotten about two billion times more coverage than Marianne Williamson, who was polled higher than her throughout the entirety of the campaign. The bias that corporate media has in favor of Nikki Haley is unbelievable, outrageous, and over the top. All that is true, okay? Now, in terms of why it's smart strategy, oh, number one, they're sending a message to Trump. This is the right wing base going, don't you go in, the, in that direction, right? We don't want those corporate hacks like. Uh, Nikki Haley, and we don't want the establishment checking us when we want to do crazy stuff. I don't want you to think that the, the, the Tucker wing is all great. No, uh, they pretend to be populist, and I'm, uh, at least they're pointing out the problems of the Republicans and Democrats. But when it comes to ruling, they want to break all the rules <coughs> and establish when people might reel them back <coughs> in, like when Mike Pence refused to cheat uh, regarding and the 2020 again, election. Lie, there was no cheating involved. You're making that up completely. They want someone who will definitely cheat and do whatever Trump Bullshit. says. Last thing is, they're also sending a message to Republican Party and voters overall. If you pick Nikki Haley over Donald Trump as a presidential pick, a lot of us are going to stay home because we find that unacceptable. So basically, they're, I'll do an analogy here. They're saying we'll be suicide bombers and cost the Republicans the election of course. if Nikki Haley is of the course. candidate. That's what's partly implied in that statement. Look, honestly, there is a part of me, a big part of me that is envious of that kind of culture on the right. Where yeah. the voters are like, oh, we're not, get, we're not gonna get what we want. We don't care if Republicans win. We care about the person we prefer winning. Yeah, so in the old days when they had two corporate guys, Clinton versus Dole, that's a strategy that you know, makes you know what that You know what that is right there? She's looking out the window at, at the populists. Because she's been sold the idea that their side is populist. She might even think of herself as a, pop, a populist. But it doesn't feel like populism because there's so much AIDS. So she looks out the window and she sees the actual populists doing their populist populist things and she has envy that's pretty funny but she's trapped in a cage oh that's great that's what she deserves sense. the democrats don't have that luxury because trump's on the other side and he's promising dictatorship 24 7. so if uh, you no he's not that's totally made up
wasn't such an idiot and he wasn't such a, a con man and a crook, etc. It might be a different dynamic. And oh, if, if it might be a different dynamic, uh, uh, if all those made up things weren't happening. Oh, that's interesting. Republicans would have a much better chance of winning, but he can't help himself. They can't help themselves. But overall, forget the analogy of the suicide bomber, forget everything else. The fact that the Republican voters are to some degree, whether we like it or not, or whether we agree or not on their policies, are taking their party back is I think the enviable part. Whereas Democratic voters have constantly say, well, since the guy on the other side is worse, and they are, okay, we'll go with the corporate wing over and over and over again. But most importantly, we'll get intimidated by the corporate media in the primaries mm -hmm. and pick the corporate wing in the primaries where you don't have to. If you pick the populist progressive wing in the primaries, then you'd steamroll the Republicans. And when the Democratic voters wake up in the primaries, that's when this country changes. Now, I do want to just briefly talk about what's happening in New Hampshire. There's a lot of buzz in regard to Nikki Haley kind of closing in on Donald Trump. <laughs> Don't get too excited though, because closing in means there's still a giant gap between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump in New Hampshire. So let's take a look at this 2024 New Hampshire GOP primary. Donald Trump is polling at 44%. Nikki Haley comes in at second place First with 29. All, I don't even buy, I just, I don't buy this at all. I would buy it more if it was DeSantis, frankly. So she is gaining on Trump. I wouldn't buy that either. Oh, but poor I'd buy showing it more. for DeSantis at 11%. Poor showing. Poor showing. Poor, showing. poor, poor. How the f Nikki Haley picked up a plus 18? Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. This is bullshit. Poor DeSantis. Now, with that said. What did she do? Look, if she would have done something. You know, if she had like a performance at the debate where he'd be like, you know, I don't like her at all, but she really fucked that guy up or something like that. You know, something, something, there has to be something. What put her up 18? She she increased her percentages by 18? How? How, how did she do that? With what? With what? You can barely understand what she's saying because her teeth are too big. That's the first problem. Okay, I don't see a lot of people talking about that. Maybe it's just my observation. Maybe I'm I'm the one with the problem. But what has she done recently? She's advocated f for getting rid of anonymity on the internet, and she's talked about how everyone's got to get on their knees and suck Israel's dick, and she wants to redefine anti-Semitism to make it where it, it and, and let if you are not explicitly pro-Zionist that you're you're an anti-Semite. That would get her plus 18 in New Hampshire? In Israel, maybe, but I don't know. I don't buy that at all. I don't buy that at all. Um, obviously, there's still a massive gap between the two. And remember, Donald Trump hasn't really begun directing his ire toward Nikki Haley. He has started to do this. Uh, he put out an ad, attack ad against Nikki Haley, and now Nikki Haley is like, "Oh, I must be doing something right if everyone's attacking me." Maybe, but you know, previously I felt that Trump choosing Nikki Haley as a running mate would be smart because. When you look at other polling, it shows that if there's a one-on-one -on -one matchup between Nikki Haley and Joe Biden, Nikki Haley would like just absolutely demolish him. And it's because Nikki Haley appeals to more of the independent vote. Nikki Haley has no shot. What are you talking about? That would be, if you want to tout some sort of like leverage or, or some sort of way that she would win over independence, 
the fact that Trump's base would be pissed off completely negates that. What are you talking? And this is another, this is a ridiculous narrative that's being repeated that if it's Nikki Haley, that Biden's in trouble. What are you talking about? Nikki Haley is one of the few people that Biden would actually beat. Because what Trump supporter is going to vote for Nikki Haley? I mean, and Nikki Haley's not going to beat Trump in a regular matchup. That's impossible. So, so the only way Nikki Haley is the nominee is if they do some sort of fuckery. There is no way Trump supporters vote for that. Like I said, maybe I'm wrong. That'd be the most shocking thing I've ever seen in my entire career. I would be, I would, I would have to reassess how I analyze things. That would be such. A, it would be. I, I find that to be impossible. Absolutely impossible. Voters who lean conservative. Donald Trump turns a lot of independents off. So choosing Nikki Haley might be a way of bringing in some yeah, of those. Yeah, but you, she would have to have Trump's base. To, and then it's like, all right, you have the base, you have your normal people voting. And now if you have an increase in independence, I see the argument. But you're going to have a major problem conservative-leaning independent voters. But with Team MAGA now speaking out against Nikki Haley, I think it's very likely they're going to do to her what they've effectively done to Ron DeSantis. That's why I loved what fucking Tucker Carlson said there. He, 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 he wasn't ambiguous. He was straight to the point. He was like, I would oppose that and I would advocate against it. That's fantastic. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, so last two things here. But I think Nikki Haley does have a chance in New Hampshire, <laughs> and I'm surprised by by how well she's doing. Uh, so yeah, she's still got 15 points to make up, but yeah. 15 is so much closer than anyone else has mm -hmm. been to Trump anywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, she gained 18 already, uh, and fairly recently. No way. So if she could pick up 18 that quickly, no way. could she pick up the rest of the 15 in the time left before the New Hampshire primary? It's not impossible. So then all of a sudden we might have a race if she pulls in, you know, even or or wins New Hampshire. That would be an unbelievable development, and it would be very interesting to see. And then uh, finally, it, there is an argument to be made for picking Nikki Haley because then that neuters the establishment and brings them back onto Team Trump. There is logic in that, but if MAGA rebels, then it's probably not worth it. That's the dichotomy. Yeah, That's even Chenk, like I said, even Chenk understands this. Even Chenk, and he has zero political acumen. Calculus at hand. I mean, what? That's hilarious. Um, here is uh, homosexual David Pakman talking about Trump getting kicked off the ballot. He loves it, of course. There are only so many major political stories a year and a decade. And one of them is happening right now. Failed former President <coughs> Donald Trump. <coughs> Ten-time Bukaki queen semen chugger David Pakman. Has been banned from running for president in the state of Colorado. This court decision coming down yesterday, we will talk about what the court said, why Trump has been banned, Trump's reaction, the reaction of other Republican candidates, the reactions of right-wing media, and of course, what comes next. Because this is an extraordinary moment in American history. This has not happened before to a president of the United States. So let's start with the decision. This coming out yesterday. Uh, Number 23 S.A. 300 Anderson v. Griswold election law, 14th Amendment, First Amendment political questions hearsay. In this appeal from a district court, 
proceeding under the Colorado election code, the Supreme Court considers whether President Donald J. Trump may appear on the ballot uh, on the Colorado Republican presidential primary ballot in 24. A majority of the court holds this is a four to three decision. A majority this is the majority opinion. A majority of the court holds that President Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under Section three of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution. Because he is disqualified, it would be a wrongful act under the election code for the Colorado Secretary of State to list him as a candidate on the presidential primary ballot. The court stays its ruling until January 4th, subject to further appellate proceedings, and there will indeed be further appellate proceedings. This may even get all the way up to the Supreme Court. The Denver Post reporting on this. Colorado Supreme Court bars Donald Trump from the state's ballot in 2024, ruling he is disqualified by January 6th actions. Legal challenge, which alleges Trump engaged in insurrection, is likely headed to the United States Supreme Court. This is extraordinary. Now, the reason here, we've talked about it before, but it bears mentioning again. Section three of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution says that if you engaged in or incited or abetted an insurrection in the United States, you cannot hold elected office. There was a debate because Section 3 14th Amendment doesn't specifically mention that it applies to the presidency. It also doesn't say that it does not apply to the presidency. This decision agrees that it does apply to the presidency. It will certainly be appealed on those and other grounds. I don't know when we are going to get a final decision, but this is an incredible moment in American history, which is also meaningless in the sense that Donald Trump is going to lose the state of Colorado regardless. And um, this is not ultimately going to decide who gets to 270 electoral votes in November. This is Trump can't be on the Republican primary ballot in Colorado during the primary, which is before the general election. Now, there are some principles that Republicans claim to adhere to, which my prediction is, and I believe I will prove this to you before the show is over. My prediction is that Republicans are going to abandon. One such principle is about supposed states' rights. We know that. With <clears throat> so again, David is fucking you in the ass, and he's like, "Hey, bigot, uh, you can't stop me from fucking you in the ass because of your principles." Rights apply when it's convenient for them. For example, in the Civil War era, the American right wing was fighting for states' rights to maintain legal slavery, and all of a sudden when it's about states rights to let gay couples get married or states rights to determine that abortion will be legal. All of a sudden, these are much bigger issues that should not be left to the states to decide. So we know that states rights is going to be a ball of hypocrisy as this goes forward. But there are greater questions, questions here as well, which is and the biggest question. And Rachel Maddow had an interesting commentary on this that I heard yesterday, which I don't have here, but I'll summarize in this way. This may just be the first domino. And while it is absolutely <clears throat> the case that Trump becoming president doesn't depend on Colorado because Colorado is a blue state that's going to vote for the Democratic nominee, almost certainly 99.99% chance. 
This may set in motion a series of similar rulings in other states, in which case it would almost certainly be up to the Supreme Court to decide. Now, this is a very Trump friendly Supreme Court. Three of the justices on the court were selected by Donald Trump, nominated by Donald Trump and approved by the Senate. And so if I'm really honest, I don't have significant optimism that a Trump friendly Supreme Court is going to say, yeah, Trump can't run. But let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Incredible news. Trump banned from running for president in the state of Colorado. What was his reaction? Let's talk about that. next. So the lover of democracy and cock, David Pakman, totally fine with Trump being removed from the ballot. Amazing. Here is uh, here's the next one. Right wing media absolutely exploding over yes, the decision. Yes, David loves white explosions at the bathhouse. Colorado that Donald Trump will be kicked off. They banned him badly uh, from the ballot in the Republican primary for his role in citing an insurrection. The Fox News hosts, the right wing legal analysts, everybody coming to the defense of Donald Trump, even though the, the facts are so plain to see. Oh, yeah. We've never had a, a president engage in the actions Trump engaged in. This is absolutely the uh, bullshit. Total bullshit. 2016, the Clinton campaign, uh, while technically not a president, but they tried the what you would call the fake elector scheme. Correct decision. The question is, are enough states going to do it that it will actually matter? Take a look at this. Here is Laura Ingraham from Fox News saying this is the ultimate in election interference. Take a listen. I'm Laura Ingram. This is the Ingram Angle on a breaking news night. Tonight, America is seeing the ultimate in election interference as four unelected state judges, all appointed by Democrat governors, have ruled that Donald Trump must be kept off next year's presidential ballot. You know what's really funny about the mention of these are unelected judges. Whenever unelected judges that happen to be Trump appointees make a decision that Laura likes, it's never mentioned that the judges are unelected. It's never well, mentioned. Well, again, uh, faggot, are they related to elections? The issue here is this is related to a an election, and since all of you homos are constantly reing about democracy, obviously the fact that they're unelected is an issue. Mentioned who selected them. These are just judges, impartial arbiters of the law. It's called hypocrisy. Hopefully, they are the same type of impartial judges <clears throat> that throw you in prison. Democracy. Here is Charlie Hurt on Fox News saying that this is a destruction of democracy. And the only reason this is being done to Trump is because Colorado Democrats are so scared of Trump. The people, the Democrats in Colorado are so afraid of allowing American voters to vote and pick the next president. They are willing to do extrajudicial things, complete highway robbery here in order to thwart the people's choice from being on the ballot to them. Preserving democracy requires destroying democracy. <laughs> so first of all, on the facts, obviously Colorado is not going to determine who is the next president. 
When is the last time a Republican candidate won the state of Colorado in the general election? So from an empirical, historical, mathematical standpoint, it's absurd. Trump tried to destroy democracy. It's uh, again, total bullshit. Incredible that Charlie Hurt brings up destroying democracy when the reason this is all happening is Trump and his acolytes and the fake electors and the rioters. Again, total lie. And they're going to use this as an excuse to do monstrous things as they're already doing. Everybody working together conspired to try to circumvent democracy. Again, that that's totally made up. That is a blatant lie. That's why we are here today. Here's Jonathan Turley, the favorite right wing legal analyst of late, who says that this is dangerous. The country is about to explode and the court, by making this decision, is throwing matches on a powder keg. Well, this court just handed partisans on both sides uh, the ultimate tool to try to uh, shortcut elections. Really? And it's very, very dangerous. I mean, this country is a powder keg and this court is just throwing matches at it. And I and why is the country a powder keg? Because of you fucking ridiculous faggots. That's why the classic. This is a classic from these right wingers. The country is a powder keg because there's a movement called MAGA. No, that's not what he said. You're making that up. Which has been inspired by Trump for years to believe Joe Biden didn't really win. Oh, that's true. They were inspired to riot on January 6th. That's a lie. They were inspired to create slates of fake electors. Again, or bullshit, total bullshit. Or fake slates of electors or fake slates of fake electors. It's all fake, okay? That's the reason that we have a powder keg. Uh, no, it isn't. That's totally made up. And then you're going to blame a decision from a court that seems to follow the law. Yeah, guys, they're just following the law. When we put you in prison, we'll just be following the law, too. No problem, David. You set the standard. Hopefully you get hoisted on your own petard or or you could just go get another booster and maybe it'll work this time. The match that you dropped onto the powder keg that Trump created. That's really rich. That's really rich. Well, it's not real. It's made up. You're just lying. It's, it's almost like reverse blame the victim. And then here's Greg Jarrett. I guess another. Right. The people fucking you in the ass, they're the victim. You're the perpetrator. ...analyst on Fox News saying that this is a form of rigging the election. Yeah, it, this is election rigging, Kaylee. Uh, it was a narrow four to three decision. It will almost certainly, in my judgment, be overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court because the insurrection clause in the 14th Amendment as you point out, don't apply to the facts here. It was intended to prevent Confederates who literally took up arms against the government during the Civil War from holding office. So you fast forward now 150 years, roughly, and Donald Trump is not even accused of insurrection under the federal statute. You know, what's really funny about this, when constitutional originalism is to their advantage, uh, with absolutely no interpretation whatsoever, right? They say it doesn't matter what it was intended to do. All that matters is what is written down. And if all that matters is what is written down, then Trump is ineligible to run for president. No, that's a terrible argument. You're incorrect. But now you're yeah, completely incorrect because your whole premise is false. He did not commit an insurrection. You're just totally full of shit. Jarrett brings in. Well, 
you have to understand what the founders were intending to do. But he didn't say that. They wrote this. And the fact that it could be reinterpreted in 2023 to apply, it shouldn't. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Wait, wait, You're wait, doing wait. the Chank Uger thing. You're just totally making up arguments he never made. That's the opposite argument that you normally make. Right. You you're just you're just creating dialogue in your head and applying it to Greg Jarrett, and then you're arguing with it. It's uh, quite a sight to see. So this is like the homosexual version of the puppetless puppet show. Chank is the baboon version of the puppetless puppet show. This is a more feminine version of it from David. He doesn't normally do it. In fact, this might be one of the well. I don't. I doubt it's the first time he's ever done it. But this is uh, one of the few times he usually doesn't do the puppetless puppet show thing. Normally, make the argument that we we love to say all the time on the gun safety left. We say, hey, you know, when the Second Amendment was written, we didn't have ninety eight percent of the firearms that are now available. Many of the uh, 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 capacity the capacities of a lot of these, um, uh, the, the ammunition capacity of a lot of modern firearms, the killing power of modern firearms was completely beyond the imagination of the founders. So yeah, we but that's made up though. That's that's made up. To understand that their, their intention, oh, well, They had on. cannons back then. They had cannons. Didn't, did they not have cannons? That's a, a fucking cannon. What's written down, that's what matters. What's written down. Now, all of a sudden, it's all about sussing out the intent of the founders when it's not convenient. These people are pathetic. And finally, MAGA Mike Johnson uh, posted, quote, today's ruling attempting to disqualify President Trump from the Colorado ballot is nothing but a thinly veiled partisan attack. Regardless of political affiliation, every citizen registered to vote should not be denied the right to support our former president and the individual who is the leader in every poll of the Republican primary. We trust the Supreme Court will set aside the decision. All right, well, it may well get to the Supreme Court, and we are going to keep an eye on that. What a faggot. All right, let's see. Uh, here's the coverage of Vivek. Vivek Ramaswamy is courageously pledging to withdraw from the Colorado primary ballot because of the decision that has banned Donald Trump. Vivek posting an excretion to X, quote, I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado Republican primary ballot until Trump is also allowed to be on the ballot. And I demand that Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie and Nikki Haley do the same immediately or else they are tacitly endorsing this illegal maneuver, which will have disastrous consequences for our country. Vivek also recording this video, I guess, on his luxury campaign bus uh, saying the following. They have just tried to bar President Trump from the Colorado ballot using an unconstitutional maneuver that is a bastardization of the 14th Amendment to our U.S. Constitution. You bastard. This was a provision, Section 3, that was designed to bar Confederate members, people who switched to the Confederacy, from actually being able to serve. That's very different than what's at issue here, to say the least. Ah. This is a hollowed out husk of what the country was built on. The basic principle that we, the people, select our leadership, not the unelected elite class in the back of palace halls. That's old world Europe, not the United States. That's why I'm making a pledge today that I will withdraw. I pledge to withdraw wow. from the Colorado GOP primary ballot unless and until Tr Trump's name is restored. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie and Nikki Haley do the same thing or else these Republicans are simply complicit 
in this uncomfortable... I like the last uh, sentence there. They, they are complicit, uh, absolutely. ...constitutional attack on the way we conduct our constitutional republic. So, of course, as you can imagine, this threat from Vivek Ramaswamy, currently polling four, is absolutely rocking the political world. And, uh, of course, none of that is happening. Okay. Again, retard. It puts Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley in a position to look like they're in on the steal. Now, they are in on the steal. Anyway, David's being retarded. Vivek's polling four, and he says he'll drop out. It's um, again, it, oh, whatever. I'm not isn't even state polling out of Colorado, but this is all very, very pointless. And Vivek Ramaswamy never saw an opportunity that didn't again. It pissed off people in Trump's base against DeSantis, further burying him, encourage him to be opportunistic. I could not care less whether Vivek drops out and it's not clear. Well, he doesn't give well, you're not a factor in any of this. It's not clear voters do either. So we're going to continue following this Again, very that's not the point of it, retard. Closely. We anyway, this is, uh, here is uh, the next one here. In the immediate moments after uh, Colorado Supreme Court decided Trump cannot run for president, the failed former president took to troth... Bukaki champion Dick... Guzzler and Ryder, sometimes simultaneously, David Pakman. You know the website, Truth Social, whatever you call it these days, and issued some all capital letters rants. The first one was, what a shame for our country. The second one was, a sad day in America. And the third one was, election interference, with a clip from Fox News a clip that we are going to review later. Consider the circumstances in which Trump now finds himself. He is in the middle of a disastrous civil fraud trial in New York, which may cost him millions. Potentially. Or, or it may not if it gets overturned. Uh, interesting thing, the New York Times even wrote an article questioning whether or not Engeron has the authority to do what he's been doing. Potentially hundreds of millions and may remove his right or ability to run a business in the state of New York. Yeah, or it may not. He's facing four criminal tri uh, trials with 91 different criminal charges. Yeah, that you're going to need to get a conviction before the election. That is not guaranteed. Which anyone... And that's still... I don't know where that puts you because people are still going to vote for him. ...could land him in prison for what would effectively be a life sentence. For Hopefully you get a life sentence. That would be great. ...one of Trump's age and health. Would love and for you to get a life sentence. in the meantime, he is running a candidacy for the Republican primary uh, choice to be president. He holds 63% support in polling among Republicans. And yet, for now, one state, the state of Colorado, has said, we are not going to allow you to run in our state. This guy is about to explode. He had a rally last night. We will later look at clips from that rally. He is extraordinarily triggered. And you know that he is sitting at home wondering, how the hell am I going to get out of this one? Now, for everybody who- What are you talking? You're just making shit up. Was saying, this is it. Trump can't possibly get out of this one. Either, either he won't be able to run nationally, more states will kick him off, or he's going to end up convicted. As Michael Cohen says, he's going to be convicted of felonies. He'll end up in prison, or something's going to stop this guy to every single one of those people, I would say, remember all of the previous reports of Trump's demise 
that were premature. Assume that Trump not being president depends not on judges, not on courts, not on juries or guilty verdicts or in prison. Assume for that for now that the only thing standing between Donald Trump and the presidency is my vote and your vote and the votes of others that we say, hey, you really got to vote in November. Maybe something else will happen, but we can't count on it. And uh, that's the important takeaway from all of this as we continue talking about reactions to Trump being kicked off the ballot in the state of Colorado. All right, this is um, Trump reaches record high polling and is crushing everyone. Yeah. I have stunning numbers to show you. Donald Trump has reached a new record high in polling for the 2024. Gee, Republican I can't I can't Congress. imagine why this do not adjust your television. The purple line at the top of your screen Who could have seen that is coming? indeed at the highest point since this primary began. Donald Trump is now polling 62.9, call it 63% in the Republican primary. He is the one benefiting from other Republicans falling off here. Pence bails, Tim Scott bails, etc. Trump is polling 63% and everybody else is sharing the remaining 37%. By the way, DeSantis and Nikki Haley are now essentially tied. They've been they've been tied uh, going back now uh, about 10 days, right around 12. By the by the time this is over, as I've said, I believe Nikki Haley will do better than Ron DeSantis. These are stunning numbers. This is a guy in Trump who says he is going to be a dictator. And I don't mean, oh, I'll be a dictator on day one. I mean, if you just listen to the things he's promising in terms of weaponizing the Justice Department again, total bullshit against his political enemies. If that's the standard, then Joe Biden is a dictator right now. Going after media outlets that he doesn't like, etc. Uh, this is a guy who has 91 felony counts against him in four criminal trials and is going to spend much of 2024 maybe going to rallies, but going between multiple criminal trials of his where any sort of sentence would be a de facto death sentence for Donald Trump. <laughs> and he has more support than ever. Now, there's another element to the polling that I think is important to mention, and many of you write to me about it, and I have no interest in hiding this from you. If you look at general election polling today, which says if the nominees were Trump and Biden, who would you vote for? A lot of it looks very bad for Joe Biden. I'll give you some examples. Oh, David, you're hiding the polling. I'm not hiding the poll. Here is the polling. Harris X poll. When it's Biden versus Trump, it has Trump plus six. When you include the additional third party candidates, it goes to Trump plus eight. That's a bad number for Joe Biden, without a doubt. When you look at the YouGov economist poll, they have it tied. When you look at the Ipsos Reuters poll, it's Trump plus two in a head to head matchup and Trump plus five when you include Robert F. Kennedy Jr. So there are some not good polls for Joe Biden here. I would continue to urge caution. And the reason I'm urging caution is we don't even have official nominees yet. We don't yet know what the state of the economy will be in November, but if it's like <laughs> it is now, it's generally speaking, an environment in which uh, incumbent presidents get themselves reelected. Oh, yeah, those uh, those people are going to believe the propaganda on the economy next fall. Yeah, they'll really believe that this time they're going to believe us.
We don't know what's going to be the situation with Trump criminally and legally at that time. And in many of these head to head polls, for example, in the YouGov Economist poll, it's Biden 43, Trump 43. That adds up to 86. That's 14 percent of the electorate that is elsewhere. OK, so there may be a time to panic for now. Let's make sure we're registered. Let's make sure we plan to vote. Let's be talking to everybody we know who has a good head on their shoulders about the importance of voting, because if they don't, it will eventually uh, uh, come back and lead to what we saw in 2016. Trump gets three Supreme Court picks, abortions gone, etc. OK, let's be clear about the consequences. It is not time to panic. It is time to vote. And we'll have more time to talk about that for sure. All right. Trump uh, promises he'll keep talking like Hitler. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. There's barely attractive Emma and Sam Seaman. Highly unlikely that Donald Trump won't be on the ballot for the general election. Very, very likely, almost guaranteed he will actually be on the primary ballot in Colorado because of this day. Uh, because the Supreme Court doesn't have to touch it until January 4th. Then they can take uh, however long they want to uh, look at it, and it will inevitably be stayed during that time. You need a certain amount of advance time to have the ballot printed. Colorado uh, primary is in uh, March. And uh, so uh, I, I would imagine almost assuredly he will be on the ballot in the primary. But nevertheless, we will go over uh, this question of the 14th Amendment. And then, of course, it's almost impossible to imagine that particularly this Supreme Court uh, wouldn't uh, allow him on the ballot. But with that said, let's talk about um, what he's doing uh, while he considers himself to be a candidate for the president of the United States, which uh, he still is. Um, we uh, told you the other day that uh, over the past weekend, I guess it was Saturday, and I can't remember if he was in, uh, I think he was in New, New Hampshire. Hampshire, Durham. Yeah. He, um, he talked about immigrants uh, coming to this country and uh, destroying the blood of our country. And he said, you know, we've got immigrants. It's not just the countries you're thinking of. So again, he's, he's talking about illegals. Down in Central America. It's also from Africa and Asia. Right destroying the blood of our country. And we watched uh, Nancy um, uh, Stockatipolopoulos. What is no, it? You're, you're confusing all of these right-wing hacks. Uh, not, it's uh, Nicole, not Nancy Mace, but Nicole Malio Stocktips, <laughs> oh. a.k.a. Malio Takis, okay. who represents parts of Staten Island, uh, and George San Santos has called her Malio Stocktips too much okay, amusement so by she, me. She uh, got some inside uh, information while she's in Congress to make a lot of money with her stocks. And we watched a clip of her yesterday trying to justify this by saying, well, he was actually talking about policies, mm -hmm. the you know, policies, all the policies in. that are coming across the border from Africa and uh, Asia, as you know. Nevertheless, here is Donald Trump um, repeating his line, putting, um, you know, Miss uh, Stockalopolis, uh, wherever stock tippets, yeah, stock uh, stock tippets. Um, uh, making her have to, I mean, I imagine she's not going to go on TV for a couple of days. Yeah, being so like, did I stutter? Did I stutter, Malio stock tips? But this is what I meant, the Nazi thing. Here is Trump saying, well, I did say that, but to my credit, it's my line. I didn't plagiarize. They come from Africa. They come from Asia. 
They come from South America, but not just South America. They're all over the world. They dump them on the border and they pour into our country and nobody's there to check them. And the Border Patrol is incredible, by the way. They want to do it, but they're told not to do their job. It's crazy what's going on. Yeah, he's completely 100% correct about that. Ruining our country. And it's true. They're destroying the blood of our country. That's what they're doing. They're destroying our country. They don't like it when I said that. And I never read Mein Kampf. They said, oh, Hitler said that in a much different way. You know, they're coming from all over the world. Okay. Um, now, just to be clear, I mean, I don't know what Hitler said it in a much different way, I guess, is like he said it in German. Um, but the... Um, and we said this the other day when we were talking about this. We don't know what's worse. The idea that he was just copying Hitler because he knows this is a um, extra dog whistle. I mean, what he's saying in and of itself is is obviously incredibly offensive and uh, Scary. and and racist. Yeah. I mean, and white supremacist. I mean, all yeah, of it. Yeah, it's racist and white supremacist to be against unvetted illegal immigration. Um to purposely lift it from Hitler is a way of signaling to... By the uh, way, uh, I don't know if they're going to do this in America, but this evolves into the next level. See, this is the thing. Commies never stop. This is why I talk about mandatory cock. Now, mandatory cock is supposed to be an impossible, ridiculous scenario, right? That you would be forced to fuck trannies, right? That would be crazy, right? That's like some crazy thing that you could never see. But I always bring that up because commies never stop. They're constantly escalating. Would you like to know the new escalation? At least it's new to me. I don't know if maybe some of you have already seen this. Here's the new escalation that the AIDS commies are doing in Germany. This is a hell of a thing. This is, we'll probably, I'll probably cover it in an article at some point in the future. They are now taking illegals like North Africans and are setting up meet and greets with not German women, which that would be weird enough because let people, whatever. No, 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 no. Minors deliberately setting up meet and greets with ethnic German, you know, the natives. Children are meeting with North Africans. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, nothing to see there. That's totally fine. That's totally yeah, why don't we have our children meet with a group of guys that have a penchant for rape? That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, let's set them up. Unbeli- that's, what, that's why I, when I see shit like that, that's when I'm like, yeah, I'm telling you, eventually mandatory cock is coming. If this isn't stopped, if this continues to evolve and escalate, there are going to be instances where they're going to somehow try to force people to fuck trannies. And that'll be called mandatory cock. I mean, it is, it's just like, it's preposterous. It's preposterous. And I think, it, I think there's another country doing it too. I forget which one it is, but one of them is Germany. Crazy. Um, uh, his neo-Nazi fans, hey, you know, look at, look at what I've been reading. Right. Um, to just generate it on your own and have this moment of like great minds think alike what can i tell you i did not take it from him i've never even read mein Kampf. right but he didn't say great minds think alike you just added that you just made that up completely um 
I would imagine anyways, he probably uh, heard it on a book on tape type of situation. But the, the point being that it is still so uh, racist that you've Again, got... That's a worthless distinction that means absolutely nothing. Republican Congress people on TV pretending he didn't say it. And then just unfortunately for them, he comes out the next day and says, oh, I did say it, but I just want to make sure I'm getting credit. Yeah. I didn't plagiarize it. Trump doesn't read like, you know, there were reports that he barely read the documents that were provided for him as president. And, you know, they had to be kept short. That was also Bush's problem, right? He wanted shorter, shorter. Memos. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, it seems like a pattern here. But like, uh, so I don't doubt that he didn't read Mein Kampf because I don't really think Donald Trump reads very much. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have an understanding of who he's gesturing towards. And either way, we saw this when, you know, Steve Bannon and, and I would not be shocked if Bannon is a part of this. Or Stephen Miller. Or Miller, right? Oh, who's it's an actual Stephen Miller. Yeah, Stephen Miller. There is more Stephen Miller and less Jason Miller. Uh, so I'm glad that they're doing that. Say, I did not yes. read Mein Kampf. Now, yes, the Jewish white supremacist Stephen Miller. Yep, that's uh... <laughs> Stephen Miller. Well, of totally. course he did. In fact, he's, he gave he gave me a book report and just said, "I said, is it? Uh, give me a list of the best lines from Mein Kampf." Yes, yeah, Steve's and notes. notes are I just, never read it. It's just so good. Um, you know, like all of this stuff screams like Stephen Miller to me. Um, and I've he was on cable news fairly recently. I'm wondering if. He's seeing this as an opportunity to to weasel him, himself back in. Oh, um, I'm not sure he was and, ever out. Well, sure, but maybe in a more formal role. Uh, I don't. I have very little doubt in my mind that he's behind the blood uh, comments, and oh. so this is just more of the same. And and what Trump is going to learn from his time in office is that I'm not messing around this time. I'm not going to so. listen to people. I hope so. Your lips to God's ears. We're talking about restrain. How I shouldn't use the Insurrection Act. No more like Rex Tillerson. No, 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 no more, no more Reince. <laughs> Previous right, is in previous my administration, yeah. no more guardrails. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do if I'm president. And the guys like Stephen Miller will really be running the show that time. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. Um, here's uh, the homosexual prostitute from Miami Vice talking about how young people are abandoning Biden for Trump. For Trump. So there's not been just a abandoning slate of Biden. Polls coming out about Joseph Raisinette Biden. And in those polls. Be back in a minute. Whew. He is, he's struggling, bro. I've seen a number of them with just astonishing numbers. There was one the other day, 20% um, approval for how he's handling Israel and Gaza. 20%. This one's a little higher. So this is a New York Times-Siena College poll. Do you approve of Biden's handling of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? 33% say approve. That's actually, that's actually higher than, than what I would have thought. That's actually higher. Now, when you ask people, who do you trust to do a better job on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, Trump or Biden? Look at this. 38% say Biden. 46% say Trump. So Trump gets a plurality. So I, I don't know what he's doing, right? Uh, I mean, I do know what he's doing. He's We're totally cucked to Israel and APAC and DMFI and the Israel lobby, give tremendous amounts of money to the politicians, and the politicians do their bidding, and that's exactly what's happening here. But it appears like Biden is even a bit of an ideological Zionist, and he's like on board with a lot of this stuff. Um... But I don't know how many more red flags need to be shoved directly in his face before he realizes he's basically signing his own political death warrant here. Because uh, among Arab and Muslim Americans, he was at 59% before Israel and Gaza. Now he's all the way down to 17%. And by the way, that number is a little old now. It might be even lower. But having said that, look, 
I haven't even given you the most damning fact yet, right? Look at this. I've never seen anything like this before. Voters between 18 and 29 years old, traditionally a heavily Democratic demographic, jump out. Nearly three quarters of them, nearly three quarters, disapprove of the way Biden is handling the conflict in Gaza. And among registered voters, they say they would vote for Mr. Trump by 49 to 43%. In July, those young voters backed Biden by 10 percentage points. Now, by the way, even that, even the 10 percentage point number is weak as hell. That's a weak as hell number. You're only beating Trump by 10 percentage points among registered voters with young people. The Democrats should win by like 30 points, 40 points in that demographic. Now Trump is up 49 to 43 in the youth demographic. Do you realize how bad you had to shit the Splunky to get to this point? Do you have any idea how embarrassing that is? So this, this uh, actually has some other really interesting numbers in it. This poll here, because I'm going to throw a little switcheroo at you in a second. So this is, in the dispute between Israel and the Palestinians, which side do you sympathize with more? So among all groups, it is 47% Israel, 20% Palestinians. Okay, so overall, kind of low support for Palestinians in the U.S. But when you go to the youth demographic, ages 18 to 29, it's 46% Palestinians, only 27% Israel. So there is a real, real generational divide here. There's also a Democrat versus Republican divide. Among Democrats, Palestinians get more sympathy as a plurality. It's 34% to 31%. Uh, among Republicans, it's literally only 4% feel more for Palestinians and 76% feel more for Israelis. And then there's also a little bit of like a, a, a racial uh, gap as well. Overall, registered voters say they favor Mr. Trump over Mr. Biden in next year's presidential election by two percentage points, 46% to 44%. The president's job approval rating has slid down to 37%, down two points from July. That's in this poll. There's another poll that came out that had him at 33%. Some have him at like 42%. There's, there's a whole range, but none of them are really good numbers. But there is considerable uncertainty over whether disaffected voters will even vote. While it is still early, the race is the race is flipped among the likely electorate, with Mr. Biden leading by two percentage points over Trump. So in other words, when you just ask registered voters, Trump is up by two points. When you go to likely voters, Biden is up by two points in this poll. So the reason why this is such a jarring poll is I've never seen a situation before where it's like a race to see who can be hated the least, <laughs> right? Like, that's literally where we are. It's like, when you have a, in this poll, a 37% approval rating, again, others are as low as 33% approval rating for Biden, but you're still up among likely voters two percentage points. Like, do you have any idea how hated everybody is in this conversation? And again, with Trump, 91 criminal charges, Says he wants to suspend the Constitution. Going full authoritarian. Total lie. Says he might invoke the Insurrection Act on day one to crack down on protests that are against him. Like, he's got a cadre of his own problems. It just found libel of fraud and is going to have to pay up to $250 million and lose his business license. Now the Colorado Supreme Court says, hey, you might not be able to be on the ballot at all because you tried to do an insurrection. You got all these, like, Trump has colossal baggage. But also, Biden does, and that's why his approval rating is at 37. And so we're like... Flipping a coin amidst these two monsters. One guy who's barely alive, 
the other guy who can't go seven seconds without committing a crime. I've never seen, like, I thought 2016 was the epitome of, like, oh my god, both these guys are hated so much. Hillary and, and Trump, so hated. Like, who, who enjoys this? Nobody enjoys this. It turns out that was nothing. That was child's play. This is wild. 37% approval rating, but you're up two percentage points among likely voters. That's Biden. Now, by the way, it's a little more complicated than that because you need to win by, like, four points or more in the Electoral College. I mean, in a popular vote in order to win the Electoral College if you're a Democrat. That's what the numbers have been the past few elections, right? Like, you can't just win by two percentage points in the popular vote. You'll probably lose the general election in the, in the um, Electoral College if, if that's the path. But again, I've never seen anything like this before, ever. And honestly, I don't know how it's possible Biden is losing young voters, which he is now, to Trump in this poll, but also is up two percentage points uh, when it comes to likely voters. Because Democrats, in order for a Democrat to win an election, they always win young voters, and they have to win it by a hefty margin, and there needs to be big turnout. I guess that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to turnout. Again, young people also have to go to the grocery store, okay? It's going to come down to turnout in this election. But again, this is... This is a wacky poll. And remember, guys, all this is avoidable. All this is avoidable. Biden could still be, in my opinion, like a 60% favorite to win if he just didn't back this genocide in Gaza. Right? So, again, from a moral perspective... Maybe I'm completely wrong, but I I, I just... Look, are there some young people that care about this? Absolutely. If I had to pick what young people care about more, Israel, Gaza, or the economy, I would go economy. But, you know, we'll see. Because why would they be going to Trump? Why would they be going? If you're pro-Palestinian, why would you be going to Trump? That doesn't make any sense. It makes more sense if it's because of the economy, but whatever. I might be missing something. And an ethical perspective, he's doing the wrong thing, but also from a, a politics perspective and an electoral perspective, he's doing the wrong thing. And so, I don't know, man. It's just, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. But these numbers, this is some of the saddest polling I've ever seen for a presidential election. It feels like failed state banana republic type stuff. Like, here's two assholes that none of you like. Go ahead. Pick one. Well, you're part of it. You, you do propaganda for the banana republic pedophile who's currently in charge. Here is uh, the homosexual prostitute from Miami Vice uh, talking about Trump getting kicked off of the ballot. See if he Got goes some along big, with it. big news that just dropped last night, and I want to break it all down for you. So the Colorado Supreme Court has ruled that Donald Trump is disqualified from being on the presidential ballot under the 14th Amendment. So uh, here's what they say in the ruling. In this appeal from a district court proceeding under the Colorado Election Code, the Supreme Court considers whether former President Donald J. Trump may appear on the Colorado Republican presidential primary ballot in 2024. A majority of the court holds that President Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution. Because he is disqualified, it would be a wrongful act under the election code for the Colorado Secretary of State to list him as a candidate on the presidential primary ballot. The court stays its ruling until January 4th, 2024, subject to any further appellate proceedings. So what's going to happen here is Colorado made, made this decision. There are other states that have other state courts that have come to the opposite conclusion. They know he can run. His name is going to be on the ballot. And so this is going to go directly to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court is going to decide whether or not Trump can run. Now, you might be thinking, well, hold on, Kyle. The Supreme Court is uh, overwhelmingly conservative. So this is like a foregone conclusion that he's going to be allowed on the ballot. Um, I would say 
it is likely that they come to that conclusion, but it's actually not as set in stone as you might think. For the simple reason that the Supreme Court, look, in order to be uh, a judge, in order to be a justice on the Supreme Court, you're highly, highly educated. And these people are massively conservative and they're like originalists and textualists and they go by like the plain face reading of the law and stuff. But they're like more like Mitt Romney style conservatives, guys. These are not like hardcore MAGA people. Even the ones that were literally appointed by Trump are not hardcore MAGA people. They're more like old school Mitt Romney style conservatives. So this is why you saw, for example, there were in the 61 court cases where Trump was trying to get the last election overturned, even his own appointed judges, super conservative judges were like, not only am I not going to rule with you, I'm going to rule you don't even have standing. This shouldn't even be in court because your case is so goddamn weak. So with, Again, it, it, standing does not consider the evidence, retard. You had Trump judges saying that that time. I mean, I would understand if people said, hey, this, this judge is Trump appointed. They're going to they're gonna side with Trump. But that didn't even come close to happening in that instance. Now, in this instance, it's a little more complicated than that. But it's not as set in stone as you necessarily think it is. So let me walk you through it a little bit more here. So this is in Reuters. Why Trump was disqualified from Colorado primary ballot and what it means. Donald Trump was disqualified from Colorado's presidential primary ballot by the state Supreme Court on Tuesday, an extraordinary ruling that could be struck down ahead of the November 2024 U.S. election. Here's a look at the decision and what it means for the former U.S. president and frontrunner in the 2024 Republican nomination. So here's what they say. A slim majority of the Colorado Supreme Court, it was a 4-3 to three decision, uh, ruled that Trump is disqualified from appearing on the state's ballot under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. I'm going to read that, that section for you in just a minute as well, so hang on for that. Which bars anyone engaged in insurrection or rebellion from holding federal office. A lower court judge, see this is interesting, a lower court judge previously ruled that Trump's actions on January 6th during a violent attack on the U.S. Capitol by his supporters amounted to insurrection but stopped short of disqualifying him saying Section 3 does not apply to presidents. The Colorado Supreme Court paused its own ruling pending review by the U.S. Supreme Court which said, which Trump said he will immediately seek. So in other words, a lower court was like, yeah, uh, we're not going to argue on the facts. We think on the facts he did commit insurrection. But they had this weird ruling where they said, well, the Supreme Court, court bars you from, or excuse me, the, the Constitution bars you from an elected office if you do an insurrection or aid and abet an insurrection. Uh, but we don't, we're not going to categorize the presidency as an office. What? <laughs> That's like the silliest ruling I've ever heard in my life. That's absurd. Of course, it's the office of the presidency. Of course it is. It's like they're literally doing, like, semantic games and sophistry in order to say, like, hey, we think he's kind of guilty, but we're going to go ahead and, and rule the other way anyway. So that's what happened at the lower court. So the higher court goes, no, that makes no sense. You're right that he engaged in an insurrection, um, but that does actually disqualify him. So now let's go to the, the exact text of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment also... Again, known as we've heard it a million times. Blah, 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 blah. The obvious storm the cat. Such fraud bullshit. Mike Pence to overturn the results of the election, even though Mike Pence didn't have that power. Uh, that's a lie in order... For, well, first of all, he's not overturning. He's sending it back to the states. He absolutely did have that power. That's why they changed the rule to make sure the next vice president can't do that. So if he didn't have the power, there would have been nothing to change, homosexual. There's endless doc uh, documented evidence on that exact thing. So, look, uh, by the plain face reading... <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you want me to say here. So, I also want to give you this. Colorado court, Trump is disqualified, finds Trump engaged in insurrection, 
incitement on January 6th, not protected speech, says Trump disqualified from being president, not eligible to appear on primary ballot, and Trump is filing with the Supreme Court immediately. Now, at the same time all, all this went down, I do have to show you this as well. Latest effort to boot Trump from election ballot fails. So in this article, they talk about North Carolina. North Carolina election officials say they don't have the authority to take up a new effort to keep Donald Trump off the state ballot. So, and by the way, these are just the two most recent ones. I think there's way more examples than this. There's over 10, maybe over a dozen different uh, cases on this exact thing. And in most instances, they are siding with Trump. Trump is winning most of these cases. Um, but there's also another interesting thing to point out, which is th this actually isn't unprecedented. The <laughs> idea of saying, no, literally, you can't hold office because you were at January 6th and you engaged in the insurrection. Oh, right, because of the New Mexico. That was bullshit. That should be overturned, the New Mexico one. There's actually, there was a, a case of an elected official in New Mexico. Yeah. Who Bullshit. lost his position Bullshit. because he was at January 6th. Pathetic. And my understanding is that's that's still the case. It wasn't like that was overturned when it went to a higher court. It should be overturned. So in other cases, there are examples of like, you engaged in an insurrection. It says you can't hold any office if you did that. So again, you're done. But again, dumb retard. There was not an insurrection. You're just making that up. It's a made up media narrative that there was an insurrection. It's the most retarded shit ever. Oh, here, son. And so... I mean, that may also set a precedent for what's going to happen in the Supreme Court case. But having said that, it also might be the other cases that Trump won might be the precedent that these people rely on to say, you know, uh, we think he can run. So, look, ultimately, uh, how can this play out? I mean, there's a few different ways it could play out, right? The, the, most the most obvious and straightforward way and the most likely thing to happen is the Supreme Court just goes, we disagree. He can run. And then he's on the ballot everywhere. And that's the end of that. Um, the other thing that could happen is you have a, a close decision, but ultimately you have like Roberts flipping and voting with the liberals and you get a tight decision by one vote and they say, no, actually we think he, he can't run. There's also a weird middle ground that might happen, which is they could almost like, almost default to like a state's rights position and say, well, the, the states that decide that he can't run and are kicking him off the ballot, they're allowed to do that in those states. And the states that decide we want to allow him on the ballot, they're also allowed to do that. Now, I want to be clear, that's a very unlikely uh, scenario. I think it is more likely, and Crystal and I were talking about this last night, it is more likely that they're just going to make a decision that's going to apply to the whole country, right? But there is a weird chance, like a 2 to 5% chance that they'll have a bizarre middle ground ruling like that, where it's like, he's off the ballot in Colorado, he's on the ballot in North Carolina, it is what it is, we're going to like punt on that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Look, one argument people are making about this which I thought was a decent argument at a time, was like, well, there, like he's not, he hasn't been charged with insurrection. So, so you can't just say, or convicted of insurrection. He hasn't been charged or convicted of anything insurrection-related. People talk about what he did in the context of, oh, it's an insurrection. And I think that makes sense to describe it that way, but it's colloquially describing it that way. It's not like he, there isn't a conviction. It's not on his criminal record that I have committed insurrection, right? So in that scenario, you could see the Supreme Court saying, like, there is no conviction here, so I'm... I can't just say, yeah, you're kicked off the ballot. Like, you would need something more concrete than just, um, you know, a narrative and a story of they did insurrection. And so since there's no oh, conviction... say so you're admitting it's a narrative. Oh, that's fascinating. Isn't that fascinating? That's a mask-off moment. It's like, you know, they throw their hands up. What can I do? He's, he's allowed to run. I think that's a fair argument. But at the same time, 
people are saying like, oh, there's been no due process here, so how can this be, you know, how can they uh, rule against Trump? But it's like, this is the due process, right? <laughs> like, we're, we're watching it unfold right now. Yeah. So the Supreme Court hearing the case yeah. is the due process. Yes. What the Supreme Court right. says, That's the due yeah, we think it was an insurrection mm -hmm. and you can't run. Yeah. Well, then that does become mm -hmm. settled law, right? So I don't know. I'm really interested to see how this uh, plays out. I think it's like a, I think it's like a 60 to 65% chance that they say, no, he can run and he can run it everywhere. But that's still, you know, there could be like a 40% chance that they say, no, he can't run. And again, the reason I say that is because these are like Mitt Romney type conservatives. The Supreme Court is very consistent and predictable on corporate related issues. They're always going to side with the corporations. But on social issues, sometimes they surprise you. Like they'll, 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 throw a twist at you and you're like, I didn't see that coming at all. It's like Gorsuch randomly being massively in favor of indigenous rights. I think I think it's Gorsuch, right, who does that? Like, you'd be surprised. Sometimes they'll they'll hit you with something. And again, these are judicial conservatives. These are Mitt Romney type conservatives. These are highly educated, you know, elite law school, Ivy League types who don't actually like Trump. And so here you have like, it's almost like, it's like a, you know, at the last minute, you have this Hail Mary pass which could just finally rid the country of Trump. And <clears throat> yeah, I, you wish. I don't know, man. They you might wish. actually go for it. Because another important point to make is the Supreme Court are buddy-buddy with the donor class, right? Well, guess what? The donor class is all in on Nikki Haley. They love Nikki Haley. They don't want Trump to be president. They don't. He brings massive instability. I mean, look, Trump is good for them in the sense that they get their tax cuts and they get their deregulation. But he's bad for them and everybody in the sense that you don't know if he's going to leave the next time there's an election, right? Again, that's made up. Another made up narrative. You don't know if he's going to leave. And they notice that just as much as everybody else notices that. And they don't like oh, that. Oh, they but notice the made up thing too? Gotcha. Instability in the markets. And there's massive downsides to that. So they'd much rather have Nikki Haley than Trump. So there's like a, there's like a donor lobbyist money related reason why they might rule against Trump. And there's also like an ideological reason they might vote against Trump because they fancy themselves like elitist conservatives who are very intellectual. They're not like the MAGA Republicans. There is a track record of these sorts of uh, Trump appointed judges bucking orthodoxy and telling him to piss off when he comes to them with something ridiculous like trying to overturn the election. So I don't know, man. It'll be really interesting to see this unfold. And honestly, from my perspective, I could see either argument winning out. I could see the argument of like, he wasn't actually convicted for insurrection, nor was he even charged with insurrection. Therefore, you can't say he, quote unquote, did an insurrection and kick him off the ballot. Sorry, Trump wins. I could see that. Or I could see them saying, look, man, this plain face reading of the Constitution. Here, I'll put, pull it up for you one more time. All right. We don't need you to keep reading it. We've heard you fuckers read it nine times. You're uh, 900 times. You're absolutely wrong and retarded. Here is a uh, bald fuckface about uh, Trump getting booted. Believe it or not, Don... Believe it or not, Donald Trump is actually taking the news that he has been kicked off the ballot in the state of Colorado a little bit better than I thought he would. Now, having said that, he still totally lost his mind <laughs> when the decision came down on Tuesday evening and he spent the next, well, he spent that evening and the next day just absolutely going berserk on Truth Social, but not in the way that I kind of thought he would. You know, typically when Donald Trump gets angry at any kind of court decision, he'll go on there, he'll attack the judge, he'll attack, you know, the, the courtroom people, he'll attack the plaintiffs, he'll attack the plaintiffs' lawyers. But he didn't really do that this time. Instead, what Donald Trump did 
was just became an echo chamber for Fox news when he decided to just repost their clips with his own commentary or sometimes just pulling a direct quote out of the interview and posting that. But there's a lot of them. Mediaite did a nice little compilation of what Trump did. So let's start at the beginning. The first one was he quoted uh, Laura Ingram who said, quote, tonight America is seeing the ultimate in election interference. Then he posted another Fox news clip where Trump wrote, it is not good for our country at all. He then pulled another Fox clip and quoted, uh, saying, quote, they don't want the voters to decide this. There is obviously this deep fear of Donald Trump potentially winning the white house back. He then quoted Greg Jarrett as saying, quote, this is election rigging. This is an effort, make no mistake, to deprive American voters of their right to make the decision as to who should be president. It is anti-democratic. It is the equivalent of rigging the ballot box. He then quoted Charlie Hurt saying, quote, Democrats in Colorado are so afraid right, of allowing American all voters to vote and pick the next president. They are willing to do extra okay. judicial clause of the 14th amendment of the United oh God, States read constitution. Oh my God. If you have a problem with that, then you have a problem with the constitution yeah. of the United Stupid States. Stupid testicle looking motherfucker. That's not how any of this works. Your misinterpretation and retardation. Uh, the idea that like, oh, if you don't agree with my bullshit, then you're against the constitution. That's stupid. That's a, again, it's another tactic. It's now that, that to me, actually seems very anti-democratic. It seems anti-American, to be honest. You're a commie. You have no say on what's American. Because you're out there saying the Constitution's bullshit. Uh, no one said that. And if that's your opinion, then I'm sorry. That's about as un-American well, as you can get again, because that... No one said anything like that. You're just making that up completely. ...is our document. That is what guides the laws, the rules, the people of this country. Yeah, but you don't even believe that. So, again, this is the commie fucking you in the ass and then telling you, oh, you can't stop me fucking you in the ass and raping you savagely because of the Constitution and your principles, bigot. I hope people uh, don't fall for that and they, you know, whatever you would do in that scenario. Again, it's a metaphor. And if you're saying it's crap then everything else has to be crap too. So you want to talk about being anti-democratic, anti-American? It's these people pissing and moaning about the constitution <laughs> literally being up. Yeah, that's a cheap tactic. Totally cheap tactic. By a court. You want to talk about election interference? Well, that's what got you in this whole mess to begin with, isn't it, Donald? Uh, again, total bullshit. I mean, you can scream it all you want. You can type it in all caps, election interference, election rigging. No, that's what you did. Bullshit. That's why you've been indicted. That's why you got kicked off the ballot. And that's why you're having all the problems you are having today is because you, you, sir, decided to interfere in the election. Again, and total lie. It's not election interference to stop you faggots from cheating. You're finally facing your comeuppance for doing that. Oh, baby. I want you to face your comeuppance. I hope that happens. It can happen in multiple ways. One of the easy ways it could happen, just take another booster. Just take another booster. All right, let me uh, read some of these super chats. We're taking them through Streamlabs, link in the description. We're also taking them through Entropy, link in the description. And we're also taking them through uh, Rumble via Rumble Rants. Also, you can download the book my homosexual Democrat brother wrote called What a Bigot Would Say. 
That is on the uh, description of YouTube or Rumble. It's about a, the fourth or fifth link down. Uh, also, my book, What a Liar Would Say, is coming out on January 9th. It'll be via the same... I'll put it in the description. And I, I will... Um, I'll choose a new company, uh, and I will also submit his book to see if maybe another company can get us on Amazon or any of the other sites, but... Uh, doesn't look like uh, his book is getting put on any of the main sites even though we did everything necessary and were approved i have no idea maybe it just takes longer than they say <clears throat> but so far that's not working but we'll try a different uh, company this time all right let's see here we got silky johnson says uh, hb is this the sophie vergara titty bounce clip you've mentioned before yes them right there is the reason to get into and better understand physics with on hand research yes that is the exact clip so i've talked about before uh, there is a uh, sometimes images burn themselves into your brain and one of the images that have burned themselves burned itself into my brain is a clip from mtv from many years ago of, of sophie vergara who's fucking smoking even she's like 50 she's still smoking anyway <clears throat> um Back then, years ago, you could, like, have fun, and there was this show where, I think it was the show where Ashton Kutcher and this other guy would play, like, practical jokes on celebrities. I forget the name of it. It was bullshit. I was, like, a normie, you know, watching TV at the time. This was, like, I don't know, 2005? This was a long time ago. Anyway, Sophie Vergara uh, was going for, like, a fake interview, and in the video, she she has no brown. She's like she's got like all time all an all time rack. She's got an all time rack up there. You could put it on the Mount Rushmore racks. You could just put it right up there with Christy Cannon and whoever else you have up there. Some of those old school chicks from back in the day, you know. Oh, the chick from uh, Escape from New York. What the hell? She was also in Cannonball Run. I forget her name. She could be on there. Whoever you have on there, it's in the eye of the beholder. Anyway. So she runs up the stairs, no bra with a tank top, just bouncing gloriously. And then, because you were allowed to have fun back then, the producers or the editors of that show put it in slow motion and played it over and over again. It's glorious, absolutely glorious. You can't do that now. Now, that, now that's considered, oh, the male gaze. You can't have the male gaze. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's a, yeah, that's correct. That is the one. That's the uh, whatever show that was. You could probably find the clip somewhere. That's a hell of a thing. All right. Um, Silky Johnson says, "HB, why are pedo predator trainees so defended? They have no skills. They offer nothing to society. They are a minority. They're subhuman. They consume and destroy." It's just mind-blowing. Are you also a Southpaw, HB? What would a Southpaw be? I'm left-handed. So I don't know, I guess, is that North Pole, South Pole? I've never boxed. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I used to hit a bag. Like, when we were kids, we would, like, go into uh, my friend's basement and hit his bag. But uh, actually, actually, technically, we would, like, box each other, but it was, like, the most pussy bullshit ever. It was, like, now that I'm th I wish we would have recorded it. It was hilarious. Because no one wanted to hit each other in the face. Because, you know, what do you do? We're like kids. So we would, like, be punching the gloves. It was so stupid. Oh, it was so stupid. 
Um, but I don't really count that as boxing, so I'll say I've never boxed, okay, because that was just <laughs> stupid gay shit we did as kids. Um, yeah, the, the tr I think it's a power play. Like, I think the reason they do this shit with the trannies is they've been very successful with the LGBT movement to get docile uh, Westerners to go along with it. And, um, and also it's the biggest like example of ridiculous bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like, I've said this before, they don't put like passing trannies in front of you. You know, they're not putting passing trannies in the Biden administration. And they're like, yeah, this person happens to be trans, but like no one cares because they're good at their job. That's not what they're doing. They're putting clown trannies. They're putting old men in wigs in front of you. And they're like, oh, look at this stunning and brave woman. It's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. It's on purpose. It's like a power thing. Um, Silky Johnson says, HB, all of the media whores that could be uh, led to the gallows after a fair trial. Who are the few you'd want to see in line first? Norm Eisen. <laughs> Norm Eisen, Mary McCord. <clears throat> If you shaved Leaker's head, dipped her in a portable toilet, she would be a dead ringer for knuckle-dragging Gorilla Reed. Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. Isn't that interesting? Joy Reed and Mika Brzezinski. I think, is it the hair? Now, I do believe that Mika Brzezinski, while her face is very fake, I do think that's her actual hair. Whereas Joy Reid's hair is very fake because she's bald as fuck. So, uh, yeah. But that's interesting. Yeah, they could... Uh, huh. that's, a, that's a hell of a thing right there. All right. Yes. Uh, if you had, after a fair trial, of course, because I am, in fact, hard, fair trial bastard, if you're asking me who should get a fair trial, uh, I would. who are my top people? Uh, Norm Eisen, Mary McCord. They are some of the key orchestrators of all these gay ops. And so that would be my list. Uh, but uh, the, the, there's, uh, the likelihood of anything resembling justice happening, it, it, I mean, it's just, uh, look, if it happened, I'd be like, I can't believe that happened. Now, whatever the, the ruling is, is going to be what it is. I, I'm not a bloodthirsty motherfucker, you know what I mean? I just want justice. So, you know, whatever they get convicted with is, and whatever the penalty is, is going to be what the penalty is. It is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I love me a fair trial. All right. That's, uh, okay, well, I'll play that at the end. It looks like we have, is that the Negus uh, Spelling Bee video? <laughs> That's hilarious. That poor kid. You know, it's old, so, like, even back then, though, like he probably, he probably he thought he was in trouble. If that was now, though, oh, he'd be in trouble now. If that was now, even though it's not nigger, it's negus. Michelle Kincaid says uh, sometimes if my kids are visiting, they'll watch the stream with me, or if my husband is home from the road, he will too. It never fails when it gets to the David part. I'm back to watching it by myself. David really gets under their skin, unbearable. Lol. Yeah, he is truly unbearable he's such a dishonest fucker that even Sitchin Adam who when it comes to certain shit like with Ukraine uh, I think they're ridiculous regime propagandists even they though apparently have a limit and they just put out a video calling out David's absolute bullshit remember the video we watched where 
David lied and said Donald Trump was having like a dementia breakdown and that the crowd was silent. And then during each clip, I was like, where's the slur? Where you said he was slurring his words. He didn't slur his words. Where's the slur? It, it was that video. <clears throat> and it was a few other ones, too. And um, and uh, they actually did a pretty good job. I, I, I actually I enjoyed the video, except for the one part where Sitch was being a little bit of a faggot when... Uh, it, Adam agreed correctly, factually correctly, that Trump was right when he said that gas prices are five, six, seven, eight dollars. Okay, and so David said he pointed out that there's like Supreme gas that's like eight dollars in California, and so Adam said, "You so so Trump's correct." And for some reason, Sitch, I think Sitch has Trump derangement syndrome, where maybe Adam not as much. And I do find, actually, now that I think of it, I don't really, I think Adam, he's, Adam's quiet most of the time, I, I think. He's maybe like, I mean, there's some bullshit that I can think of him arguing uh, related to Ukraine. He was very passionate about the Ukraine thing, about like the flourishing democracy. And like, so it's not like he's completely silent, but most of the ridiculous bullshit I think comes from Sitch. Anyway, whatever. But I try to be fair, you know, credit where it's due. I said they were good on the Rittenhouse stuff and the, their Pac-Man video. I'd give like like a B plus. Um, and yeah, I give Fs for the uh, Hunter Biden laptop uh, and the and the um, uh, Ukraine shit. Okay, let's see. Michelle says, I think David has a lot of TikToks out there. I'm not really into it, but my husband watches goofy videos or whatever on it. He told me a while back that he left David a voicemail. Oh, really? That's fantastic. I don't know what, uh, where the hell he got his number from, LOL. Also, my daughter sent me a video on Instagram of something of David's baby. I think she knew about it before we did. I wonder if David gets some kind of algorithm boost across the platforms. I'm certain my daughter doesn't follow him. Oh, and his show is on cable, too. So, yeah, I've known about the cable show. I think it's on Free Speech TV. Um, and uh, I he definitely gets an algorithm boost, 100%. And I think he's also... I think it's, I think it's a combination of he's figured out what gets views. So these, these videos where he's like lying about Trump's dementia, the way it's headlined and titled. And I'm sure he has someone doing it for him, but I think the person doing it knows how to do SEO and get things viewed. But also the fact that he is a, a AIDS commie. AIDS commies get preferential treatment in the algorithm. Uh, and so TikTok, all of those things. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I, I, I generally keep people's family out of shit and I'm not interested in people's personal lives um, and I won't you know show it on on stream but I have had a look to see because I just want to see if that kid looks like him because if the kid looks like him then that is evidence that he impregnated a woman and so that would make me kind of reassess what's going on there um not that, I mean, he's obviously homosexual, but he might actually be bisexual. And so the problem is when babies are first born, uh, you, they all look the same. And it's, there's no way to tell. So periodically I check back to see. I'm like, this is kid, you know, whatever. I have no, by the way, I have no issue with the kid whatsoever. It's a fucking kid. 
that kid does not look like him so far. So I don't know, you know, maybe he's he or she, whatever, is going to suddenly get the David Pakman, you know, dead eyes. And so, but that kid does not look like him, at least in my assessment. So what the hell's going on over there? Okay. And, and the girl is never in any of the pictures. It's only him and the kid. What the hell's going on? Is there some sort of shame among Jewish parents that if he's a homosexual, like they wanted him to have a, a child and a family and, and, and that like, you know, I mean, look, the family, I think, has money. His grandmother lives on Martha's Vineyard. That's like crazy. Uh, or is it? No, no. Is it Martha's Vineyard? Yeah, it's Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. So like, is it something where they will disown him if he's a homosexual and also they're putting pressure on him to have a child so he figured out a way to have like a beard child i i don't i don't know i mean look, look, again there's no fucking way he's not gay it's th that's impossible that's impossible there's no way he's not gay that's absolutely preposterous now it doesn't mean though that he's never impregnated a woman but again i don't think that kid looks like him so you know, David has very specific features that obviously, if that kid was his, I think that kid would have them. Maybe, maybe you grow the beady eyes later in life. Maybe when the kid gets older, he's going to start looking, you know, horsey and, you know, he, he, David's got this kind of like feminine, horsey, cock-sucking lip look with these fucked up eyes. I don't know how you would describe it. I don't see any of that in the kid. So I don't, it's just a weird thing. The whole thing is weird. The whole thing is weird. Okay, let me... Uh, all right, thank you, Michelle. Appreciate that. Let me... Uh, let me... Where was... Uh, oh, yeah, Entropy. Let me check Entropy one second. Let's refresh here. All righty. This is... Uh, Aunt Jenny says, HB, I can't find your JW videos on YouTube. I don't think the ones I did... Uh, where are they? I think they're on BitChute. My entire archive has been deleted on YouTube um, because it's just anytime I up anytime anything is uploaded, it gets something gets a strike. So, so the so yeah, but they are on BitChute. They should be on BitChute. All of the cult, or yeah, I think all the cult watching videos, a lot of the JW stuffs on BitChute. Cooper sees the truth. Says great job, HB. I like the whiteboard video. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I got one question. Uh, a a uh, Boppy, a boopity. What's with all the uh, moving when you're talking? Oh, I'm Italian. It's uh, it's uh, I can't help it. I can't help it. It's like uh, the profanity. I can't help it. I, I got it. Got to move my hands. And then I got a pen in my hands. So this is going to be nonstop hands, talking with your hands. Mannequin Wizard says, "HB, ha ha. Now we're Confederate terrorists. A grave threat to the Dems." Or democracy. I mean oligarchy. Power. Oh my god, I feel so powerful. Long live the Confederacy and statues. Yeah, this is like they they want to they they want to invoke a civil war. I don't think it's gonna work though. I just don't think it's gonna work. I think they they, they don't have they're not in touch with like people like that the average person is gonna fight what Trump supporters over Biden? I'm I'm talking about the average person. I'm not talking about their street thugs. That's a whole different story. But the other problem they have, it's not like all the Trump supporters are in the cities with them. There's there's some, but like most of the Trump people and all, like, what are you gonna do? Go into the country? <laughs> 
You're going to send BLM into the country? Yeah, I'd like to see that. That would be phenomenal. Killer 8000 says, so apparently Democrats are right wing now. The slave owners were Democrats. By the way, look at this shit. Uh, let's see. 24 porta potty horror stories that will shake you to your core. Oh, that sounds... Uh, let's see. The lady in one of the porta potties in a 10K I ran did not lock at the door. As I opened the door, I tripped and my face has never been the same since I landed face first on her vagina. That's a horror show. That's a horror show. I mean, <clears throat> what, what are we talking... There's no way... First of all, there's no way that you're going to get lucky that uh you know you're running into sophie vergara even still that's a weird scenario with the porta potty that's no good because then you got the pit of death down there you want no part of that um it was saint patrick's day we found a porta potty with no one around so i'm bent over doing the hover when all of a sudden the door slams me in the head i blacked out then i hear my friend screaming screaming i don't give a fuck if you have no arms Wow. Turns out a guy with one arm had run full speed across the street and barreled into the door. I've seen someone do that at an Eagles game. At the vet. Yep. That was, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, all, he just rammed his head into the porta potty. It was, uh, for some reason, they had porta potties on, I don't think it was the 700 level. We had tick, nah, it wasn't the 700 level. Believe it or not, it wasn't the 700 level. It was, um, we had seats like under the um i don't know what the fuck you call it hey, whatever that doesn't matter i think they were like section 300 or 400 or something like that <clears throat> that was a nice i like it wasn't a nice place the vet i do like the vet though it's, it's not there anymore uh, my friend said i was lucky there had been a fence behind it because it tipped so far back uh oh god that's terrible my dad works in the heart of a methadone mile in Boston, and there were porta potties in a lot of his offices while construction was happening. These two people left the clinic down the street and went into the porta potty and started having, excuse me, having sex. The thing ended up tipping over, and all of the contents spilled all over. That's brutal. I was deployed to Kuwait in 2016, and the temperatures are around 125 degrees Fahrenheit. One day, I was following the truck that would suck the poop out of the porta potties. The guy put the tube into the toilet, and then a few seconds later, the tube went crazy and shit started flying everywhere. Mind you, it was hot as hell outside, and I had my windows down in my truck, and the shit got into the front of the trunk, windshield, and everything. Luckily, it stopped before it sprayed into the trunk, the truck because I couldn't roll the windows up fast enough. Man, brutal. After pre-gaming in a parking lot before a concert, I decided to stand in an extremely long line and wait for one of three porta potties. I thought my bladder would explode before I got to the front of the line. I slipped on a, a pile of vomit, falling to my knees. My chest hit the seat of the potty and more vomit splashed all over me. After getting home, I realized there was vomit in my bra. Never again. That's fucking terrible. At a festival, intoxicated, went into a porta potty and hung my purse over the soap dispenser. Did my business and went to wash my hands. Pushing the soap button made my purse fall off the dispenser and it fell into the urinal. The urinal was clogged and my purse fell so hard it splashed stranger pee all over me. Purse and contacts were soaked. That's terrible. During basic training... Uh, day three, we're uh, overflowing the mountains of, uh, of porta potty mountains of shit like people were hovering and letting it rip. It's the only logical way they could have gotten that full. 
I opened the door to this monstrous sight and slammed it shut. Go to the next one. Same thing. It has never been so amazing to dig a hole and drop a deuce in the woods. I was at a music festival inside a porta potty when I hear this loud thud following a man screaming, Oh, God, no, why? That's fucking hilarious. Upon walking out of the porta potty, I witnessed a flipped over porta potty with you guessed it, a man still inside. He put his hands on the side and hoisted it up and revealed that not only was he pantless, there was a toxic sludge of human waste all over him. That dude was covered. Sickest story of my entire life. That's a, that's a, you'll never forget that. That's a, that's a hell of a thing right there. I was a counselor at Girl Scout camp and I snuck my phone into the porta potty and the girls wouldn't see so they wouldn't see me check it. Someone knocked on the door and I jumped, dropped my phone into the eight-foot hole of piss and shit. Brutal. Absolutely br brutal. Walked in, was assaulted by a horrific stench in sight of an entire ear of corn in the toilet and walked out. <laughs> Why would you put that in there? <clears throat> my dad and uncle are known to constantly be pranking each other. My dad and I walked into the truck as my uncle said it needed to go to the porta potty He had uh, one on my dad the other night he got one up on him putting raw eggs in his milkshake and shaving a reverse mohawk all the way down our dog so my dad knew he had to do something big so he backed his truck right up to the porta potty right as my uncle went to open the door my dad to run out my dad slammed on the gas and knocked the entire porta potty over trapping my uncle inside with the entire contents of the porta potty spilled over him <clears throat> he rode in the back of the truck on the way home and they haven't spoken in four years yeah it's over the top that's over the top that's uh that's just not going to work uh that's yeah he yeah, that's a little too far that is a little too far um i think a better thing to do would be to try to lock him in there you know you lock him in there for a while you know that's fine because uh, you know you gave the dog a mohawk that's pretty that's kind of fucked up <clears throat> and uh put raw eggs in your milkshake that's no good fucking with people's food that's no good. So locking him in a porta potty, that would have been reasonable. Knocking over the porta potty, no, no. I think that would only be something that you, you should do to Wakami when it's legal, humane, and political, or whatever the preference is. Um, when I was working at Washington State Fair and living out of a van, I woke up with horrible stomach pains. I knew I wouldn't make it across the parking lot, so I'd explosive diarrhea in the corner of the fair parking lot in the middle of the night. Once that was done, I waddled over to the porta potty and finished my business. I didn't want my boyfriend to know what had happened, so I cleaned up the area of the parking lot. Well, that was nice of you. Wrapped the poo in a piece of tissue paper and put it under the fence in the fair. Sorry, guys, that's really a minor story. You were being, you were being a, uh, a conscientious shitter. Um, my dad is a truck driver and said one time he stopped... Uh, at one and there was so much shit in it and went over the toilet seat wow being in the army uh, in Louisiana on a training exercise in August having people have heat stroke in the porta potties because they were choosing to masturbate in there what the fuck that's crazy my friend talked me into going to this underground rave in the desert that went all night for the whole rave, hundreds of people. There was only two porta potties. Toilet paper had run out before midnight, and you know, people were running in there, fueled by questionable drug mixtures. When I opened the door to the first available one, I couldn't believe what I saw. There was shit on the seat, 
on the area next to the sheet, on the floor, and on the walls. On the walls. Yeah, that's what happens. When I was seven, I went on a construction site with my grandfather, who was a contractor. I had to go, so I went to the porta potty and thought I got locked in. It was sweltering summer in Florida. I thought I was going to die in the porta potty, surrounded by crap and flies. I was found 10 minutes later. I'm claustrophobic now. That's kind of scary. You got locked in that place? That's terrible. That's uh, that's going to be no good. All right, there you go. That was fucking. Uh, that was a hell of a thing right there. Okay, let's uh, check this. I think this is the kid. This is breaking news from the internet from Silky Johnson. I think this is the uh, spelling bee video here. Yes, Negus. This is Negus. 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 Um, what is the language of origin? Uh, Ethiopian to Amharic. Um, what is the definition? A king. It's used as a title of the sovereign of Ethiopia. Negus. Negus. Could you use it in a sentence? The Negus ruled Ethiopia until the coup of 1974. Negus. Uh, could you repeat the definition? A king. It's used as a title of the sovereign of Ethiopia, Negus. Negus. Andrew, would you say the word loudly for the judges? Negus. One more time? Negus. 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 N E G U S, Negus. <laughs> Absolutely stunned, but he'll take it. Again, when in doubt, sound it out. Spell it just like it sounds, and it pays off every once in a while. When in doubt, sound it out. So I guess he thought it was Negus. <clears throat> I guess he thought. That well, not no. If he thought it was niggas, he would have said n i g g a s. I guess he thought it was possible it was niggas, right? I think he thought it was possible they were saying niggas, uh, but he decided to go with niggas, n e g u s, uh, which it averted a uh, even in eleven years ago. If he would have spelled N-I-G-G-A-S, his life would have been over and it would have made the news, even 11 years ago. The difference, though, is now just this, him getting it right and it being N-E-G-U-S, it still would have probably made the news and they probably would have tried to destroy his life. So luckily this happened 11 years ago and he's probably going to be okay. But that's a pretty funny video. It sounds like niggas. It is niggas. <laughs> All right, here is uh, Bald Fuckface talking about Republicans taking Biden off the ballot. Dan Patrick, the Re 
Dan Patrick, the Republican Lieutenant Governor of the state of Texas is furious over the fact that Donald Trump has been barred from the primary and presidential ballots in the state of Colorado. So during an interview with Fox News host, Laura Ingram this week, Patrick actually suggests that maybe it's time to fight fire with fire and maybe the state of Texas will kick Joe Biden off the 2024 ballot because apparently Dan Patrick has no idea why Donald Trump was actually kicked off the ballot. But here is what, here is what Patrick said. Seeing what happened in Colorado makes me think, except we believe in democracy in Texas, unless you're a woman or a member of the LGBTQ community, right, Dan? Uh, stupid faggot. Uh, when were women and homosexuals um, banned from voting? When, when were they banned from voting? What are you talking about? Maybe we should take Joe Biden off the ballot in Texas for allowing 8 million people to cross the border since he's been president disrupting our state. So, because immigrants are coming into this country across... Illegal, unvetted immigrants. The southern border. You want to ban Joe Biden from being on the ballot. Hmm, okay. Well, let's look at that. In order to do that, obviously, you would have to use the 14th Amendment, the Insurrection Clause, which is... You could use whatever the fuck you want. Use whatever novel legal theory you want to use. They used in the state of Colorado. And you would have to determine that these people that came across the border actually engaged in an insurrection. No problem. it, It would be just as much of a bullshit argument as yours. And then, once you meet that threshold, which you can't meet... There's no thresholds. This is all political. You just have people that agree with you and that are on your side that'll do whatever you want. That's what you're doing. This is just a real argument here. Oh, Trump committed an insurrection. Get the fuck out of here. That's retarded. Because none of those people actually engaged in an insurrection. Neither did Trump, you fucking bitch. Your case is already dead on arrival. No, it depends on if you have Republicans with the political will to do this. That's all. That's what... Now, they probably don't. But none of this facts and fact finding and all of that is irrelevant. <clears throat> You're, you've burned that all. All of that is completely irrelevant. If this stands and the rest of your shit stands, then it's irrelevant. It's about novel legal theories and making sure that you get uh, fully politically marginalized by whatever means necessary. But let's assume you could prove these people engaged in an insurrection. Can you show me? where President Biden has said, open the borders and let these people in. No, you can't. Again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just need a judge to go along with the plan, just like the Democrats just had. And for the record, that's actually the number one argument that you need to be using. You know, I know we got holidays coming up. You don't need to use any argument. Are you going to have family around? Probably some family members you may not like or agree with. If any of them bring it up, ask them to pull up a clip and show you where President Biden has said, open the borders, let all these people in. If they can't do that, ask them to point to the policy that allows it. Because no such policy. What do you mean? There is absolutely policy that allows it. They let people inside the interior. They release them into the interior. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You say you want people to lie to their family members, is what you're saying. See, exists. We're actually having record numbers of deportations. Oh record my num- God, this is like total denial of the problem. Numbers of apprehension, record numbers of drug uh, 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 seizures. 
and record numbers of terrorists being arrested. So they're doing the same thing like with the economy and pretending the economy's good. Did. The Biden administration is doing everything Republicans have always wanted to do. That's they, totally preposterous. They just weren't as successful with it. Total lie. So Dan Patrick is a damn liar. Uh, is no, what you're a damn liar, testicle man. This is. But again, because you cannot point to Biden openly embracing Bullshit. people coming across again, the Again, you don't need a reason. You need a judge. You fucking idiot. Order. And because you cannot prove that any of these people, not a single one. I mean, one did you read this shit? Viva Fry's done a great job uh, analyzing this shit. Uh, and, like, some of the arguments they made, like, Trump uh, in 2016 made a post. Like, what? Like, what the fuck? What? What? But they want to set that precedent that, like, if you tweet, you know, about, like, you disagree with Democrats on something, they're going to use that in a trial against you. It is completely wild. One of them have engaged in an insurrection. You don't have a legal case to remove. Again, you stupid fucking testicle. You don't need a legal case. What has been proven here is you just need judges with the political will. That's it. That's all you need. You don't need... It, it doesn't matter. None of this... Ma when you don't have people doing their jobs, none of this matters, and things like rights don't fucking exist. None of this shit we were taught growing up exists unless you have normal people doing their job holding the system in place. When you allow commies to infest everything, nothing matters, nothing exists. Okay? So you don't have rights if the commies are in charge, okay? And, and it, it, what they've proven is if they want to play this game of power, fine. I, I would rather not do that. I'd rather we be in the live and let live society, and, you know, but, but that's not what the reality we're in. So if we're going to play the power game, obviously I want our side to win, and our side needs to be in power and crush these people out of society, whether it be... You know, however it's done, but it, you know, again, legally, humanely, and politically. But um, it, he, it's funny that he's acting like you need a legal case. You don't need anything. You need a judge willing to do what's necessary. You need a prosecutor willing to do what's necessary, or an AG, or whatever the fuck, or one of these homosexual type groups that are coming together. You label yourself something gay, like free speech for the people, and then you get a bunch of uh, people that you claim are Republican voters to file the lawsuit, and that's it. See, this is the thing. They've provided the blueprint for how to marginalize them. The only thing missing is, unfortunately, the political will to do it. And, and I'm not saying be exactly like them. Do, do it, just not, don't be as AIDSy. You know, do it without the homosexuality and AIDS. President Biden from the ballot. But Dan Patrick doesn't care. Dan Patrick has no intention of, moving, of removing President Biden from the ballot. All he's trying to do is get his stupid little face on TV saying these outrageous and controversial things because one, he wants to avenge Donald Trump and so he's trying to give payback to Biden. And two, he wants to suck up to this MAGA Republican anti-immigrant Biden hating base because he ain't done with politics. I'm sure Dan Patrick has bigger uh, political ambitions on the horizon. Maybe he wants to not just be Lieutenant Governor of Texas, but maybe Governor of Texas. Hell, maybe a Senator one day. Maybe even President of the United States. So, 
He has to say stupid stuff. He has to say stuff that he knows he can't do because that's what the base expects. Say the dumbest stuff imaginable, get your face all over the news, get your name in the headlines, and then never worry about the fact that you have no intention of doing this because, hey. Well, ultimately, we'll see. It just depends on what the Supreme Court does. I'm not going to call you out for not doing what you're saying you want to do, right? Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's why conservatives always get off the hook for these promises that they never follow through on because they know they can't. It's because there's never the follow-up. Yeah, hopefully they follow up and put you in jail. That would be fantastic. Follow up with your wife uh, breaking the law and teaching CRT. Um, One second. Um, So, oh yeah, this is about electors, I think. One second. This past weekend, Donald Trump went to Nevada, where he held a rally and lamented the fact that, in his mind, these six fake Trump electors from Nevada that have been indicted and are facing multiple felony charges apiece, they're allegedly being treated unfairly. Yeah, it's completely insane what they're doing. They didn't break any laws. You know, for allegedly breaking the law. They did not break the law. This is preposterous. Here's but what, again, I hope you someday get indicted for a non-crime. I'd laugh my ass off. That'd be what you deserve. Trump said. A tremendous man, tremendous guy gets treated so unfairly, and he loves this country, and he loves this state. Nevada GOP Chairman Michael McDonald. He's a fantastic man. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. McDonald, of course, was one of the six people indicted, and Trump continued. Um, thank you, Jesse. <laughs> Talking about Clark County GOP Chairman Jesse Law. Great job you're doing. Great job. Treated very unfairly. He also thanked Nevada GOP Vice Chairman and uh, Story County Clerk Jim Hindle, who is another fake elector. He then said, it's no wonder Crooked Joe and the far left lunatics are desperate to stop us by any means necessary. They're willing to violate the U.S. Constitution at levels never seen before in order to win. They're dirty players. They play dirty. That's, That's what dirty player would mean. You don't have to reiterate that, dude. They weaponize justice. They're a bunch of dirty players. Wow. Three sentences, three times saying dirty players. Look at what they're doing right now here to Michael and great people in this state. It's a disgrace. Joe Biden's a threat to democracy. They're weaponizing law enforcement for high level election interference because we're beating them so badly in the polls. That's correct. No, what happened was you and your legal team got a bunch of yahoos across the country to agree to sign fake documents. And they're not fake documents. You're totally making that up. Rachel Maddow made that up. And submit them to the state governments, alleging that they were the real electors and that the Biden electors were the fake ones. So your people submitted fake documents to the federal federal government. Total lie. It's not a federal case. With the help of your lawyers. And now they're being held accountable for it. That's not the weaponization of justice. That's literally just justice. Uh, Total bullshit. These people likely, according to the indictments against them, committed fraud. Total bullshit. Now, they have not yet been uh, convicted of this, so we cannot say that they are fraudsters, but they allegedly committed fraud, according to the indictments. And you're sitting there whining and crying that, oh, Biden did this. Biden has no control over yeah, this, oh, by yeah. the way. Biden had nothing to do with any of this. These are state-level prosecutions. These are not federal prosecutions. Biden has no hand in this. He doesn't have authority. He doesn't have jurisdiction. 
<laughs> to have any sway over yeah, these Yeah, the president has no influence over Democrats at all. Investigations that are, by the way, mostly taking place in swing states where you have a divided government that is still moving forward with these indictments. It's not a partisan thing. Oh, gosh, yeah, not partisan at all. You know, That's okay. When we yeet you into the sun after a fair trial, I'm going to say before I press the button, this is not partisan at all, bald fuckface. A justice thing. But Trump is going to go out there and he's going to defend these people every chance he has because they took it to the mat for him. They're the ones paying the consequences for him. He doesn't want to have to, you know, pay all their legal fees. So instead, he'll go out there, say some nice things about him and hope that that smooths things over even as these people face the potential of spending the next few years in prison. Oh, hopefully you get what is coming to you one day. Again, humanely, legally, whatever else, whatever else, however that comes. These people are pure evil. They are currently going along gleefully with their political opponents being locked up. So hopefully they get what they deserve. Eventually we'll have to see. Uh, But again, uh, after a fair trial... And uh, humanely, politically, and legally. All right, very good. That's the end of the stream. Next stream is Saturday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for all the people that sent uh, Super Chats and Streamlabs. Sincerely appreciate your support and breaking news. Sincerely appreciate that. You can get an archive on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash hardnewsnetwork or Podbean, hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com or Twitter at LiveHNN. If you want to support the channel, at least one of the ways you can support, you can go to subscribestar.com slash hard-bastard. Um, if you want clips, you can go to bitshoot.com slash hardbastard or you can go to Twitter at hard underscore bastard. Wherever you're watching on the stream or on the archive, I appreciate it. And I'll see you guys Saturday. I am the Hard Bastard. Thank you for watching.